that was that was weird. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Should we try again? Hang on. We'll take it. Okay, okay. Everybody rewind. <laughs> mute, mute, mute. We're getting we're getting repeat. We're getting uh echo. Yeah? Okay, everybody's muted. <laughs> Oh, this is going well. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what the hell's happening. Um, we're we're getting some serious reverb. We're getting some. Mike, are you? Do you have your live streams pulled up? That that's totally make make muted there because you can yeah. hear it, but we couldn't hear anything. You couldn't hear it. Oh my Correct. god! Yeah, no. but that's okay. I've been there before, and it it freaks you out. But that's probably what it is. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, you got to mute. Uh, YouTube doesn't let you mute until it all starts, right. but the other ones do. God, yeah, that was totally on me. All right, here we go. Take two. Take two. decentralized broadcast network with no governing body of any kind and is produced and distributed by a loosely affiliated ever-growing network of rogue independent content creators this forum does not will not and shall not have any one location rss feed platform or channel but shall be shared and multiplied as nature dictates WTF Forum. The hosts do not give financial, legal, medical, or any kind of advice. Opinions are their own. This broadcast contains foul language and dangerous ideas. If you need a trigger warning, you are in the wrong place. Now enjoy the show. What the fuck's up, everybody? Um, <laughs> 
I I was having a hard time there, but it turns out it was just because I had too many goddamn windows open. Uh, I hope we've got it all figured at this point. But welcome to the WTF Forum. I am Mike the Polymath coming at you from the Easy Peasy Podcast, and I will pass it over to Stella Q. Oh, well, hello there. Um, yes, I'm very happy to be here as usual. Glad to see my mates again and uh, welcome everyone who might be listening or watching for that matter. Uh, Stella Q from Australia, Union of the Unknowns. And over to Ashley, my co-unknownness lady. Hello, hello, hello. Happy to be here with you people as well. And um, yeah, Union of the Unknowns, that's where you can find me from time to time. And I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Mike. No sweat. Not my, uh, you know, this ain't my show. This is our <laughs> show. Uh, but we may we may have one or two more folks uh, popping in. My buddy Liam says he'll be here, uh, but he could not make it at seven. So we'll see if and when he shows up. But I've got plenty of shit for us to cover. You know, to be honest, though, I was really, really hoping and... Uh, Last minute, I sent out a specific kind of request. I was hoping that Phytophiliac might join us today. We'll see. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath, but Phyto, Phyto has a whole lot going on, and I thought that it would be cool to hear what's been happening kind of in her world. Um, but all that said, I guess I'll say personally, it seems to me that there has been a shift in the ether that uh, once one what was once not so common is now becoming common. Um, I think people are waking up to to the basic reality of what's happening. Um, maybe I'm being, I don't know, optimistic. But have you guys have you guys sensed this? I you know I'm starting to sense that that what was once obscure is now becoming common. Uh, yes, I think I could say not that I socialize much, but I think from what I am observing, it appears that that could be a possibility. But I'm not going to get too excited. But um, I guess I'm just basing that on the little bit of things that I see sort of online and out of the mainstream news when I subject myself to it um, and the things that they're covering. So um, I haven't seen anything like that within my friend circle um, yet. <laughs> I want to be optimistic. So, yeah, what about you, Ashley? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. It's it's difficult for me to make a judgment call, call on this because I was really lucky to have a good handful of people that even during COVID times I could talk to about what was going on. Now, maybe they were not totally aware of the predator class of, you know, like all the rabbit holes that we get down into, right? Like MK ultra and weather modification and all this stuff, but, but they at least thought that something was wrong. And I could at least talk to them about that and how it wasn't adding up. And there was a lot of, uh, MRNA, injection refusers in my life. Um, I actually was lucky enough that 
both of my parents were in that, um, they were on that boat. So that being said, I have had a lot of interaction because of my job uh, and my life with people that we refer to as normies. And it's difficult to say, you know, I see people that I still, I, I feel like there are hopes um, and glimmers and I'm not blackpilled, but I still see people that buy into the, the current paradigm, right? Like, you know, like they think that Vivek is, is based in red pilled or like Vivek is outside of the establishment or something like that. And, and of course I'm like, I, I can understand why they're saying that, but obviously I don't think that, you know, so, but that's not to say that I don't see glimmers of it. If that makes sense. Well, it makes, it makes nothing but sense. Um, you know, I bring it up to say that, you know, I guess, uh, I'm jealous, Ashley. Like I, I was the only one that I knew personally to deny the vax. Um, and I suppose that's, you know, that's not specifically what I'm trying to get at here. Um, although it does apply what, what I found super interesting, I've got this clip and it's of a kid making a joke. And, um, <laughs> I, I suppose I should just play it because the kid tells it better than I can. But the fact that there is a 10, 11 year old kid telling this joke, uh, to me that, that kind of says something, you know, uh, anyways, before I say anything more, let me just play it. You're going to come in? What you got to say? It's about all this stuff. Um, so Obama, Hillary, uh, Obama, um, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and Nancy Pelosi are all on an airplane together with the pilot. So Obama says, "I'm gonna throw this hundred dollar bill out the window, and make one American happy." And uh, and Hillary says, "I'm gonna throw two hundred dollars out the window, and make two Americans happy." And Nancy Pelosi says, "I'm gonna throw one hundred one hundred dollar bills out the window, and make a hundred Americans happy." And the pilot says, "I can throw all three of you out the window, and make all of America happy." <laughs> Did you hear him? <laughs> he, goes, he goes, I speak facts. Hold on. I speak we gotta, facts. We got to go back. Here, here. Well, three of you at the window make all of America happy. I speak facts. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> Mic drop. Mic yeah. drop. Nice one. I'm like, this dude, this little dude knows what the fuck's up. Yeah. 100%. That offers hope. Yeah. It does. It really does. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought that was a fun place to start because I'm like, I'm like, it gives me hope. You know, if these little dudes, if these little, little motherfuckers, you know, dudes or dudettes, I don't give a fuck. Like if they're, if they're already, um, how do I say like jaded? That's that's so good. That's so good for the rest of us, you know. By the age of eleven, he he's already fed up. I would love to have seen him at one of the drag queen story time mm. sessions. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine it. Awesome. That's good. Yeah, you love to see it, you know. And and I do, I do feel like maybe some of these kids are, you know 
they're, they're different. You know, they are seeing things from a totally different angle than we saw them for right, wrong, indifferent, whatever you want to say. The TikTok generation is, and growing up with a tablet and being, you know, among the generations who have never known the world without a tablet, without a smartphone, um, I think that, hey, maybe that is not going to go to plan for the predator class, right? Um, and the other thing that I think about when I see this is that you have a lot of these college students who are very much pro-Palestine. Now, I think that that is a PSYOP. Um, and I think that from my understanding, it's been funded by the same, you know, like the Soros crowd and all that stuff. But I still... Perhaps it's divide and conquer. I mean, I certainly think that's part of it. But I also think that maybe these people are actually questioning the narrative a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. So I have to say, like, I, as far as WTF forums go, I don't have a great, like, overarching theme for today. I have a lot of little kind of topics. And um, perhaps a theme will emerge, but I, I am, I'm kind of trying to play catch up, you know, like it seems like during the holidays for like two or three weeks, nothing happened. And then all of a sudden a shit, a shit ton of stuff came out, right? All kinds of stories hit the mainstream We've got all kinds of things to talk about. And the hard the hard part is kind of figuring what to cover. Um, you know, like I said, it's like nothing happened and then a shit ton happened. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the last thing we want to really be doing is echoing everything that's been true, true. Know, done everywhere else. And yeah. it's all such crap too, isn't it? I mean, it's all such garbage that it's. It is hard to pick something worthwhile talking about, really. Um, I think we've got to go a little bit off-centre for that. So we shall do that. I'll yeah, tell you something that I was looking at. Oh, sorry, Ash. Well, I was just going to say that for me it has been really interesting and I have basically been referring to it as America's Next Top PSYOP because they have been coming fast and furious. And for so Stella and I have a little bit of a different take on the news. I agree that it is crap, but what I I still find anthropological value in it because of the the message or the thing that is being allowed to be shown. So I have a curiosity from that perspective. Um, and I do think very, very much that it's managed, that it's a distraction, that it's not true, all that stuff, totally on the same page. But I, I'm still interested in what they are manipulating the news cycle with, and also at the frequency with which they pull the psyops or whatever you want to call it that fascinates me as well because i'm it tells me a little bit about or i don't know that it gives me anything definitive but just i'm just curious about what they're doing when they're doing it and why so this has been a really really fast like what mike was saying news cycle ever since like the new year because we were talking about it this past week that it was only January the 9th when we were talking about all the stuff and already 
So just over the first week of the new year, and already you had the tunnels, you had somebody driving into the gate at the White House, you have protesters breaching the gate at the White House, and there's like several other things Doors that are falling happening off at planes. the same time. Yeah, the, the plane doors, yes. <laughs> it's like, what? this is, it's crazy. It's a crazy time. What the fuck? Exactly. Yeah. So do y'all want to like, cover any of these small stories because like i you know i did i i had a hard time trying to trying to decide like what to cover here um to me like that airplane like the the window slash door getting sucked out i'm like ah i don't know i don't know is that worth covering hardly like it's one of a million like airline happenstances where something went wrong and they're telling us one thing and really it's another um i mean from what i from what i learned about that a window did not fail it was a door plug what used to be an emergency exit door and out of um i guess you'd say like financial pressure they they got rid of this emergency exit and replaced it with just regular like windows but they had this this door plug that if you're on the inside of the airplane it would look like just another couple of windows but it it was a door that they plugged and that's what failed and i only bring it up to say this is what i know about that story in that what we were told is not exactly the whole truth you know they 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 gave it to us as like mechanical failure a, a window gets sucked out of an airplane some some five-year-old kid has his shirt ripped off of his body iphones are flying out the window supposedly one iphone made it all the way down to the ground unharmed you know this this story is super <laughs> it like it, this is a story worth covering. I don't know what to make of it, but like it seems like a whole lot of nonsense. Um, I don't know. Ashley's kind of nodding in her head like she knows what the fuck I'm getting at here. Well, what you- the what I wanted to say is from a is it worth covering perspective? I have thoughts on this because I caught Brad's uh, Brad Binkley's analysis of this which was good and comprehensive and of course funny you know because he asked the same thing he's like okay so you're telling me people like a kid's shirt was ripped off and uh, somebody's phone survived and why would how would you know you find an iphone how would you possibly think like oh this this is came from this and there was some organization that they contacted or something it didn't make sense but what I thought was interesting was because back in the day, Brad and Monica sort of would talk about these theories. And I believe it was actually Monica that had the theory that these types of stories are being seeded gradually throughout the news cycle because it's an indicator that flying is no longer palatable. Flying is not safe anymore. Flying is not something for you to do. You don't want to fly. And we know that the predator class does not want us flying. They don't want us traveling freely. They want us stuck in 15-minute surveillance cities. So I do think that that at, at that angle is at least part of why we see these stories seeded throughout the news. And then um, I had one other thought on that, but 
anyway, it, it is weird, but I think that it's just basically to start seeding that narrative in people's minds that it's not safe for you. And I even think it's potentially leading up to some other bigger air disaster that would not be organic in my opinion, but would be more of the trying to scare people away. Yeah, the iPhone on the uh, the ground being recovered all right and functioning is just reminds me immediately of the passport being found at 9-11. Um, it's, uh, look, it's just comical. I can't, I just can't take any of it seriously because, I mean, sure, these things might happen. But of course, we're never going to hear the truth about it. It's always going to be the narrative. Um, let's not forget that the WEF are having their Davos meeting this um, this week. So I guess they probably want a lot of eyes off that, perhaps. Um, and it turns out that the Swiss government can't even afford to go to Davos. <laughs> Too expensive. They're going to have to bunker up, uh, share rooms and things. It's very humiliating. Well, um, God damn. You know, it's hard, it's hard for me to say where we should go here. I, I've got lots of topics. Um, <laughs> well, and I did want to chime in that I think it's Go fun ahead. sometimes if you don't have a theme, if you're worrying about that, sometimes yeah. a grab bag is fun, right? Just round yeah. table grab bag. So no doubt, no doubt. Um, all right. Well, how about this? Okay. So something, um, that has always been a theme on the WTF forum, you know, we are a, we are a group show. But ideally, we are not one of these group shows where everybody talks over each other and, you know, gets into unnecessary conflict. Like we we have this. Hmm, we've we've got precedent where there are these group shows that exist, but I think that we are better than they are because we do not turn into a clusterfuck of crosstalk that's the way i i've come to describe it um so let's start here this is tim pool um and shit shit went wild on yeah the i'm, I'm glad that you're showing this one because i think this one's really interesting yeah so let me um i gotta line up the exact moment i've got it marked at <laughs> do you remember what you what did you just say then mike not a clusterfuck of what of crosstalk there's the title. Yeah. <laughs> not a, this this episode, not a clusterfuck of crosstalk. Well, so um, I don't know if y'all listened to the greatest hits episode I put together, but when we when we first started the WTF forum, I wrote out these four kind of code these um I called them prayers, but it was it was the WTF code. And one of them had to do with um Something to the effect of seeing is that all group shows tend to devolve into a clusterfuck of crosstalk. We at the WTF forum strive to be better and inter interrupt sparingly. Something to those, you know, to that effect. Um, but, you know, Tim Pool, right? We've talked about Tim Pool. He's kind of a douchebag. And I think I think he it's unfortunate to admit, but he has the most successful counter narrative group show. You know, like 
as far as group podcasts go, he has the biggest conservative group show. And and oftentimes um, it goes well, but this past week it it devolved into a clusterfuck of crosstalk. And this I share only because this is the exact this is the exact thing that we want to avoid. Okay. So here we go. It was never forcing yeah. people to get medical treatments. And when that happened, he came out and said, they shouldn't be doing this. And now years later, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, dude, it's four years later. Okay. I get it. Yeah. We, we should never forget how bad those things were. But it's weird to me that we look at these blue state governors who literally murdered people in New York. And it's like, but Donald Trump, it, it funded also, scientific can research. Can I just say something? Too too? Don't make, don't, can I just too say it, don't goes make a back, it goes back to the concept of revolution. Look, I understand people have to provide for their families. And so I'm not trying to sound like a cold hearted bitch with what I'm about to say, but everybody has choices. Everybody has free will. And I'm really sick and tired of listening to people say things like, oh, I would have lost my job or, oh, well, you know, I would have been fired. You either stand for, you either stand for something or you fall for everything. And if more people in this country would have stood up and taken to the streets and fought back against these tyrannical lockdowns, President Trump never forced the vaccine on anyone. President Trump never forced extended lockdowns. President Trump never forced people to wear masks. But Trump people told people, told, people he, allowed Trump their children to Thomas be forcibly vaccinated against lockdowns. Trump attacked Sweden, who decided not to lock down. That's a fact. I still this, want this, this, an acknowledgement of it. And because we don't have an acknowledgement of okay, it, okay. because because Trump still believes that the, okay. the vaccine no, saved okay, millions okay, of dude, hundreds listen, of millions of lives, let me take it the into scenario no, 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 could, I'm, I'm, could again unfold. Okay, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why I'm done with this. Because the anti-Trump people say Trump did the exact same thing Ron DeSantis did, but Trump was wrong when he did. And then the test people are like, DeSantis did the same thing that Trump did, but this was right when he, I'm like, dude, in the beginning of COVID and the lockdowns, Donald Trump said 15 days to slow the spread. And we were all, not everybody, but a lot of people were like, okay, well, we don't know what's going on. And now that we have hindsight, you have people being like, Ron was correct. No, Trump was correct. No, Ron. Dude, I don't think we need to adjudicate four. Yeah. What happened four years ago now that we have hindsight and we can talk about it today. But <laughs> My, this, this, it's not fair to go and, after and, and now what's going to happen is. If you can't criticize Trump on this, why are you going to talk about it? Everyone's going to just keep going back to four years. Yeah. Four years ago, four years ago, four years ago. No, no, I'm, I'm asking. I'm All asking. I'm what happens to... next year? Can we get can we get an AG yeah. that actually looks in to the creation, the funding, all that, All I'm and prosecute? Can we arrest that Fauci? Can we I, please yes, arrest Fauci? We that can. matters. All I'm trying to say is that, you know, people have their opinions, very strong opinions about COVID. I'm, you know, the biggest Trump supporter there is, and I never took the vaccine, never got boosted, never will. I'm, an, I'm a proud anti-vaxxer. But I Trump just did want, get boosted. Right? I just want to see more personal. I'm losing my fucking mind. I feel mind. like I'm moderating you guys a zero hedge shut the debate. Fuck up. Yeah, dude. Shut this the is what I felt up. like yeah. at the zero hedge debate, dude, by the way. Holy fucking shit. Let's just not we talk get over it. each other. I have had this debate yeah. 7,000 times. Hey, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm losing my fucking mind. Dude. I am so. Okay. Okay. You know, I, I do not like Tim Pool. No. I do not like Tim Pool. Agreed. But in a, in a way, I'm sympathizing <laughs> with him. Um, he's having a hard time controlling his own conversation um what do you what do you what do y'all think here so far there's more there's more to this i'm i'm just pausing halfway well i haven't seen any of this so it's all new to me mm -hmm. um <clears throat> it's just a matter of i mean just having a conversation with decent people you shouldn't really be talking over each other too much mm -hmm. otherwise mm -hmm. you just make no progress <laughs> that's my thought nothing much more than that really 
Um, I have thoughts on it. I don't think that you should. I, <clears throat> I agree. I don't like Tim Temple. Um, I think that there's something very fishy about his operation to begin mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. uh, he has Laura Loomer on his show, who is a Trumper. Trump supporters will sit there and admit all the lies and all the bullshit about the shots and about COVID and the lockdowns and all the things. And they'll say that Fauci should be imprisoned, which is correct at the very best. That's what he deserves. But then they will defend Trump who claims to be the godfather of operation warp speed, who went along with not firing Fauci. He didn't call Fauci on his lies didn't call him on his bullshit, didn't say that distancing and all that stuff is a lot. I mean, not, none of that stuff. He didn't really he, do anything he was said he was going to do. Correct. Yeah. He's just as culpable. So I feel like if for Tim to get all pissy whenever this stuff comes up, sorry, Trump is still in the picture. You have a mm -hmm. huge Trump supporter in Laura Loomer here. And if you're going to be talking about him, even though you've had the conversation 15,000 times, if you're talking about him, it needs to come up because he needs to be held accountable. And people, voters need to remember that. I mean, obviously, I don't think that voting matters on on that scale locally, perhaps. But none, none of this stuff. This is all just a show. But if you're a regular person and you believe in this, then that needs to be part of your consideration. So I, I think that Tim should shut the fuck up. Agree. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Is he um was he ex CIA or something, wasn't he? Ex something or other? He was, was a not... vice reporter. He was, he oh, was vice reporter. Vice okay, reporter. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. whatever. And Same so sort of he's it yes, because he sort of had this um like rogue journalist vibe similar to Luke Radowski. Luke is mm -hmm. a lot more reasoned in his discussion about the globalist class and either side. Of course, I have questions about him as well, but but I think that he is a lot more organic than Tim. And I definitely have questions about intelligence connections to Tim. Um, and a specific example that I have is the whole Eliza Blue situation. We won't get into that, but I just, yes, I, I do think that intelligence is, is part of this. Well, so, so part of my thing here, I've got, I've got a few, um, clips from like conversations of the last couple of weeks. And again, it's almost like nothing was discussed between Christmas and new year's. And since new year's, a whole lot of shit is being discussed. The question is like, how is it being discussed and um, what's being allowed versus what's being sort of shunned or swept under the rug? You know, I find it interesting that Tim Pool seems to want to ignore, you know, it's like they're trying to bring up what's happened in the last three or four years. And Tim is making this argument that, like, why are we rehashing the same shit? Well, it's because it's not been fully hashed out. You know, it's not this conversation's not done yet. So um, I rewinded a little bit. I'm going to play it out and uh, we'll come back to it. But I I see a lot of connections from this conversation to what we covered last week with um the i almost said tim tebow that's not right aaron Rodgers 
versus um, fucking Jimmy Kimmel. You know, like I see a lot of corollary here and there's there's a third conversation. I almost I'm going to be pulling shit from three different conversations that I find to be connected. It's it's this Tim Pool group chat that devolves into a clusterfuck of unintelligible crosstalk. Um, we also have the, you know, the, um, conversation between, oh, what did I just bring up? I'm, I'm blanking out already, but, um, what did we cover last week? That footballer guy, what's his name? Aaron, Aaron Rogers, Aaron Rogers, Aaron Rogers versus, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel. And then we have a new one, a new one that kind of made a lot of waves this week which we'll get to um it's it's uh cat williams cat williams has been saying a lot of a lot of truth as far as i can see um i hope i'm not getting ahead of myself here but again it's almost like nobody was saying jack shit but since the new year there's a whole lot of conversation happening yep am i am i the only one that feels that way or what do you think no, I um, definitely think that it's it's picking up for sure post holiday. Go ahead, Stell. Yeah, the pot is being stirred. It seems. Um, does anyone know how long Tim Pool has been doing music? Because I didn't even know he did music. And last week I happened to stumble over it, and I was watching a few clips and things. It looks very, very high budget. <laughs> he does he does music the way the way I try to organize. Um, a WTF forum intro song. That's the way I, that's the way I imagine it. He is the guy that says, mm. we, we need a song. All of the musicians in this group do it. And then I'm going to take the credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, sort of, which, it which certainly is, looked I like hope, it was I, more than a, more than just a muso in his bedroom. Basically. Yeah, I, I hope <laughs> yeah. that's not what I did. Um, FYI, but it's I, at know, least, I, I don't think Tim Pool's any kind of musician. It's at least but, been a couple yeah, of years, sort of and I would say it. that there's potentially some overlap with when uh, Phil Labonte started coming on his show during COVID times. So Phil is a libertarian who is a heavy metal singer of the band All That Remains, and he kind of got on Tim's radar, got into the um, the conversation pool. And that is when I noticed Tim starting to make music. Um, so I would say during COVID times, I could be wrong, but that's right. when it, it came on my radar. Um, and I and would was... also say that I can barely, even when the videos came out, I was like, this is fucking cringe. Like, I cannot yeah. watch this. It's <laughs> that's awful. exactly what I thought too, mate. Okay. Super, yeah. super cringe. <laughs> So now, um, it's only sort of like he was already quite big though, wasn't he? Before 2020, Tim Pool. He was he he worked for Vice News. I wouldn't say he was big. I oh, think he didn't have a podcast really, before 2020. I, I think he's gotten big since 2020. Now definitely. Now, before we carry on, I want to say hello to OG Dad Bod. Glad you made it, bro. How you doing? Hello. Man, I am trying to get to the airport. It looks like we're gonna get the. Uh, Apocalypse finally. Snowpocalypse is heading your way. Yeah, I'm supposed to get between like four and seven inches. So I'm hoping I can catch my flight to Texas in the morning. It's not looking promising. Oh. 
Well, I hope uh, I hope we can hang on to you for a little while. We'll see. Uh, are you down in Tennessee? And also, can we get any more volume from you? Uh, I am driving, so can let me see. Is that is that any better? You know what, Mike? I think Mike, I, I I can manage. You should it. be able to do that. I am. Um, yep. I haven't got the permission, so if you. Hello, hello. Say what's up, OG. What's up? I got you turned up. You I don't know if that'll help you. Maybe, maybe. It doesn't sound all much right. different to me. I turned you all the way up. Uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, you know, I guess my whole point here, I've got, I've got clips from a few different conversations and they all seem to be, I guess, um, I don't know. I don't know. Typical, topical. They all seem they all seem worth paying attention to, even if I disagree with them. So I I rewinded a little bit to before this uh, temple freakout. But partly, partly, I'm playing this because I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm like Tim Pool is losing it. The WTF forum. We are nipping at at Tim Pool's heels. This guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He cannot manage a group conversation. So here we come. We're we're nipping at his heels. <laughs> is that fair or is that or am I shooting a little high? I think we should be nipping at his heels. Yeah, fuck um, yeah. And and I suppose that it depends on if you're looking at quality of conversation and people who have an actual awareness of what's going on, or if you're looking at super chats because <laughs> in the super chats regard, we're we're not quite there. Yeah, well, that's well, I don't think that's what matters. I don't really know who this woman is, Laura. I've heard her name. That's all. Laura Loomer. Yeah. Never set eyes on her before. So um, this is new to me, but I'm just thinking if she's an absolute Trump supporter and he doesn't want to have this conversation, why is she there? Exactly. Did he not see, foresee that perhaps? <laughs> you know, I think, I think, go ahead, Ash. I was going to say, I think he's more tired of what Luke and Clint were saying, which is trying to hold Trump accountable because she's obviously giving him a pass because she, maybe she's saying she doesn't agree with the shots and all that stuff, but she has no problem with operation warp speed or how yeah, Trump right. behaved, but it was, it was uh, Luke that was really making the point. And I think he's tired of that from, from him and Clint probably. Okay. So Tim pulls more of the, let's just get on with life and forget about it and move on. Mm. And whereas, you know, more people like us, I suppose, well, definitely me is like, no, we are never going to forget this heads need to roll or something. It, we just need to bloody at least acknowledge what really happened. At least do yeah, that. Yeah. On yeah. This is to me, to me, this is uh Tim pool kind of showing his true colors and saying, you know, Hey, let's get over it. Let's move on. Let's brush it under the rug. Yes, I agree. Which, which kind of shows what he's really on about. Um, so I, I, you know, I stopped it a little early. Uh, I rewinded. Let's watch a couple minutes. But I think you'll get my point. Like he is all about moving beyond COVID. He doesn't want to talk about COVID no more. But everybody else still does. Oh, we're just getting started. Yeah. So here, let me play a couple minutes and we'll we'll carry on. Team, it's Florida. So absolutely, yeah. So yep. for people who saw it from the outside, 
it was all a farce. Okay, Ron DeSantis is a Manchurian candidate. And as we know, Fox News has been grooming him for years now to be this opposition candidate to Donald Trump. His COVID record was no different than the record of some of these Democrats. It's just the media lied, lied about it. I was running for Congress in 2020 in Palm Beach County, and I was not able to knock on doors because there were lockdown orders and you were threatened with arrest in uh, Palm Beach County for walking on the beach. There were parents that got arrested. Uh, there were the first time a pastor has ever been arrested in over 120 years in the United States happened in Tampa, Florida. And he's now, I believe, supporting uh, President Trump. I'm telling you right now, people were lied to about Ron DeSantis's record. He pushed the vaccine. He's on video telling everybody that the vaccines have a 99% effectiveness rate. And I know people are going to say, well, how can you be a hypocrite? Trump pushed the vaccine too. Trump, Trump never, is pushing the Trump vaccine, never but he's still pushing it. it. But it's a matter of but choice. He's still but, guys, guys, and guys, I don't agree with it. it. And no, I'm but, not but, vaccinated. But, 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 I will never take the vaccine. Right, I refuse why are, to. Why are we trying to adjudicate something four years ago when right now Ron DeSantis. I was just making the point that he's not a good governor and people need to stop saying that he had a great record on COVID because it's a lie. You can read his own executive orders that say, I'm locking down the beaches, I'm and, locking down the restaurants. He's a liar. And, he's and, a Manchurian say, candidate. I can say right now. My point when I when I was bringing this up to, uh, about Luke's prior support is that here's a guy who is losing. He's losing badly. And he decided to abandon his state during a state of emergency. Everything else out the window. You, you can come and tell me that the dude saved a baby from, that was rushing down a river and he jumped in. And then you tell me that he left his state during a state of emergency to try and win a race. He was badly losing. And I'm like, he is a bad leader. That's it. Everything else is gone. I mean, that, I, I, that, yeah. that one was like just, just I, I, I still time. think I, I, we need an acknowledgement from 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 Donald about what happened to Operation Warp Speed. There's been a lot of Americans that that have been injured. One of them was here. at the I'm so sick of talking we, about we, this. We have we have we have had it. It's still a major issue because let's just say he, he comes into office. Uh, the CIA, Peter Daszak, Echo Health Alliance, all they have to do is restart and do whatever they did again, be, be, because there I'm, there I'm, isn't there isn't a, a conversation about hey I learned my lesson. Hey, there's some I should have done something better. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. When still he's telling people to, to get boosted just a few freaking months the, the, ago. The policies and, and it's funny when I see journal like these these centrist type journalists who don't like Donald Trump actually arguing with with people over this. And they're, they're putting things like, man, I really don't like Trump. But Operation Warp Speed was therapeutics and vaccines by choice. It was never forcing yeah. people to get medical treatments. And when that happened, he came out and said they shouldn't be doing this. And now years later. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, dude, it's four years later. Okay, I get it. Yeah. We, we should never forget how bad those things were. But it's weird to me that we look at these blue state governors who literally murdered people in New York. And it's like, but Donald Trump, it, it funded also, scientific can research. Can I just say something, too? Rough, don't make, don't, can I just say rough, it, goes back, it goes back to the concept of revolution. Look, I understand people have to provide for their families. And so I'm not trying to sound like a cold-hearted bitch with what I'm about to say. But everybody has choices. Everybody has free will. And I'm really sick and tired of listening to people say things like, oh, I would have lost my job or, oh, well, you know, I would have been fired. You either stand for, you either stand for something or you fall for everything. And if more people in this country would have stood up and taken to the streets and fought back against these tyrannical lockdowns, President Trump never forced the vaccine on anyone. President Trump never forced extended lockdowns. President Trump never forced people to wear masks. But Trump people told people, told, people he, allowed Trump their children to Thomas be forcefully Macy, vaccinated against lockdowns. Trump attacked Sweden, who decided not to lock down. That's a fact. I still this, this, want this, this, an acknowledgement of it. And because we don't have an acknowledgement of okay, it, okay. because because Trump still believes that the, okay. the vaccine no, saved okay, millions okay. Of, no, hundreds listen, of millions of lives, let me take it the into scenario no, 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 I'm, could, I'm, could, I'm, could again unfold. Okay, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why I'm done with this. Because the anti-Trump people say 
Trump did the exact same thing Ron DeSantis did, but Trump was wrong when he did. It. And then the test people are like, DeSantis did the same thing that Trump did, but this was right when he, I'm like, dude, in the beginning of COVID and the lockdowns, Donald Trump said 15 days to slow the spread. And we were all, not everybody, but a lot of people were like, okay, well, we don't know what's going on. And now that we have hindsight, you have people being like, Ron was correct. No, Trump was correct. No, Ron, dude. I don't think we need to adjudicate four. Yeah. What happened four years ago? Now that we have hindsight and we can talk about it today. But my, this, this, that is not fair. And, to go and, after and now, and now what's going to happen is if you take criticize Trump on this, we don't have to talk about it. Everyone's going to just keep going back to four years. Yeah. Four years ago. Four years ago. Four years ago. I'm I'm asking. I'm asking. What happens next year? Can we get can we get an AG yeah. that actually looks into the creation, the funding, all that, all and prosecute? Can we arrest that Fauci? Can we I, please yes, arrest Fauci? We that matters. All I'm trying to say is that, you know, people have their opinions, very strong opinions about COVID. I'm, you know, the biggest Trump supporter there is, and I never took the vaccine, never got boosted, never will. I'm a, I'm a proud anti-vaxxer. But I Trump just did want, get boosted. Right? I just want to see more personal. I'm losing my fucking mind. I feel mind. like I'm moderating you guys a zero hedge debate. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, dude. Shut this is what I felt up. like yeah. at the zero hedge debate, dude, by the way. holy fucking shit. Let's just not we talk get over it. each other. I have had this debate yeah. 7,000 times. Hey, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm losing my fucking mind. Yeah. I am so over people being like, Trump was bad because Trump did a thing. Oh, I agree we, with you. We, we did not know what was happening four years ago. And now we are four years on with mass illegal immigration, 10,000 people per day. And you're talking yeah. about a vaccine program for four years ago. Uh, uh, Okay. Okay. What do we think, y'all? What do we think? I, you know, before I let y'all talk, although it's not my place to let anybody talk, you know, I'm, I, I will say right here, right now, if I ever turn into a douchebag like Tim Pool, please <laughs> tell me. Okay. You know, You've I been douched. <laughs> yeah. So, so before, I ever even started the first WTF forum. I wrote down what I thought would be a good code of ethics for this type of show. And the first code, the first, I called them prayers. Let me read it. I said, as most group shows often devolve into a clusterfuck of unintelligible crosstalk, we at the WTFF, that would be the what the fuck forum commit where am i to using common sense and reasonable decorum throughout the following proceedings we shall conduct ourselves with mutual respect and shall in, uh, interrupt sparingly in hopes that no further rules be required okay tim pool is not a good leader Okay. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I think I, you know, Tim pool is, is a douchebag. Again, if I ever turn into that type of douchebag, tell me, please, I want, I want to facilitate conversation. I don't want to be a tyrant. You know, what, what became abundantly clear to me watching this, this clip is that he is a petty tyrant. Well, we need a safe word. <laughs> Armadillo. <laughs> Armadillo. <laughs> Armadillo. <laughs> Armadillo it. underpants. How about that? <laughs> Just in case we ever have a story about armadillos. I don't want to alarm you, you know, mm -hmm. unnecessarily. No, I think that's uh, that's good. And I do respect that you didn't call them rules. You called them prayers or commandments even. They're prayers. <laughs> it's, it, it's my hope, you know. Yeah. If anybody... If anybody breaks the uh, the rule, 
quote unquote. It's not, it's not for me to punish, you know, I, I just want to, I just want to facilitate good conversation. And I think that, uh, it's obvious that Tim pool is failing to do that. So again, I'm almost taking this as a, um, cautionary tale of how group shows can devolve into a organic book into I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's any better way to describe it other than a clusterfuck of unintelligible crosstalk. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. even know if this is organic, like it, it could even be a ploy, you know, to, because mm. like if Tim is doing his uh, let's move on thing, I mean, that's sort of thing I'd expect from certain types of agents. Right. Can moving, trying to move the narrative in a certain way to get you distracted by something else mm. instead of justice. Now, if somebody like, and I think we talked about Brett Weinstein last week, he was on the list, the amazing Polly's list, right. Of the gatekeepers for the narrative, their own, you're only going to get so far into the truth by listening to these people. And that's what they're doing. They're gatekeeping and they're controlling what people are allowed to hear. But if what he is saying is accurate, that 17 million people have been killed by the shot, then Tim, all of the other stuff that he's talking about right now is totally irrelevant and it pales in comparison to that. I am not saying that the border crisis intentionally is not a problem. Of course, it's a problem. But that is different than 17 million people. That would 100%. not be just in the United States. That would be worldwide. But that's not the point. So it is the most important thing worth talking about because they're trying to do it again. So I definitely think that, yes, perhaps this is, you know, management, narrative management on Tim's part. Um, and I just heard something by Dr. John Campbell where he's talking about some x disease that's in china yeah. again and it's all it's all the same bullshit so if we don't hold these people to accountable so why wouldn't tim want them held to account why wouldn't he want it acknowledged because it matters yeah yeah because they're yeah. gonna do it again if people don't know about it but he has the ability to affect that conversation he really does because you know tens of thousands of people day over day listen to his show so, and let's not forget that Dr. John Campbell was also on that list. Yes. Yeah. And apparently John Campbell deleted that video as well. Maybe he was called out for fear mongering or, or whatever. But anyway, yeah. Really? Because it was there about an hour ago. Oh, well, that what I saw, um, Polly said that it had been deleted. So maybe it was put back up. I don't oh, know. Maybe put it back up. Yeah, mm -hmm. possibly. To me, to me, this whole thing's real interesting because, um, you know, Tim Pool is supposed to be the leading, you know, he's the tip of the spear of counter narratives, right? But he wants to move on from COVID. He wants to move on from COVID. Red flag, anybody? 100%. Red flag for me. Hello. Big time. I need to get a red flag so I can wave it whenever <laughs> it comes up. Yes. <laughs> Now, uh, we did not take a chance, I don't believe, to introduce Fido. Fido, are you there? Hello? Hello? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. What's up, girl? How you doing? I'm doing a, I'm using a different set of uh, headphones today. My my other ones kind of crapped out on me, so I'm, I'm having to mm -hmm. uh, use some cheaper ones. <laughs> but uh, it'll get the job done. 
yeah, so, no, you sound uh, yeah good. hey uh i haven't seen y'all in a while um i've been um uh sewing up some loose ends on 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 my end and um <clears throat> i am officially unemployed <laughs> so so maybe it's worth taking a moment fido congratulations uh, if, if you're willing yeah like i know i know some details anybody that's been in the telegram knows some details but would you like yeah, to I mean, kind of sure. explain for the listener um so tell us what you were doing and why you quit, if you would. All right. Well, um, I I may have mentioned it in a previous episode before, but I have been an, an LVN or an LPN, licensed practical nurse, licensed vocational nurse, same thing, interchangeable, uh, since uh, 2008. And over the course of uh, my career, <clears throat> I have been picking up on things here and there. And I've always known that insurance was a scam. and you know, just and and I and I question. I wondered about the the uh, the vaccines and stuff, but I never really delved too deep into it. Mostly because I was working so much, and I just really didn't have the time to sit down and 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 go through the uh, the the mountains of research on the topic. And well, I feel like I just I, I just I, went with I, my if I can, Fido. Um, <clears throat> from my outsider perspective, okay. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're not giving yourself enough credit. It seems to me that you did do your own research. You did dive into this stuff, maybe not as deep as you might have liked, but you had developed a perspective. And it seems to me that your job was one that would not exactly allow you to express your perspective fully. Is that is that a fair statement? Like it. It seems to me that it took from what I saw in our in our group chat, it took you getting to your last day to finally be able to say what you really thought to your to your patients. I mean, right. it, am I am well, I and, well, pretty, pretty close, actually. Um, I <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I have this job that I'm 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 now free of. I have been doing since 2014. I've been working in a in primary care practice. <laughs> I have a bit of a frog in my throat. Um, so I've been doing this, this job that I just left. I've been doing it since 2014, almost 10 years. And um, actually right at 10, well, July will be 10 years. Anyway, um, I had never worked in primary care practice before. And as an LVN, I cannot tell people what to do. Um, I can't tell them this is a medication you should take or I can't prescribe medication for patients. Um, and in the hospital, my job, it working in a hospital setting, working in a nursing home setting, my job was to follow orders. My job is to get the order from the physician and make sure those orders are implemented, whatever they may be, whether it's diet, whether it's medication, whether it's uh, referring to a specialist, making sure all the paperwork is done. And so working in primary care practice, it's it's a little different in that you do get to know some of these people and you do see a lot more different things. So like one one day you'll see, you know, urinary tract infections and 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 uh, uh, respiratory stuff going on, and then the next day you'll see somebody with blood pressure. So it kind of runs the gambit of um, general health conditions that people have. And so I was doing this, and then in twenty end of t middle middle 2016 
I was asked to take over the um, the job of going with the nurse practitioner to the nursing homes that um, our facility takes care of. So the doctors have patients at the nursing home. And so the nurse practitioner makes rounds at the nursing home and sees these patients for the physician. And she has a nurse that comes with her to do the same thing that would be done at the doctor's office. I'm just doing them for nursing home patients, um, ordering medications, uh, like completing the order for the medication, um, doing referrals, doing uh, paperwork for medical equipment, um, and jumping through all the hoops so the insurance will cover um, care for the patients. Uh, prior authorizations, you know, getting authorization from the insurance before the patient takes it, that um, they'll cover it. Just all kinds of just rigmarole, just just ridiculous paperwork. Um, basically saying the, to the physicians, you know, yeah, we know this patient needs this medicine, but you got to prove it. And um, that's really what irritated the crap out of me. I think more than anything was having to explain to the insurance companies why this patient needed this medication or why they needed this um, this walker or this wheelchair. And it's like the, it's between the doctor and the patient. It should not have anything to do with the insurance company, but they're a business and, you know, they have their own rules. <clears throat> so I think really what really got me to thinking about leaving and doing something else entirely. And I'll be completely honest. It was COVID. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. That was the straight up impetus for me to really pursue the option of leaving. Because I really actually enjoyed my job. I have autonomy with my job that I would not get in any other field. I have my list of things that I have to do on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't have somebody breathing down my neck saying, have you gotten this done? Have you gotten that done? Unless it's one of the facilities saying they needed paperwork. But as far as my boss goes, he was pretty hands-off when it came to that sort of thing. And I stepped up to the role and I got my work done and I got it done in a timely manner without someone breathing down my neck about it. And I was out and about driving around from facility to facility, spending very little time in the office. I wasn't tied to a desk per se at the office. Um, there were a couple of days a week that I would be at the office, but the rest of the time I was running around um, driving, getting from to and from. So I actually had quite a bit of leeway when it came to deciding how my day went. And the nurse practitioner and I, we would coordinate and she would tell me which where she wanted to go and I would meet her there. And really that having that autonomy in my job was really one of the main things that kept me there. Because if I had gone anywhere else, I would not have, I would not be able to make those kinds of decisions for myself. I would be told you have to be here and you have to be there and just, you know, answering to a boss 20 uh, all the time while I was at work. So I had been wanting to like stretch my legs and go into more of a managerial position. One of the facilities had an opening for an assistant director of nurses, which I felt like I would do. You can't pay me enough to be a, an actual director of nursing at a nursing home. There's way too much responsibility. I do believe it is a six figure job, um, paying job. It's a, you make at least a hundred thousand dollars a year, I think. But it's usually an RN position, and I didn't have that. But there's not enough money in the world that you could pay me to be the director of nursing at a <laughs> at a nursing home. But I so, could do the assistant DON job. So Fido, let me let me ask you this. Um, it sounded in the in the group chat that you uh, you knew it was your last day of work, 
and you were finally feeling able and willing to um, speak your mind with a with a patient as far as what you thought they ought to do and correct me correct me if i'm wrong but it sounds like after you told them all kinds of things about um improving their gut health and improving their i mean i guess diet exercise fill in the blank um from what i read in the group chat it sounds like the doctor came in or i don't know if it was doctor but your your superior came in and confirmed everything you said and then immediately proceeded to prescribe drugs that, um, you know, it, it almost sounded like even though they agreed with you, they, they negated everything you said by simply trying to slap a bandaid on it. Um, am I, am I exaggerating? Am I wrong? No, no, you're not. You're quite, quite spot on there. Um, I do want to make it clear though, that while I did, I did take it a step further on my last day. I have mentioned uh, natural remedies and um, exercise and diet and and things that patients can do at home for themselves. I have mentioned stuff like that before to patients when I worked um, in the office. And um, it, but the the thing was, I always made sure to tell them. Um, make sure you discuss this with the physician. I'm telling you, this is some things that you can do. And studies have shown that this has helped without having to rely so heavily on medication um, or pharmaceutical medication. Um, You can just do this and it will help and you should discuss it with the doctor. So what the the difference on my last day was, I just straight up told her, I was like, look, you've got uh, severe ADHD supposedly, and or you're saying you have severe ADHD and you cannot function without this ADHD medication. You're saying you have severe depression and you cannot function without this medication. And you have your, your lab work indicates that you have really high cholesterol. And so, um, and she does, she didn't want to take the cholesterol medication that was prescribed because her family members, her immediate family members all had reactions to that particular cholesterol medication and she was afraid she was also going to suffer some significant side effects from it and didn't want to take it she didn't want to risk it and I told her she could go get some fish oil from the store she could get um, something with omega-3 she could get um, they have um, I said I told her to look at the different ones that were available and see which ones she could afford and which one you know she would like to use and I said just fish oil preferably something with omega-3 um, krill oil works well too. Um, increasing your fish intake, like salmon and um, and whitefish, and um, cooking with those instead of you know going and buying catfish, fr- fried catfish, which is really popular around here. And I said staying away from the fried foods. I said walking every day uh, if you can. If not, three days a week, two days a week, go one to two miles, um, and and exercise. And as you used to doing all of that exercise and you feel like you want to stretch yourself, then you can take it a little bit further each time. And I say, like, but you pace yourself and she has back problems. And I said, so exercises, uh, walking is going to be the best exercise for you. You don't want to go and do a whole bunch of weightlifting and power training and uh, P90X and CrossFit. I said, cause you're going to, you're going to hurt yourself. And so walking is the best exercise and there's nothing wrong with walking. We went through this. Whole, I spent, I think, probably 30 minutes talking to this lady about 
diet and exercise. And I said, get off the sugar. Uh, she said, oh, I can't do that. I got, I put, have to put sugar in my coffee. I said, you can wean yourself off the sugar. It's not hard. I said, cut whatever sugar you're putting in, cut it in half and get used to that for a while. And then once you're used to that, cut it in half again and then just taper yourself down. I said, you don't have to just go cold turkey. I said, it's next to impossible. You're going to fall off the bandwagon. So I said, just pace yourself, set attainable goals, and it will eventually get better. And she's like, oh, I didn't even think about it like that. And I said, well, you can use honey instead of sugar. She's like, well, isn't it the same thing? I said, no, it's not. Honey is a complex sugar, whereas white sugar is refined and it doesn't require as much energy to burn off. And so you burn that first and then the fat and your body just sits there. And she's like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. And I spent this whole time sitting there talking to her. And, uh, and I said, and then at the end, I was like, but of course you can discuss this with the physician. If you you don't believe me or you, you want, have more questions you want answered, they'll be more than happy to talk to you about it. And I talked to her about uh, probiotics and gut health and how uh, gut health is linked to mental health and having a healthy gut is, uh, helps you to have a better mood. And I explained to her the different types of probiotics uh, that you could get from the store. And she said she would look into it. And then the nurse practitioner walks in and she's talking to her and she's corroborating every single thing that I said. She nailed it right on the head. I'm like, yes, 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 we're doing it. We're we're going to get through this visit without having to prescribe any medication except maybe refill her Adderall. But she um, that's going to be a story for that's going to be something at another time to address. But at least we could get her off the cholesterol medicine. I'm like, Yes, we're going to do it. And then she's like, well, my my antidepressant isn't working as well as it used to. And I just don't know what to do with it. And I, I really I really want to keep taking it and blah, blah, blah. She's like, OK, well, we'll just increase it to the max dose and then we can discuss starting you on something else if that doesn't work. And I'm like, oh, so close. We were so close to this visit, getting her mm. off of this stuff. And she just she just turned right around and just and I'm like, what are you doing? I said, we just talked about probiotics and gut health and mental health, and you're not even going to let that even, you're not even going to try that just to see if that works, just to see if we could get her off the antidepressant. I didn't say anything to the nurse practitioner about it, but I was, I was pretty irritated about the whole thing because there, it just really made me realize that I can sit here and talk to these patients all day long about what they can do to uh, make their life better what they can do to get off the blood pressure pills, what they can do to get off the cholesterol pills and stop being beholden to the pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies. And I can sit there and tell them, talk to them blue in the face and the doctor's just going to come right in with their, with their credentials and their degrees and just override me every single time. And the patients are going to follow what they say. And what, what's interesting is, is I'm actually kind of glad that happened because I turned in my notice right after Thanksgiving. I mean, by Thanksgiving, I had made up my mind. I'm done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. And so I typed up my resignation letter and I turned it in. And of course, my my boss, my boss, boss, the doctor that I work for, he was he was upset that I was leaving. He was not happy about it. And, and I like the guy. He's a really nice guy. He's a country doctor. Um, he's very friendly. Um Except I just it it what and it wasn't him. I didn't have a problem with him as my employer. My problem was with the whole medical system, and I didn't know that there was a way that I could explain it that he would be able to understand, um, because he's he's in his um, I think he just turned. 
I think he's just, he's in his 80s. He just turned 80. And he's still running circles around some of these nurse practitioners that come in for their clinicals. Um, and he's very smart. He he knows a lot. He's got a lot of experience in the medical field. And even he has mentioned um, to patients about natural remedies from time to time. But he does rely heavily on the pharmaceuticals. And that's just his training. That's just what he went. That's what they taught him in medical school. And that's what he's relied on so heavily when he got out and has been seeing patients, I think, probably the last almost 40 years in this in this uh, in this town. And I didn't have a problem with him personally. Um, but Fido? Yes, go ahead. Can I ask you, have you thought about going into like natural medicine, like being naturopathy and stuff like that? Because you sound have. like you'd be really good. I have thought about it. And I, I, did, a, I did a dive into it um, a couple of weeks ago. And because I had told my sister that's what I wanted to do. And she was, she was intrigued by the idea. And she was asking me questions and I was like, well, I can't answer your questions because I haven't really dug into it all that deep. It's just something I've been thinking about. And so I was like, you know what? Now's the time. It's as good as any. I'll dive into it. So I started researching it and come to find out there are four. There are six, I think, in North America, naturopathic schools, medical schools Mm -hmm. and naturopathic doctors. And I didn't know this. They are actually licensed medical doctors. I didn't realize that. I thought they were like. Uh, maybe like a master's degree or something, but they're not. They're an actual medical doctor. They go through, um, the requirement is a bachelor's degree in a biomedical science, Hmm. like chemistry, biology, um, uh, nutrition. I don't know if they would do one for, I I don't know if they would accept a bachelor's degree in nursing. They might, but um, it had to be a biomedical science. And they said the MCAT, which is the uh, standardized test that they give um, pre-med students prior to going to medical school. It's an entrance exam, basically, or placement exam. Um, it's called the MCAT. And they they don't require that, but if a person has taken the MCAT, they will look at those test results and consider that as far as placement. So you have a bachelor's degree in some biomedical science, and then you apply to the naturopathic school, which is uh, there's there's six of them. Two of them are in Canada. Four of them, I think, are in the United States. The closest one to me is in Chicago, Illinois. And I'll be damned if I'm going to Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. I'd rather go to Arizona. So um, anyway, um, they they depending on the school, it's a three to five year program. And most of them, I think the first year runs between $35,000 and $42,000 for the first year. So you're looking at medical school prices hmm. when you're looking at naturopathic school. And for me, natru- going, the nat- going as far as a naturopathic doctor, geographically, it's a problem. Financially, it's a problem. So those are two really big major obstacles that I don't see myself being able to overcome to be able to complete naturopathic medical school. That being said, as an LVN, I am licensed by the state of Texas to do patient teaching. Now, as long as I give the caveat that you should discuss this with your doctor before seeking, before starting any medical treatment, you know, I give that little disclaimer. I'm not giving you medical advice. I am just educating you on this particular topic. This is what's going on with this particular thing. Um, I can't I can't treat patients. 
I can't tell them what to do. I can provide them with information. And that's and I think really when I get down to it, that's really what I want to do. I want to provide people with information that their doctors are not telling them. And and then instruct them. If you want to go talk to your doctor about this, you are more than welcome to. You can take my resources and take them with you, print them out, take your links, take your take all of this and discuss it with your doctor yourself. But um, as far as telling patients what to do specifically, I cannot do that. But I can give them information, background information, and kind of start them on their own journey to do their own research and do their own due diligence about taking responsibility for their own health. And on in a and if I'm I'm being honest, that's really what I want to do. I want to help people understand that it's not such an insurmountable thing to take responsibility for your health. It actually is it's it's quite easy to do. It's just baby steps. Well, I feel like that uh fairly well parallels the goal of the WTF forum. Like we are not providing medical, legal, or any kind of advice, but uh, we're trying to provide information for you to make your own damn decisions. Um, information that isn't, that may not actually be quite so readily available because, yeah, you know, of yeah. the censorship that's going on. Can I uh, just read something out here that's sort of relevant? Sure. Because in, in sure. Australia, that sounds like that's very heavily regulated, obviously, because in Australia, I'm just reading this now, um, qualifications needed to be a naturopath in Australia. Unlike registered professions, such as medical doctors, there is no legal minimum requirement to become a naturopath in Australia. So, yeah, oh. I've read that a, a little while ago too, that you could basically, I mean, you can study up and put a sign on your door and you're a naturopath. <laughs> well, and, you know, in Texas, um, you don't have to be licensed. Right, um, right. They don't have a license, a licensing body for naturopathic doctors. There is a, an advocacy group that is trying to get that changed legally. Uh, through the state legislature, they're trying to get law, a law passed to where uh, naturopathic doctors can be licensed through the state. And as far as I can tell, you don't actually have to be, uh, as long as you're, as long as you have, you know, done your studying and everything and you've done your research and you have a pretty good idea of what you're talking about, you can still practice as a, a naturopathic doctor and uh, treat people. So I'm, I'm still not quite finished. Excuse me. I'm still not quite finished with the research on that. I do want to delve into that a little bit more about the actual legal aspects of it. But I yeah. am under the impression that I actually don't have to have any kind of like degree or anything. I'm sure I have to have something, uh, something well, medical related to be able to do it. And I was also thinking I could go on and get my nurse practitioner license. All it would be is I would have like an 18 month class uh, course to get my uh, associate's degree and then another uh, probably year to get my bachelor's degree and then another 18 months. So probably within five years, I could actually be a nurse practitioner all, all said and done. And then I could do uh, like naturopathy as my specialty. Fido, I, you know, I, I might be wrong, but I have a feeling that in five years, credentials might not mean jack shit. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, what ex I know that things are changing and that this, there's a lot going on right now. And I'm, and I'm wondering if it's even worth it to spend all that money pursuing hmm. yep. just Don't letters, behi letters behind my name yeah. uh, from the, the state. And if, you know, if in five years, I mean, what is, what is this world going to look like in five years? I honestly can't even tell you. The I've main got thing question. about having 
Sure. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, Stella. Uh, how is this different from like uh, the homeopathic stuff? Because my mom, she, we were into like Waldorf when I was a kid. Uh, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. It's like uh, Montessori, but it's a little more out there. Uh, and like I busted up my lip and shit, and yeah. like I didn't have to get stitches because she, you know she was into like all these you know damn weird ass books and you know like hell I didn't even realize we were basically like <laughs> vegan or vegetarian, but I you know but we'd occasionally eat at Wendy's, you know. It's all about the same, um, naturopathy and homeopathy. They they kind of, depending on where you are, they kind of, um, they use them interchangeably. Um, I didn't know this while I was doing my um, my my research into naturopathic medicine. Uh, it is actually illegal to practice naturopathic medicine in some states. There's like three of them where it's actually illegal to practice naturopathic medicine. Only, if they, really... only if they catch you. Right, correct. It's only illegal if you get caught. <laughs> Can you imagine you fucking grow some herbs in your backyard and mix them together and you just get fucking tossed in jail, dude? That'd be, yeah, that'd like, be well, like 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 I, weed. I think, like I, weed. I, I was gonna say, I guess it happened before. It's happened well, many I think, times. Well, I mean, aside from the from the weed, but like uh, doing like herbal remedies in your backyard, as long as, I mean, if they can. If they, well, they have to prove it too. They have to prove that you've been treating people with natural natural remedies, yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 treating people. Um, they would have to have proof. And so, and I was thinking, if I go along these lines, if I did treat anybody, it was going to be a definite KYC. You know, I'm definitely going to know who it is that I'm treating and what mm -hmm. they stand for and who they are as a person and their character before I even consider them as a you know as a client. Um, I'm not going to say patient. I'm going to say client because it'll be like yeah, an exchange of yeah. information kind of situation as yeah. opposed to doctor patient relationship kind of thing. So well, the, yeah, the, exchange of information for a donation. <laughs> correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah, correct. it. I would work off yeah. of donations for sure. Yep. The uh, thing about um the thing about having some sort of qualifications though is for insurance, but that's of course if you're going to live in the in on you know in the matrix on the grid right so uh without any qualifications insurance is virtually impossible so that's where you would have to shift into that that sort of scenario yes the kyc now yeah. now if i may i want to pause uh we we sure. had a little we had a little input from a new contributor a new old contributor welcome sure. back to the wtf forum my man liam call to liberty what is up brother it is so good to see you yeah, it's nice to see you guys too. I'm sorry I haven't been here more often. Fucking can you can you turn up? You're quiet. I'm the quiet. Here, let's see. Maybe I don't know. Maybe That's I can better. just is yeah. it? I'll just yeah. speak a little closer to the microphone here. Yeah. Um yeah, just uh I wish I could have gone come back sooner and seen you guys. I haven't I don't know, you know, these three individuals. I obviously know OG and, and you, but I it's like a whole new forum right now, dude. But uh, yeah, it's good to be back, and I thank you for for having me. Well, Liam, nice Stella, Stella, Ashley, and Phytophiliac. Yeah, yeah howdy. Nice. Yep. May I say hello between y'all? Yeah. Good day. Good day. Good day. I bet it is. I bet it is where you're where you're at right now. It's fucking like negative ten. Dude, Liam. Yeah, you and me. You and me are well. Ashley, did I already ask you? Uh, and Fido, is it? And well, OG, wh what's it like? I'm I'm living in like one degree Fahrenheit kind of I scenario. Yikes! Here. 
Yeah. I see a and, Carhartt. Uh, I see a Carhartt BD. It's got to be pretty chilly. Bro, where you're at. bro. I got I I got the fire going behind me. It's it's nice and warm here in the shop, but uh, it is cold as fuck outside. I take my dog out to take a leak, and he he starts limping because his paws don't like how cold that ground is. Um, yeah. It's it's brutal, man. So so you're in you're in Colorado on yeah the you know Denver ish area right sort of yeah close. So what are you dealing with? It's uh right now I just checked it negative five, but for the last uh, three or four days this same cold front has been here and it's Mm. been like in the negatives the whole fucking time. Um, Snow on Mm. the ground, it's fucking frozen. Let's go. Let's go. I guess east to west. I I suppose Fido, you're down in Texas. Where what what are you dealing with? Is it cold? Uh, right now? I think it's in the 30s, maybe 40s, <clears throat> upper lucky, 40s. But but it's coming. It's coming through tonight, and they're expecting 20s in the morning. And that's somewhere. pretty. That's that's really cold for us. We were not used to those types of temperatures around here uh they're saying that for us wednesday is going to be our coldest day with uh, temperatures in the low teens and then by friday we're going to have uh i think 60 70 degree temperatures (laughs) nice you you guys i saw somewhere i i I don't remember where somewhere in texas i saw a video of like like probably at least six inches of snow on the ground yeah that was probably north texas like up around the panhandle that's fucking crazy for texas though that's insane Uh, about 12 o'clock today uh they were saying it was about about three a a town three hours north of where i'm at there was about 12 o'clock today they were saying it was 15 degrees so yeah oh gee what's it what's it like in tennessee bro uh it has started to spit snow and i've started seeing the uh first couple of accidents i saw a guy who had done a 360 uh Sitting on the side of the road, so I think he fucked his Tacoma up. But it's 22; it's dropped like eight degrees, Bro. and uh, I'm just hoping you, I can get to the airport in the morning. You <laughs> motherfuckers, not you, not you, OG, but people that live where where you are, they don't know how to drive in the snow. It's just but, so well, I, I don't either. Uh, I had a <laughs> bad incident when I was in college. When I say bad, I totaled out a vehicle. I was trying to go somewhere I had no fucking business being. And I did a 180, got hit by a semi, and yeah. So luckily, the guy was able to get over far enough that it didn't like fuck me up and just kind of put the motor like feet back from where it was supposed to be. But like, I am deathly afraid of like snow and ice. Like, I stay home unless I have to go. I'm a pussy yeah. when it comes to like bad weather. I, That's what I'm, you're supposed to do. No, no, no. Whenever it snows, I say, fuck yeah. It's an excuse I, to it's an excuse to put my shit in four wheel drive and make use of what I paid for. Um, before we move on, though, real quick, Ashley, is it cold where you're at? South Carolina, I think you're outside of the jet stream, so I don't know. I mean, it, what what are you dealing with? Um, yeah, so I'm over in North Carolina, and it has oh, gotten oh. cold here. However, uh, it's nothing close to what y'all are dealing with. Like, it's not negative temperatures, uh, not yet. I do think we may have some Arctic. Uh, weather coming up but it's not that abnormal for us to have that from time to time uh, especially in western uh, North Carolina but over in central to an extent so um, but yeah it has gotten cold after being unseasonably mild and this past week it felt very tropical here because of whatever was going through weird weird weather 
Well, okay. So I, you know, I'm tempted to say let's um, carry forward. I've got a few more topics to cover. If anybody has any pressing, you know, things that they wanted to say and haven't said, by all means. Um, what I what I wanted to shift to, and actually Fido brought up a good point. Credentialism. You know, do you need do you need to be credentialed? In order to have a say, um, I've got a topic in that direction. But anybody have anything they want to say before I go there? A All say right. about what, like to be accredited, I think is the word. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What a say about what in particular health? Do you mean? Or I don't know. You know, anything. If, I would oh, say anything, anything that was pressing from what we discussed already. But but real quick, I don't know if yeah. you've already talked about it because I haven't been here. But like. Have you talked about the fucking like New York City situation? That shit was so funny. <laughs> we have not gone there, but I do nice, have I, I have that in the list. Uh, <laughs> I just have the note yeah. Jew tunnel. That's Jew tunnels. Yeah, Jew I tunnels. think we'll get there. You know, it's almost too bad. I was hoping Ando would be here. He, I know he wants to talk about that, but Ando would be saying something about it for sure. It would be uh-huh. funny as fuck. I, 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 I bet. Yeah. We can we can go there later. Um, all right, all right, all right. In the meantime, so Fido, you know, like, I don't know if you need to necessarily go back to school. You know, I guess uh, that's all I'll say before I play this. But hang on a second, let me line it up. And Did while you're doing that, Mike, yeah, I wanted to chime ahead. in on that as well. I definitely think that continuing education needs to be a consideration and how much money and time is it going to cost you? What and and maybe we could get into the creative thinking of what could you offer with the knowledge and experience that you already have? And could that be done in a way um, enough for you to start making the money that you would like? to be able to make. And I, and I actually do have quite a bit of thoughts on that, on some things that could be done from the entrepreneurial side, but I definitely agree with Mike in that I am in camp, not going back to school, not spending tens of thousands of dollars, um, in this system. Well, credentials only go so far. I, you know, I have a, I have a, a bachelor's degree, but nobody has ever asked me to produce it. And actually, I don't even have a copy of my own diploma. <laughs> I, I never I never filled out whatever form I needed to fill out to get it delivered. I did not walk in the ceremony. Uh, nobody handed it to me, but I know I got it. It's just in a file somewhere and I don't have it. Um, also, one <laughs> little thing on that same topic. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever noticed how <laughs> nobody gives a shit that you graduated from high school or college? That oh, you have yeah. an actual high school, well, like a high school diploma. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Nobody yeah. gives a shit if you got a GED or a high yeah. school diploma. Nobody right. cares. Nobody cares. But they put all of this emphasis on, and these kids in high school, they put all of this emphasis on getting a high school diploma. Nobody cares. There's Nobody. there's so many jobs you can do without a high school diploma. It's not even funny. But carry Bingo. on. <laughs> Bingo. I, I was okay. never, ever asked for my my school certificate or anything like that. Never yeah. in any of the jobs that I've done. I have a buddy who straight up lied and just said he graduated and it didn't matter. Like he still got the job. He's still fucking like nobody ever bothered to check in on it. Why would you, dude? It's a high school diploma. Everybody's got one. It's like a dime a dozen. Uh, it. 
Yeah. I will say this. I don't know if he wants me to say this or not, but my husband is not a high school graduate and he's a heavy, heavy equipment operator. Nice. And, well, that's you know, actually, and so it's like, you know, it's not, I mean, it's not, it's not required, <laughs> you know, it's, no. you know, if you know how to drive a bulldozer, you can, you can be a heavy equipment operator. And it's honestly, really not that hard. Yeah. when people tell me, cause I think that in some places there's some amount of shame to that. Uh, but actually I consider it to be absolutely based that somebody saw through the bullshit of the system enough at such a young age to make an exit and do their own thing. I think that shows something uh, very commendable and not something yeah. that is worth being ashamed about. It's actually the exact opposite for me. And it means that you had less time in the indoctrination camps. Right. Exactly. Agreed. 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 And that's going to, that's going to come back up. Um, but let me play this, you know, speaking of WTFs uh, from like the last week, you know, this is like probably the only thing I have that's actually news. Uh, but Y'all know who Jelly Roll is? Have you heard about Jelly Roll? Unfortunately, I know who he is. I just found out yesterday. What? <laughs> yeah. I like Jelly Roll. I went to a concert in October. See, I'm, no, wait, hold I'm, up. Do y'all like rapping Jelly Roll or do y'all like this bullshit, like new country? <laughs> like, oh, honey, I didn't say that I liked him. I said I knew who he was. <laughs> well, I'm with Ashley. I, I like him. I, I like him. Fuck it. I, I like I'm him not, too. I think he's talented. He has an um, incredible voice. His live show was absolutely amazing. It was sold out. 15,000 people completely sold out. Now, I'm not a huge venue person like that, but mm -hmm. <clears throat> and my husband's a big fan of live music. And a lot of times, even if it's somebody that we are not like super big fan of, they're coming to town, we'll try to go see the show. Now, we saw him years ago when he was way smaller at like a festival in Daytona. And then he was coming back around here and we decided to go and he is incredibly talented. The other thing is that I actually think, I don't know where Mike's going with this, but I think he has a very inspiring story and his shows are inspiring and they are for people that are the people who have been shit on mm. by society. The people that have been dealing with poverty, the people who have been dealing with, um, drug addiction and things like that. And they actually call out the pharmaceutical, you know, big harma in mm -hmm. the show. And they even have one song that's dedicated where people can bring signs and they get validation on the people that they lost from the opioid epidemic. You're, you're hitting exactly the notes I want to hit here. Ash. Sweet. You're, you're right on the right track. Cool. Um, I'm I'm happy that you know that stuff, Mike. That's awesome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, to me, you know, as usual with the W with the WTF forum, I'm not trying to cover what everybody's covering. You know, it's like fuck Tim Pool, fuck Dave Smith, fuck Joe Rogan. If they're talking about it, I want to talk about something else. And the thing that nobody's fucking talking about is fucking fentanyl. You know, we've been we've been hitting on like urban decay and um, the influence of fentanyl on the WTF forum. But like, I really want to kind of hammer on it a little bit here. So uh, jelly roll, jelly roll. Let me he. OK, long story short, he went and spoke to a 
subcommittee in Congress, a Republican subcommittee that is focused on the fentanyl crisis. And um, I'll just leave it at that. Start with Mr. DeFord. Welcome for your first committee hearing, I assume. Uh, forgive me, I'm a little nervous. I'm used to having a rock and roll band behind me when I have a microphone in front of me. Um, during the time that I've been given to share my testimony here, I think it's important to note before I start that in these five minutes I'll be speaking that somebody in the United States will die of a drug overdose, and it is almost a 72% chance that during those five minutes it will be fentanyl-related. Having started that way, Chairman Brown, Ranking Member Scott, and esteemed committee members, thank you for having me. I know this is a bit of a curveball, but I like a little baseball myself. My name is Jason D. Ford, but to most I am known as Jelly Roll. I, it is important to establish earlier that I am a musician and that I have no political alliance. I am neither Democrat nor Republican. In fact, because of my past, my right to vote has been restricted. Thus far, I have never paid attention to a political race in my life. Ironically, I think that makes me the perfect person to speak about this because fentanyl transcends partisanship and ideology, gentlemen and women. This is a totally different problem. And uh, I was speaking outside to the media and I, I gave them a statistic that said 190 people a day overdose and die every single day in the United States of America. That is about a 737 plane. That's what about a 737 aircraft can carry. Could you imagine the national media attention it would get if they were reporting that a plane was crashing every single day and killing 190 people. But because it's 190 drug addicts, we don't feel that way because America has been known to bully and shame drug addicts instead of dealing and trying to understand what the actual root of the problem is with that. But the sad news is that that narrative is changing too because the statistics say that in all likelihood almost every person in this room has lost a friend family member or colleague to the disease known as addiction i've attended more funerals than i care to share with y'all this committee i could sit here and cry for days about the caskets i've carried of people i loved dearly deeply in my soul good people not just drug addicts, uncles, friends, cousins, normal people, some people that just got in a car wreck and started taking a pain pill to manage it. One thing led to the other. And how fast it spirals out of control, I don't think people truly, truly understand. So many people. Equally, I think it's important for me to tell you all that I'm not here to defend the use of illegal drugs. And I also understand the paradox of my history as a drug dealer standing in front of this committee. But equally, I think that's what makes me perfect to talk about this. I was a part of the problem. I am here now standing as a man that wants to be a part of the solution. I brought my community down. I hurt people. I was the uneducated man in the kitchen playing chemists with drugs I knew absolutely nothing about, just like these drug dealers are doing right now when they're mixing every drug on the market with fentanyl, and they're killing the people we love. I'll be honest with y'all, my desire is to only get older and only do better and be better. I believed when I sold drugs genuinely that selling drugs was a victimless crime. I truly believe that, y'all. My father always told me, what doesn't get you in the wash will get you in the rinse. Now I have a 15-year-old daughter whose mother is a drug addict. 
Every day I get to look in the eyes of a victim in my household of the effects of drugs every single day. And every single day I have to wonder if me and my wife, if today will be the day that I have to tell my daughter that her mother became a part of the national statistic. History repeats itself, gentlemen. Even in the 1990s, crack cocaine had long made its way into my middle lower class neighborhood. And at that moment, even as a teenager, you could have never convinced me in that moment that there would be a far bigger problem on the horizon in the form of a pharmaceutical drug. And then I watched opioids and Oxycontin burst onto the scene. I'm here to tell y'all that fentanyl is going to make the Sackler family look like saints. And I want to let y'all sit with that for a second. It is time for us to be proactive and not reactive. We were reactive with crack, we were reactive with opioids, and y'all are taking the first step at somebody in Senate finally being proactive. I truly believe in my heart that this bill, that this bill will stop the supply and can help stop the supply of fentanyl. But in part of being proactive, gentlemen and, and women I, and, and ladies, I have to be frank and tell y'all that if we don't talk to the other side of Capitol Hill and stop the demand, we are gonna spin our tires in the mud Y'all are taking the first step, but I encourage you to take it outside of this room and you take it to your colleagues and your constituents and you give them the most that you can. I know I've got a few seconds here and Senator Brown said I may or may not go over. Um, all I wanna say is that I not only encourage y'all to do this, I encourage y'all to take it a step further. At every concert I perform, I witness the heartbreaking impact of fentanyl I see fans grappling with this tragedy in the form of music that they seek solace in music and hope that their experiences won't befall others. They crave reassurance. These are the people I'm here to speak for, y'all. These people crave reassurance that their elected officials actually care more about human life than they do about ideology and partisanship. I stand here as a regular member of society. I am a stupid songwriter, y'all, but I have firsthand witnessed this in a way most people have not. I encourage y'all to not only pass this bill, but I encourage you to bring it up where it matters at the kitchen table. Okay. I, you know, I know that's kind of heavy, man. Like I'm in essence, I'm actually building on what we've like touched on in previous WTFs for the past year. Like fentanyl keeps coming up. The, the, decay in the cities the decay even in the in rural america like uh these drugs man like it's it's insane we've we've talked about how there's ngos passing out free fentanyl in downtown portland there are ngos that help fucking illegal immigrants across the border this this decay is like to me it's like fentanyl it just it seems like they're doing it all on purpose man and i'm i don't know i you know i don't again tonight i'm sorry i don't have a story i don't have a theme in some ways i feel like i'm almost just reinforcing themes and stories that we've done in the past i've got a few more after fentanyl but like anybody want to speak uh just um i think it's fairly obvious that it is just another section of the controlled demolition of society it's really mm -hmm. as simple as that On a yeah, actually, really do they have this problem in like australia do you guys have a fentanyl issue 
to be really honest, I can't say because I'm a little bit out of out of touch. Um, I don't think it put it this way. It hasn't been sort of in the headlines or anything. So um, I think there was quite a bit of a crack problem starting to emerge um, over the last few years. That's interesting. Um, I'm not sure about the fentanyl. I'll, I'll try to find out. Maybe I can come back with a, an answer next week. I, I'm just curious, and I would I would I would posit that probably not because there's not the same factors that we have here, which caused this problem in the first place, which would be basically the unprotected border where they can smuggle, you know, hundreds of pounds of that shit every day. Right. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I don't even know much about it. Like how is fentanyl? Is that sort of made, that's all made in a lab. Is it look all chemically made in a lab? It's a synthetic opioid. It's it's like concentrated, uh, heroin it's, a, it's a concentrated derivative of morphine yeah which and really it's made in a lab it is it is pharmaceutically made um the, you the can't make fentanyl is crazy yeah you can't make fentanyl in the street so wherever right. the fentanyl is coming from it's coming it's coming from a supplier somebody who uh, a company that makes fentanyl fairly cashed up with proper facilities and right correct gotcha. and so, there's there's a lot of it Yep. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the the really crazy thing is you can have a microscopic amount of fentanyl that can kill multiple people whereas you know something like morphine or hydrocodone or something like that you'd have to have a lot of to kill somebody with. Fentanyl takes a a fraction, a very minor minute fraction of the amount of morphine that uh would take to kill a person. So that's why you would you. have yeah, that's why you could have something like uh, like a dollar bill laced with fentanyl that was dusted with fentanyl. Somebody can pick it up and they can overdose on fentanyl just from picking a dollar bill up off the ground. Yeah, and, I would yeah, encourage that, you to yeah. look up the lethal dose of fentanyl. It's Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy it's, small. In, it's insane. It really is. And um, I was having this discussion. I think we had this discussion uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, or the last time I was on, we were talking about... Um, fentanyl laced with xylazine and uh, the xylazine increases the rapid onset of the high and the, de- the, the delirium that you get from the, 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 de- yeah, from the fentanyl, it makes the high even higher, more intense. And it, it's a ra- more rapid onset. The problem is with xylazine is that <clears throat> you can, you can reverse a fentanyl overdose with Narcan, but if that Narcan is laced with xylazine, that opiate, that, uh, that Narcan's not going to work. And because the xylazine is not an opiate, it's a, it's a sedative. It's a tranquilizer. It's what they mm-hmm. use for um, uh, veterinary surgery on animals at the vet's office. They give them xylazine to make them pass out so that they can do the surgery, like spaying and neutering. And uh, if you take, and it was never meant for humans to take, it's, it's strictly animal consumption only. And under a licensed veterinary, uh, veterinarian can give it. So um, when, when xylazine is taken by humans uh, repeatedly, it, it has the same similar effects like uh, methamphetamine where you start developing sores on your skin. Uh, usually around the injection site because they usually use it with uh, needles. To, they take it in by needles. So the, in, the inje- insertion site where the needle goes in becomes infected. It starts to rot and you have these sores and then the, the abscesses begin to spread. 
And that's why they were calling it a zombie drug because it was making these people walking around in a stupor and they had these sores all over their body. And so um, that is one of the dangers of not just the fentanyl, but the the xylazine laced fentanyl. And that's everywhere. And the DEA knows it is a problem. They have no idea how to stop it. And I wanted to (laughs) chime in on that too. Yeah. So the trank is what is whenever you see these uh, dystopic videos coming out of like Philadelphia, the zombie people, that is trank that they have ingested. And I think Fido did say this, but that that is not response because it's not an opioid that is not responsive to Narcan. So that is why people can be displaying symptoms of an overdose because it may be both. But Narcan Mm -hmm. does not affect Trank. And then as far as the infected area goes, like she's saying, I mean, you're seeing a lot of these people like on the streets of San Francisco or Philadelphia that are having limbs amputated because not only do they they're using dirty needles and things like that that can get infected, but Trank actually works as a vasorestrictor. So the blood is not getting to the area, which is also contributing to some of their their limbs having to be removed. It's very dark stuff. And then I also wanted to add that yes, these play th- these are being introduced to the population somehow, some way. So why wouldn't we look to our own government, the CIA? Because we know that there's precedent of them running drugs into this country and introducing crack into black communities. And that's really uh, one of my thoughts on the opioid crisis in general was that this was what was done was going to be done to middle and low class white America. So they introduced crack into black neighborhoods and then they introduced opioids into poor and middle class white neighborhoods. And it's a problem in Appalachia as well, like a significant problem in in these areas where there's a lot of poor people. Um I'm just looking up the the Australian situation. It seems that we're at a crossroads right now. I'm just looking at some recent, like about three, four months old. Um, They're saying that we need to get ready because it's about to be a problem, basically. So that's where we're at now. They're also saying that getting ready for it. I was just. I was just going to finish saying that I, I think that it was done intentionally here. The whole thing has been stoked to I take agree. out a generation of people who could be productive citizens, who could potentially see through the narrative, and who could potentially stand up to what was going on but instead they're passed out shitting on the street in san francisco i do want to point out that i don't think passing a bill is going to solve this problem i don't think that getting the government involved is going to solve this problem you the what people don't seem to understand is that when you're asking the government to get involved the government has such compartmentalization about this sort of thing the left hand does not know what the right hand is doing and they do it that way on purpose so you can have you can have people available that would be oh well this person's going to help solve this problem they don't have the, all of the information and it's designed that way on purpose they don't know where all this stuff is coming from and i don't think that passing a bill is going to fix this fentanyl problem. Passing a bill isn't going to pa- fix the the cocaine the crack cocaine problem. It's not going to fix the methamphetamine problem. Do you know what is going to fix the problem? Education. Identifying the 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 consequences of using these drugs and doing like a mass education program with people and letting them know this is what happens when you take these drugs. This is what's happening to your body. 
and give them the 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 information of you know this is this is what's going to happen and i think that people are more willing to take care of their own health if they have the information available and i think that's been this problem this whole time people don't know and so you take the mystery out of it don't don't you let know, it be this go ahead i i was talking to a guy at the bar tonight and he's a guy who likes to snort the, you know, the booger sugar, mm-hmm. you know, it's always snowing for him on the weekend, even in July, you know? Uh, <laughs> and I asked him tonight, I said, do you test your shit for fentanyl? He's like, no, but I'm never the first one to try it. I'm like, okay, well, that's something, but that's fucking Godfather shit right there. <laughs> Richie, try my cocaine. Well, actually, the Godfather opposed to um, getting into the drug business. So, <laughs> well, fair, but <laughs> but this... I mean, supposedly this shit, this shit's everywhere. You know, like yeah. I, I basically tried to tell him, I was like, just be careful, man. Like, I don't. I don't do cocaine. I smoke weed. I smoke cigarettes and I drink beer. You know, I keep it simple. I'm not saying saying tell people what to do. I'm saying provide them the information. Hey, man, you want to go do that drug? Look, these are all the risks involved in doing that. And I just want you to know that Uh, somebody may be out to get you or or somebody may just be lazy or they may have mixed up an order and they gave you the wrong shit. And the other thing, too, is that. you know, you cannot, and a friend of mine told me this and it has stuck with me ever since. She said, you cannot legislate morality. You can't tell people this is wrong. This is banned because I don't, we don't agree with it. It's like, no, you tell them these are the risks involved in doing what you're doing and let them pro, make their decision. Pro, prohibition doesn't work. Never prohibition has, does never, not work. It has never, never worked. Has, never will. You know, they want to say, Here's oh, we the... need to ban fentanyl. Well, it, you know, it's worked so well for crack cocaine. You know, we might as well, right? I mean, how many? And and you know, it, granted, they made alcohol legal. I mean, they they re reversed the um, the Prohibition Act, and I mean, we still have people dying in drunk driving accidents. But you know, it all comes down to that personal responsibility. Each and every one of us is responsible for what we do and what we ingest and what we we put in our bodies. That's our responsibility. And yes, there are consequences to those, to, to those actions. And sometimes the consequences is that somebody dies and you're the one who has to live with that responsibility, whatever the consequences of that may be. And I think just telling, just making sure everybody knows, Hey man, this is what's going to happen if you do this and let them make their own decisions. Cause that is informed consent. There are, fentanyl testing kits you can purchase by the way if you're into that shit you can test your own stuff it's not yeah yeah very difficult i think it's important to remember that we tried one time to explain to people the consequences of doing drugs and what it did was it exposed like an entire generation of people to how cool drugs could be yeah that was intentional there yeah they're they're also the people that are now dying of fentanyl overdose because I think and at that's the time, their choice. And that's what I think people don't understand is like, yeah, well, you're going to have these it's not, people that it's not that they're to choosing to die of fentanyl. Like that dude wants to do cocaine because he wants to party. Right. But some other fucking guy is he's like, choosing oh. to take on. He's choosing to take on the, the possibility that his cocaine is laced with fentanyl. 
Right, which is I sort mean, of it, like it's, that it's because you can't trust a drug dealer to do the right thing. Well, which, he, is, which is the real problem is that he, you're trying he, to tell drug users something that should be on the drug dealers, and like they don't give a shit about you. Like they don't care. They're gonna put fentanyl in there because they don't fucking care. Like right. Yeah. He he told me that he has test strips. Yeah, that's the smart or, thing. I mean, and but, I don't do drugs, but he, but he doesn't. But he doesn't use them much. You know, I don't even <laughs> smoke weed, and I live in Colorado. Like it's never been yeah. my thing. Yeah. Well, but before we we move on too much, I did want to get back to what Stella was talking about because I am curious about the what they're saying about what's happening there, and I think it could be interesting to discuss that. And then if she keeps an eye on that, where does that go? Does it because That's are they point. trying to do the same thing in Australia that they're doing here, which is destroy the cities, the major cities one by one? Let's benchmark it, yeah. But here's here's my take on this, by the way, and nobody asked for it, but here it is. We all know that the crack crack was like a controlled op, right? Like that was like, hey, let's infiltrate these communities and fuck them up. And then the thing with crack is like you're not necessarily dying. Like you're gonna keep going back and buying crack, and they're obviously money laundering a shit ton of money from from the operation. What happened, I think, is that the DEA has solely existed up until this point to like be a name that didn't have a job or a face it was like okay you can you can lock somebody up for 40 years for like a fucking ounce of weed but like any real crime is gonna get like it's gonna go undetected so we can keep making this fucking money but right now the actual problem is not a controlled op it's like an out of control op and so they don't know what the fuck to do because they've never actually had to like work on a drug busting uh like thing before they're only used to like hitting like fucking lower class and middle class neighborhoods where the fucking drug dealers, the guy with the Hellcat sitting in the fucking trailer park. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that's the guy. But now it's like, you've got cartels and like all these people that are like in a huge networks distributing this shit. And actually, I think we talked about the story on the WTF before that lady in California, she was like a, she was like the police union executive, whatever bullshit. And she was caught smuggling like tons of fucking of fentanyl because the cops would arrest people. And then, uh, like, confiscate it and then she would just go and fucking ship it off to other people while they weren't they they i mean they have no accountability so whatever i think the problem now is that it's so there's so much money in it and that money isn't going to like the cia it's going to like shitty people who are individually profiting a lot of money by distributing this substance who have no morality whatsoever they don't care who's dying you know what i mean like Oh, I think I, the CIA is definitely profiting, but I think it's so much profit that they're actually sharing it with these these corrupt individuals too. So I think you know just to keep them to keep them beholden to them. But um, but yeah, I definitely that's also something else that I think people should be aware of too is like when you engage in illicit drug use, is you are perpetuating a system of um, of drug control over the American people. You're, you're helping fund this system, just like with um, the pharmaceutical industry. Every time you go to your doctor and you get a prescription from your doctor, you are helping keep that system alive. And and I just I, that's why I got out of it. So I couldn't be a part of it. But educating people on what what all of this stuff actually means, not just, yeah, I want to go have drugs and have a good time. That's that's one thing. But you are also helping a system to continue to flourish by doing so i'm I'd not like trying to, to be I'd judgmental like to yeah sorry do your thing i'd just like to raise a couple of awkward points along those lines 
I don't see it any different to somebody who has a Netflix subscription or somebody who goes to McDonald's. I, I don't see any difference, really, because these are all industries that are, I mean, Netflix is our brainwasher. We're paying them for it. Well, some people are. Um, the poisonous junk food industry is killing us. We know that, yet we still go and support it. So really, what's the difference? I think the immediate One is legal that... and one is not. <laughs> That's the difference. Well, legal, legal according to the authorities right. of Correct. The, the corrupt system. Correct. Mm. Like McDonald's might take 20 years to kill you, but fentanyl will kill you today. I think that's if, if you're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not from what I understand. It's not a, it's not a fun death, like a, like a nice, like morphine overdose where you can chill. This one's more of like a, like a shock and awe fucking you're dead quickly thing. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just not, making a point. I know, um, I, I, but I'm not trying to be judgmental here, but you're also saying like, we should conflate people that are going to listen to your education with people that want to do fucking hard drugs. And those are very generally the opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> like in my experience, my shitty, like my friends in low places do not care. They're like, fucking bring on the drugs, bro. They don't care about any of the ramifications of the actual drug itself, let alone should that thing be laced with fentanyl and they're going to die. Like the, the point of doing hard drugs, I think is to get the rush. And I think the added danger is honestly not a turnoff for them. Well, and that also goes to uh, uh, another point that there are some people you're not going to be able to help. And I've, I've, I've learned, I've picked up on that working in, in, as a nurse in a doctor's office. There are some people that are just not going to be able to live outside of the current medical establishment. They're not going to be able to live without their blood pressure medication and their heart pills and and, and things like that, because their conditions are so deteriorated that they are dependent on those medications to live, even though those medications have significant side effects, potential side effects and adverse reactions. Um, I, I realize there is a significant number of people that cannot be helped, that will not be helped, either because they don't want it or because they are to the point now where if they stopped doing all of that stuff and did try to switch over to natural remedies, they would die. And I get that. It is a, it is a complicated thing that is not easily solved. My, my position as far as educating is to get to people before it becomes a problem, is to educate the ones that can be, and is to let them know the ones that, that are not doing drugs especially like the high schoolers and the middle schoolers, letting them know, hey, this is what's actually going on. You know, this, this, this is the consequences of this. These are the, this is the, the system that you're helping prop up with continuing to use these drugs or even starting to use these drugs. Um, and granted, there may be some current drug users that might, you know, pick up on it and, you know, the seed can be planted in some people. But there are some that are not going to be helped, and they're going to do drugs every day till the day they die, and I, that's just that's just the fact of life. I think it's hey, uh, uh, before we move on, can Stella talk about what the stats she found about mm. what's going yeah, on with Australia? Great. Oh, I didn't really find any stats. I mean, I pretty much said it. We're just at, we're just at the um, the bit where they're telling us that this is going to be a problem fairly soon, and we need to get onto it. But at the same time, they're also saying 
We currently have a large number of deaths from prescription pain medicines alongside a growing. <laughs> oh, you're at the American yeah. 2000s. You guys had a crack <laughs> epidemic and now you're moving on to the fucking sacro that's, family that's medicine. Yeah. What I was yeah. going to say, that's bro. exactly how it started here. Yep. Yep. That was exactly 15, it, 20 years behind. Well, yeah. And that's the other thing I would encourage you to remember there, like, like uh, Fido, like it, it, it's, it's like you can blame the people. And I understand that like a hundred percent. I understand that. But you also have to remember that there was an engineered like scheme to get people addicted to opioids in this country. That ha- that went ha- it happened for twenty ish years. It's still technically happening happening today, where they were paying doctors to write prescriptions willy nilly, like fucking for no reason. You'd be like, "Oh, doc, oh, yeah. I fucking I pissed yellow." He'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, that's probably bad. Here's your here's your fucking opiates, dude. These are oxycontin." Oh yeah. Like, oh, I'm very much aware of that. That yeah, is so going we, on. All that monkey business that is system, going on. Yeah, you have yeah. that system in place. Then they lose their fucking jobs or whatever because they're high as shit. And like their next fix can only come from like heroin or like you know morphine, whatever, on the street. And now that is just going to be fentanyl. And so it's it's like you you can't conflate like people that are addicted to fucking opiates with being very intelligent anymore anyways because they're fucking are high as shit you know what i mean like well uh and 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 really you know it's like my grandmother my grandmother in the 90s got she had a knee surgery and afterwards she thought she needed her pain medication and my grandmother was addicted to hydrocodone this you know 60 70 year old pentecostal lady was addicted to hydrocodone and she would not admit it. She's like, I'm not a drug addict. I, I don't, I don't live on the street. I'm not homeless. And she had this idea in her head, right? The doctor said it was okay for her to take it. And she's taking it exactly like the doctor said she could take it. And so there's no way that she could possibly be a drug addict. And people have this mental image in their head of what a drug addict looks like. And it's not always the the case get sometimes it is sometimes they do have their teeth falling out of their head and their eyes sunken in but sometimes they don't sometimes they look like normal people yeah and um, look look, i've 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 been watching this guy uh tyler oliveria olivera i don't know how you say it um his videos he he goes out and he interviews people this is not a it's not a matter of intelligence yeah it's a matter of desperation. It's a matter of circumstance. Lack of solutions. Yeah, it's a matter of um, depression. Yeah. Depression. And there's, um, a certain, there's a certain genetic component to addiction that we could know. be could be some some of that. But at the same time, I I think this is being done. Like I think this is part of the depop agenda. This is um, they want they want people to self-destruct. Let me let me play some of this and then we can carry on. A little bit about your story and how you ended up here. Okay, my story is way different and I'm telepathic. Okay. And please don't think I'm crazy because I'm not crazy. No, I'm... Your telepathic abilities. Do you have telepathic abilities? Do you uh, hear other people's voices in your head? Uh, you in the bathroom and kind of hear maybe somebody talking about you or talk, you know? No, no, I've actually never experienced that. No, like uh, it's not it's not visual or hearing audio. It's inside your brain. I can hear my own voice in my head. My oh. voice it sounds like my boyfriend's voice, and and but I can also hear other people. And I've gone up to them and I'm like, you know, you don't have to tell me, but did you say this and did you say that? And they just look at me. I actually came from Texas. Okay, where in I Texas? I moved from Illinois actually. 
we left the island and came back. And ever since then, I've been homeless. And that's when I started smoking meth. I never smoked okay. meth before until I was 48. And I started having back problems, and I got addicted to pain pills and fentanyl. Fentanyl was a patch that I wore. So I was prescribed by a doctor. Never did it illegally. Have you noticed that more people are out of state and from the mainland they than send them over here and they told them that they had housing and a job over here and why these people didn't call i don't know but they actually even bought their airline ticket they flew them over here the city bought tickets for yes, these people to live here homeless they, bought, they told them that they have to have housing and jobs and bought them tickets over here when they got over here there's no such company and now they're just homeless on the streets the streets nowhere to go trying to get back things are so bad have you noticed there's nobody out Go to Chinatown. Yeah. There's nobody. Things are bad. And yeah. it's going to get a lot worse. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you. I mean, I know she'll deny it, but clearly there's some, some schizophrenia, right? A lot of mental health issues. At a point of clarity, she's like, people are being sent here. One-way plane tickets. Homeless people are being stranded in Hawaii. What's up? Pausing. Uh, we can come back to this, but yeah, just because this bitch is crazy, she's not the only one who says that people are being bought one-way tickets to Hawaii. Homeless folk. Interesting. Where do you think that's going to go? A mass eradication somehow? Fucking one good tsunami. Or a dew. Yeah, I think it ties in with, um, because we've got some, I would be curious what Tim's take on this is because he, uh, we're chatting with him over on Rumble and he lives in Hawaii. But I think that there was a lot of question on how authentic the fire that happened in Lahaina was. And we know that they've gotten, you know, like land reclaiming, right? Property rights are under attack. So you've got that going on. And then you have these American cities that are being deliberately destroyed to probably make them a smart city, right? A 15 minute slave city. So maybe it's, to try to run people out of Hawaii, you know, to make it very in, inhospitable to live there because then you have a like whole population of, other, of the you have a whole population of other people like the, the subhumans, the, the homeless, right there. It's just a, it's just a whole bunch of homeless people living on the street and there's nobody else. So yeah, it's, yeah, let's just clear the whole place out. I think it's also important to remember that, the people that love homeless people and want to take care of them are also the absolute worst at taking care of them. And so you have this problem where they're like, yeah, we accept all like migrants and homeless people and whatever. And then you show up and of course the system is overrun because they don't actually understand the scope of the issue they claim to care about. This is a big problem in American liberalism. Um, for example, I think 16 buses of immigrants just showed up in like downtown Denver like two weeks ago. Uh, like a hundred and I'm trying to remember how many it's like a hundred and like sixty eight people or something uh, that that are from like Honduras and Guatemala and like you know the South America and uh, yeah they showed up with uh, no idea what was what was going on they were just told like hey is it gonna be good shit here and Denver was just like our homeless shelters are already at capacity and there's still more of you we have no idea what to do of course now it's negative five here so they declared a state of emergency and all every single shelter just had to open their doors regardless and you know like bro, they're just bro. terrible at doing what they claim to love to do this this is happening everywhere this is happening fucking everywhere in the states right now i you know guys Hello. like part of my part of my struggle in preparing for this weekend 
was that like there is so much going on. Like I said, it seemed like between Christmas and New Year's, nothing happened. We had like a week of no news and then all of these big conversations and all of these big problems just start bubbling up. And, you know, maybe it's just me and how I consume this information. But like, like I said, I've been I've been watching this guy, Tyler Oliveira's uh, shit. He's he's getting into the inner city. He's talking to the homeless. He's talking to the addicts. He's getting a firsthand kind of take on things. And when it comes to any of it, like, I think it's all like Hawaii. I I want to really focus on Hawaii because I think it's like a microcosm. Islands always are, you know, they're always like ahead of the curve. It's a little easier to see a problem arise when there's less population that it has to like distribute. Its well, and there's there's sense. geographic isolation. Yeah, yeah. petri dish. I, yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I did have a one of my one of my fucking best homies I ever met. He's he he's gone now. Uh, rest in peace. But he he told me like he one time for I don't know five years or so he he purposely went to Hawaii like homeless. He he sold everything whatever he had to for a ticket to Hawaii. And he fucking he just lived there homeless on the beaches for a while. And he said it was like the greatest fucking time of his life because Hawaii is like warm. You don't it doesn't get cold at night. So like you can live on the street and not die. Um, so so that I think that was a temporary that was the case, but it's not the case no more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. fair. Let me let me let me play I just go ahead. Um, yeah, go I ahead. just was having a thought. That's all. Um. So we've got all this mass immigration because it's happening all over the world. It's not just America. Right. Um, so there's, there's this mass immigration um, of, well, primarily they are people from very hot countries, aren't they? You've got like, you know, the sort of more tropical countries, let's say. Anyway, they're not really used to snow and stuff. So I'm just thinking the timing is pretty, oh, I don't know, it's a bit sus, isn't it? Like all this immigration happens over the last, you know, couple of years particularly like it's really ramped up with all the soros buses bringing them into the border etc yeah well um, there's, and then there's, yeah, and then yeah. you get this massive huge freeze like this heavy heavy winter come over i mean is that connected maybe because they this, do want to eliminate people i mean just because i brought it up tonight like this freeze is not out of the norm yeah you know if anything happens. we are we're late for a hard freeze. For sure. I thought it was coming and, down a lot further south than it normally does. So that was my nah. understanding that it's actually area. it's supposed to be further south because of the La Nina year, I believe. But this Hell freeze yeah. is actually very yeah. senior, similar to the one that we got last year, where I believe Mike and I were in basically the same storm. There was a there was a blizzard that came over the Rockies, and it coated us. And then like a day later, he was telling me about how fucking how like frozen they got too. It's the the weather systems here are oddly related because because of the way that the fucking like jet stream works and the mountains or whatever um so it gets cold like that here frequently like uh but i I understand what you're saying that sending people here in december is the worst possible thing you could do get here in june you're gonna be all right you know what i mean these these are people with their kids and stuff though you know what i mean so even though like i don't think i don't think you should probably come here 
maybe maybe that's not the best idea but also you're sending people here with their kids and it's fucking negative 10 now like I'm, I'm glad they opened the shelters i don't want no kids to die you know what i mean like that's nobody wants kids to die yeah some people are just sending their kids just alone so um yeah i mean i don't know it was just a it just seemed like a slightly strange kind of timing with all that you know and this little power business that's going on i mean this have you got blackouts at the moment is much of your country in blackout at all? Not yet. Uh, they, no, I, I think there's some reports, some t like occasionally in heavy snow and stuff. Like I think on the western slope here, there's been a couple of places that are without power. But, yeah, okay, but you haven't like like massive power outages or anything. No, we don't. We don't tend to get those very often down in Texas for sure. Yeah, because they don't yeah. winterize anything. That's another. Yeah, that's another thing. Like a yeah, lot of right. power plants are going to run into problems because they keep kicking the can down the road. In my former job instead of people uh <laughs> doing i remember things this. they might just have like a, an emergency trailer so if if stuff it freezes up they can just connect a couple of fire hoses and keep making water and keep making power yeah we talked about your old job and your old profession and and how like in the power industry and stuff like that i, I feel like that was probably cut out from the episode we did but i think it was our precursor we talked about it a little bit or something yeah, I just um, one of our friends who lives in um, Wisconsin. Yeah, he was saying he hadn't seen so much snow for quite a long time. So I, that sort of partly gave me the impression that it was a lot worse. Well, we usual. we've been overdue for a truly bad winter. I mean, I granted I have been traveling some, but we haven't had like a awful winter probably since I was in high school, and that's yeah going yeah. on probably ten years. I mean, 20, we, we get 20, 2013 was the last yep. real cold winter in the Midwest. Yep. Oh, and, dude, I had I had two weeks of uh, of like ten degrees or lower here, like last year. <laughs> well, Texas had a really bad cold snap back in twenty twenty one, back in January yeah, twenty twenty one, when all the 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 power outages happened in Central Texas. Um, yeah, but we get we get a pretty pretty cool winter. We get a pretty cold winter about every four to five years and it's usually the winter following a year that we get a hurricane that makes landfall like yeah. where i'm at and and a friend of mine had mentioned it like a few years back and i have and, and i can't unsee it now she says every year that we get a hurricane that comes up through the gulf and hits our area of texas east texas that following winter we have a really cold winter and we actually get ice and snow and it's every four to five years. And the last one we had was about four years ago, fixing to be five. So we are overdue for a hurricane and we are overdue for a really horrible winter. So it's well, probably going to happen. If we get a hurricane, it's probably going to happen this next, this summer, this next summer. If I, if I may, I want, I want to illustrate, I guess I'm, I'm putting this together on the fly, but I have clips from homeless camps in Alaska and in Hawaii. And it's kind of interesting to compare. So let me uh, let me just start with uh, Alaska here. This is a place where they they basically kicked all the home homeless folk out right before it got cold. This is only a couple months old, actually. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, two months ago. Here it looks like everyone was swept. So Did they all, sweep all you guys yesterday? Would you Jeez, okay. They're actively sweeping it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So look right there. 
They just swept it. Whoa, whoa. This is pretty intense, man. I know they're coming in full force here. They're sweeping your place right now? Uh, I'm moving all oh, you're moving it right now. Okay, good luck. Looks like the few people that are still here are trying to move their tents in real time. Is it coming as a surprise to these people, or is this you guys kind of give them full notice? They've been noticed. They were getting written notice that day. I think there's a guy in there, though. So she's out of the tent now. Cop just talked her out. That tent's going to be gone before we know it. Is your place get swept today? Yeah. Did they give you guys notice? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. She got banned from the hotel? Yeah, years ago, so I can't even go to the hotel. And this is your home right here? Yeah. Did you think they wouldn't do it? I had no idea they were going to do this. Look, look, look. Jesus Christ. That's someone's home, gone. Whoa, whoa, this guy almost got ran over just now. This is pretty surreal. I have right? no doubt they've been given notice. I'm yeah. just saying that where they offered the right service. I see. The question is where else do they go, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course they were given a notice. Legally speaking, they have to. But what else do they offer? How much time do they give you guys notice-wise? The few people who had a tent now had nothing and nowhere to go only a few weeks before the deadly cold winter. What's your plan after this? Uh, Go build somewhere else. Yeah, just repeat that. Yes, I figured out. You figured out? Because the uh, snow is going to be here soon. Yeah. Did they give you an option to sleep anywhere else? No? Nope. What's your plan now? Hit the next spot, see how long they want to follow us. Yeah, she's been brought out of her tent. When they swept you, did they offer you a place to stay afterwards? No? Okay. And that tent is gone. Imagine that being your tent and winter is coming. You just lost your place out there? Yes. How much uh, notice did they give you? 10 days. 10 days. Did you have any other options to sleep anywhere else? No, I've been there for like two and a half years. What's your plan now? I don't know. Most of my stuff just got stolen about an hour ago, so. People are out there looting? Yeah, my good sleeping bags, my boots, and stuff like that. What about in a month or two? Will it get much colder? We get a lot colder. What's your plan then? Dig the deepest hole? Okay, so you're going to go full on primitive survival out there. Yeah. That sounds pretty intense. Granted, I'm sure they got some form of notice, but in absence of an alternative and somewhere to stay, this seems pretty militant. A lot of the people that were still in here had denied shelter. They denied shelter? They did not want shelter at the time. Okay. So there is shelter and there is availability? As far as I last knew, yeah. I always have to question how many times they offered and did they make a really genuine effort? Or was it a BS offer, uh, meaning something on a piece of paper and said, call this number? It's the largest camp in Alaska. Where do they expect everyone to go? I have no idea right now. So now what are your options? I don't have any options. Get up a tarp and sleep under that, I guess. But it's so cold out here. They don't care. Nightly. People that freeze to death. Yeah. Were you two offered services before they did this? Uh, yeah, they said that they'd get us a hotel room, whatnot, but they, they said they didn't have any room for us. So we're not drug so addicts for nothing. We tried. But... So you're not drug addicts? No. Yeah, I work. Yeah, and that was our whole, that's all we had. And it's cold. None of us got jackets. Where, where will you guys go this winter? Somewhere in the corner of the woods somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, basically, we, we haven't been given very much options. Yeah. It's how yeah. cold at night. You just got our hopes up for nothing. Yeah. Is puppy scared too? You're shivering. I understand the city's wanting to, to not have the homeless in their community, but you don't solve it by pushing it out. I want my parks back. I want my sidewalks back. But you actually have to help them first. Yeah. This is just pushing the problem into the next neighborhood, the next street, the next state. Yeah. This is no way to do it. They're going to be in blankets tonight, curled up, hoping to God not to freeze.
Okay. You know, I, um, it's, this is a topic we hit on a lot and I hope we're not repetitive, but I was out in Oregon, uh, two winters ago. And I actually interviewed a couple folks. We went out and we talked to some homeless people that were living in like the national forest. And, um, I, I can't help but sympathize and also realize that like a lot of times when people in these circumstances are offered help, part of the stipulation is that they have to be clean. They have to be off whatever drug you cannot live in the shelter and, uh, shoot up. But I've, you know, I've talked to some of these folks and like they're human, you know, and the fact that this is outside of Anchorage, they're just like bulldozing what little shelter these poor folks have right, right before winter without, Heartless, any, isn't it? without any plan, no hmm. plan. Yeah. Just, just, just a, sorry. I'll just quickly say we've just had an almost identical thing happen here. In fact, I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before I was watching the little quick story of Sky News um, talking exactly the same. People just being like um, people just, you know, authorities coming and just grabbing tents and putting them in trucks and just nicking off and not like these people were given minimal notice, really minimal notice. They weren't allowed to go and get their stuff. Nothing. It's just heartless. But, of course, we don't have to contend with the horrible cold. But still. (laughs) I think it's important to recognize also, it's not just, like, drugs. And and so I understand the reason also. But, like, people that drink also, if you you have – you can't be drinking in the the shelter, which, again, makes sense. But at the same time, one of the, like, three drugs that can kill you based on withdrawal is, you know, alcohol. And it's like at a, at a certain point, you're going to have to contend with the fact that you're excluding a huge majority of, of the homeless population and saying, hey, you can't come in here because you can't drink. If they don't drink for like three days, they're going to die. They're going to die in your shelter. Right. Which is the which is what they're worried about with letting people do things in the shelter is like there's liability to be had and it's all legal and it's like numbers and bullshit. Also, some of it has to do with the like religious institutions in charge of the shelters. But like. People can die from not drinking alcohol if they've been drinking a lot of alcohol. Like, that's a real thing. Yeah, well, it's just clear that they absolutely just don't care about these people. I mean, that's no great revelation. But in practice, it shows that they don't care because, you know, I mean, America and all the countries are giving billions of dollars to Ukraine and Israel and wherever. And, uh, I mean, those things that could be easily fixed, you could have the homeless place or the, you know, the shelters where, you can't go there when you're a drug drug addict and you can't go there when you're drinking. But then you've got the other halfway houses where you can go there when you really want to get off, you know, whatever they called rehab, I suppose. But they usually cost a fortune. I don't know whether there's any free facilities over there. But um, I know, yeah, they're, they're like really ridiculously expensive, those places. Um, so if they really wanted to help them, they could. <laughs> it's the point. We have like rehabs and stuff for, for like poor people, but they're not. They're not. Good. If you're like Demi Lovato rich and you're going to rehab, you're going to be taking. It's basically a vacation. But if you're like a homeless guy on the street, you're 
you're going to be basically in jail. Like it's basically minimum security prison. That's your rehab. Right. And yeah, it's yeah. not great. It's not, con- yeah. it's not conducive to a healing environment. There's been, there's actually a ton to be said about mm-hmm. the way that America has always treated drug rehabilitation as like a secondary to punishing somebody for using drugs, which is also influential in our, in our, in our views towards, uh, drug users, which is sort of why we have this fentanyl problem in the first place. Uh, Because it's like, oh, well, this guy fucking did the drug. He deserves to die. Whereas, like, every other country is basically like, yeah, you want rehab, bro? Here you go. (laughs) Just quickly quickly while we're there on that point of um, very rich people, you know, famous people going to rehab, you'll probably find that most – they're not actually going to rehab. They're going to have their MKUltra programming rebooted. (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, you got a point you know it's i don't know there's so much to this like it's um i don't know i just don't see it being by accident by any means um i don't even know which way to go you know like oh i'm with you i'm with you mike i don't think any of it's by accident not at all here let me let me play some of this and uh god damn we're gonna we're gonna take it in a, another direction uh after this but similar but different anywho here you go wars got out of plane where are you originally from illinois and you've been here for 10 years but yeah have you ever tried to get out of here it's not so easy uh no identification that's the biggest problem did you have your id stolen from you yeah, yeah. do local hawaiians that are homeless out here get mad at guys like you from out of state you do realize they hate white people, right? Can you yeah, explain yeah. that a yeah. little bit? Man, they had to have somebody to blame, so they blame white people. Sure. You know, uh, have you experienced any of that out here? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's more than you could ever imagine. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And are you seeing an inflow of homeless that come from other states that come to Hawaii either on a one-way plane ticket or, like you, just sort of chose a different de- destination and got stranded? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I you do see a lot coming from, from the mainland, but... Uh, they all got they all got different reasons, you know. Different, uh, mm-hmm. you know. You expect the weather's gonna be nice, and, and you know, you expect people are gonna be nice and whatnot. And they think things are gonna go well. Do this. We've heard a lot of people often get swept or moved. Oh, yeah. Is that common? Oh yeah, every every day, every week, you know. Well, housing. Where are you from originally? Originally, I'm from Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. And how did you get here? Oh God, it's a long story, but um, I was actually married for a very long time. Uh, my husband asked me where I would live if I wanted to live anywhere, and I said Hawaii. Okay. And what started off to be a dream turned into a nightmare. Basically, we've been struggling since before the pandemic. I left Kauai hoping to look at the market in Maui. I, I left on the 7th and ended up in the fires. He burnt my purse. Like, oh, wow. so you came from Maui, and then you got on a ticket to came here? Yeah, I, I came from Maui to here. Oh, my and, God. Um, I looked down, my purse was on fire, and I was like... So you were in the middle of the flames. I was. That's I was, very I was scary, running. I imagine. It was very scary. I don't know where I'm at. I'm lost, and people aren't very nice anymore. It's not That's like... That's what we've noticed, too. There's yeah. not the aloha we saw in Maui. No, it's not. Um, it, it's, it's very... Um, it's not like, you know, you're going to help Grandma across the street with her groceries anymore. Now you're going to beat her down, and you're going to take them from her. Sure. So. What happened to the community out here? I don't know. People are very inhumane, and they're very cold, and they're not empathetic or they're not even caring to put themselves in someone else's shoes. I spent last night on the sidewalk out in front of housing because I told them I'm going to be there every night until I get this done. And I got it done today. 
Congrats. No, that's that's amazing, right? What happens to someone not as persistent as you? You just end up on the streets the rest of your life out here, you think? Yeah. You end up a statistic. I've been to the hospital several times this week, wanting to take my own life, wanting to end it because I just, I'm very close. Get in tomorrow, and this is as far as I push right now. I I don't have dog food for her. I don't know where I'm going, and um, I'm sad. Even though I feel like I've accomplished something, I'm so sad. What if we checked you into a local motel tonight? I would be like in heaven. Let's do it. We make that happen. Really? Yeah. That means your homelessness ends right now. Yeah. Because you're going to a shelter tomorrow. This is. I think this brings a lot of hope. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Okay. You know, guys, I just like this story. I'm sorry. Um, I I'm afraid that this is a um, an issue that's happening everywhere all at once, uh, especially in the states. But obviously, like, I don't know. The states are just getting a taste of what's been going on in the third world like forever and uh i'm afraid that like too many of us are only a couple of paychecks away from being homeless ourselves so we would be foolish to to write off these folks entirely right there's a difference between the, the the person that overdoses multiple times a day and keeps getting revived and keeps being given help versus the person who's down on their luck and is trying their hardest and, you know, just can't get ahead. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. Again, I'm not trying to make a grand point here. I'm just trying to point out that shit's whack right now for a lot of folks. Well, I think the mentally ill are going to be very much in the crosshairs um, that we've been building up to that. And over the last few years, I've said this before and I'll say it again, um, in Australia and I believe over there as well, that a lot of the mental health industries were, well, they basically defunded here, Um, like not entirely, but certainly cutting. Um, So I think that was sort of setting, setting up, you know, for a fall in a way, because (laughs) let's face it, it it takes a bit of strength to get through what we've all just been through. I mean, it's, you know, it's a credit to all of us. We've got to sort of remember that too. This has been extraordinarily traumatic. <laughs> None of us saw it coming. None of us would have expected to ever go through this madness in any lifetime, you know, or in, in any country. But the clown show that we've been presented with is just, um, you know, that's what they want. They want to tip us over the edge so that then, because the mentally ill will be, will be rounded up at some point if you only have to look at history um so yeah i think um that's it's very contrived it has well, been think, set up i think i think that's why it keeps on coming right like it's why they don't want us to have a secure border you know i'm 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 shifting gears but like i i found this video apparently in the last day or two um the texas national guard oh yeah is starting to secure the border and supposedly god none of it makes any fucking sense but supposedly the joe biden regime is trying to sue texas for what they're doing on the border so let me play this it's only 30 seconds um (laughs) 
I guess there's not really I thought there might be words, but um shit. Yeah, not very informative. My bad. But this is this is the Texas National Guard basically finally shutting down. I believe this is Eagle Pass. They're they're stretching out razor wire and they're using um plastic shields to literally stop people, which Kind of like, well, you know, fucking about time. Yeah, it's taken a while to get to this point, hasn't it? Um, so how, yeah. I think, it, how wide was it? Two, two and a half miles or something. What's to stop these people just sort of going around it? Is that, is there well, something to stop? convenience. Convenience. No, so a lot of these, a lot of these folks have hired people to drop them off as close to the border as possible let them walk a short distance, cross the border conveniently, end up on the other side, and they have arrangements. You know, it's not it's not like it was 10 or 20 years ago where it was desperate Mexicans trying to cross the border to get jobs picking strawberries. Now it's literally dozens of different nationalities paying for convenient crossing and until until the texas national guard stepped up this week they were basically be you know being greeted on this side of the border if i'm not mistaken the 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 Mm. border patrol was like oh you made it congratulations here's a bus ticket yeah i saw um footage of um, apparently George Soros was behind this, the funding of these buses. This is going back a little while now, year and a half maybe, I guess. Uh, it was footage of, you know, like the the footage that was being presented on mainstream media, I guess, um, was, you know, lots and lots of people with, you know, children in strollers and, you know, exhausted people walking. And then <laughs> somebody else exposed them, like they showed all the behind the scenes of that. And it was like these people were just in buses being bussed along and then it would be like they'd stop at a location. They go, okay, everyone out. And they all, you know, did had to form like a human caravan along the road so they could get all of all the shots. But, you know, like you look a bit hard, look a little bit harder. They've all got phones. They've all got nice new backpacks. They've all got nice new shoes, stuff like that. <laughs> and there's all these buses carrying them. So it's just one great big play. It really is. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not the same as it once was. Even, you know, and it wasn't the same back then either. Like the crack cocaine epidemic was not organic. Fentanyl is not fucking organic. And this loose border, this open border is what's allowing the fentanyl you know that's and the children trafficking as well. and the trafficking that's the main thing really yeah these children are drugged they are drugged and um you know people go along at night and they see all these children just you know sitting with these people who just you can tell they're not their parents or anything or you know they're just these guardians oh they've just been sent i'm looking after them i'm their uncle or whatever and all these kids are drugged because they're opening their eyes and you know doing the torch test and everything, they're, they're not their pupils aren't responding the way they should be. It's terrible. Remember one of the first WTF episodes we did 
or that I remember doing was uh, we talked about the fucking uh, uh, Martha's Vineyard, like the, all those all those people yeah. getting flown out to Martha's Vineyard, and like yeah. I think w- part of the problem, especially in this country, the, there's people that live with this every day, and they also happen to be in the like conservative South, so it's seen as like a conservative value that they don't want people like basically breaking into their neighborhoods and like fucking stealing from them and shit. But then when they get sent to a place that's not considered so conservative, it's like, Oh, huh, this sucks. And like, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of what I was getting on earlier when it was like these big blue cities are shipping people to like Hawaii and Alaska. I don't know that it has much to do with like necessarily they're uh nefarious i think it's like they're literally so ignorant they don't know how to deal with a problem that they're claiming that they want to solve um but yeah i was just i was just adding that in because like obviously yeah they're not putting in good players especially now like the the mexican border crisis thing was fine we've had booming fucking farms dude everybody was everybody was benefiting from that but now like he was saying and like i actually said earlier the people that came here in those fucking 16 buses are from vastly different places in the south american continent and none of them are here for the purpose of like finding a job or whatever they came here intentionally like you know well i think i think there's something to the idea that like it's not such an organized thing it's more just chaotic where um a lot of people are virtue signaling saying oh we we want to help these people but then they don't have a real plan and they don't know how to help these people, but these people come hoping to get some help. You know, it's just, it's a horrible thing. And it's, I don't know, man. It's like, we gotta, we gotta just basically have, have a standard of saying, if you're not willing to fucking like work your ass off and get it done yourself, like you're on your own, motherfucker. If you're coming here, you're on your motherfucking own. Don't expect no help. Otherwise, this problem persists. If it wasn't contrived, they wouldn't be putting them up in nice hotels and giving them gift cards and giving them insurance and all that kind of thing. It's it's completely contrived. And uh, the other thing I was... Sorry. You're good. I I didn't mean to interrupt you. I would just say we have a visa program like every other fucking country on the planet that you're welcome to apply to. And by the way, it's not like we're fucking gatekeeping visas here. I mean, to some degree, if you're from like, you know, one of the 9-11 countries, you might not get in. But like if you're, you know, apply, dude, you'll get in. Basically, it's not that hard to like the naturalization process takes about 10 years, but you could come here legally and work. Not it's not that difficult. I have plenty of friends that did it, like from Mexico, and and you know, and like uh, I think my boy Oscar's from like El Salvador or some shit that's like super fucked up. But like, it's not a it's not the most insanely hard process. It's not it's not very difficult at all, really. Uh, sorry. <laughs> mm. And I was going to say, the other thing that I wanted to chime in was that I think that uh, there's a lot of elements here. Yes, you do have the the traditional. Uh, immigration, which was people coming here from Mexico because they wanted to be able to make more money, send money back home to families. This is definitely a totally different situation. And yes, to all the points that have been made, like these people have new shoes, new backpacks. But the other most nefarious part of this, or the most concerning part, is the fact that a lot of them are military aged men and they are not coming 
only from Central America. They're coming from Africa. They're coming from China. They're coming from Haiti. They're coming from a lot of other places that they do not have connections. They are just military-aged men. And I think that people, especially people that are very much the, the libtards or the the lulberts or whatever you want to call them that are like, Oh guys, and it, that borders shouldn't exist. Okay. Maybe not in uh, a decentralized entire world, but this is a problem. It's dangerous. And it is setting up a situation where if they do start allowing them to become law enforcement without being citizens and all this other shit that I've heard talked about in the ether, it's dangerous. It's setting up a situation where, let's say, the UN or a hostile government, Biden administration, I mean, they're all hostile, but you know what I'm saying, um, could just start arming these people and all of a sudden they work for the regime and they're completely detached from the American people, the American way of life, and they have no reason to care about you. You're not wearing a mask? Fuck you. I'm just going to beat the shit out of you. What do I care? I'm not part of your community or your country even. Would this uh, be a reasonable time to bring up the sewer Jews? <laughs> hey, man, this is like, it's one of my favorite things because there's so much conspiracy about it. But regardless of conspiracy, it is such a fucking ridiculous concept. Like, this is absurdity <laughs> to the finest, dude. Literally just, we're going to fucking dig our way to this place. It's going to be ours. You know, I almost apologize that it took this long. Um, again, it's almost like I was overwhelmed. I was underwhelmed and then I was overwhelmed. The The past week has been absolutely insane. I'm going to be uh, honest. I, I think part of that is like the news cycle does tend to die out during the holidays. Yeah. It's on got purpose. Because people are probably like on break and shit. Yeah. But like. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody watches TV on Christmas. No, nah, dude. Yeah. But here. I think, let's... I think they have to uh, allow a certain amount of um, breathing for the public so that, you know, we don't go completely insane. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so. Let's Just give uh, them a week off <laughs> and then bam. Let's get a little context on the sewer Jews. This is our guy, Tyler Oliveria. And again, you know, maybe it's worth doing a base or bogus on this dude, but he's a young guy who, as far as I can tell, is actually doing some real fucking journalism. And he wears his bias on his sleeve whenever it is necessary. So like, I, I kind of tend to trust this guy so far, but anyways, Apparently, this video was deleted off of his channel. Okay, just a second, right before you play it. That cop yeah. in the background looks exactly like Sergeant Macca. And I'll fucking pull up a picture of this guy after you're done. He looks okay. like a character from a TV show. Okay. <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> there's no tunnels there. It's one tunnel that goes from a half a block. I don't think there's human trafficking here. That's crazy. But there's inside a bunch of criminals. It's an extreme minority. Not all the people. Sorry. These fanatics must be punished. This is a Hasidic Jew popping out of a tunnel beneath a historic Jewish synagogue in Brooklyn that was being used to illegally expand the church. After cement trucks came to fill up the hole, a riot broke out between the Jewish community and NYPD, leading many to speculate something more nefarious was going on. So I showed up to see what I could learn. Hey, is there any way we can go inside? No. We're, we're just curious what's going on. Right now. There's a bunch of guys inside Chabad, which we would call like extreme right. 
the most Israelis. They, they wanted to start the expansion of 770. The tunnel is not an actual tunnel, right? People are saying tunnels, Jews, home human trafficking. It's just like they uncovered dirt that was already... They wanted to get in, they wanted to back way in. It's through a main room, it's a big... Everything there already existed. Got they it, just okay. uncovering dirt. They were going to go behind the, the back of the management because they were like, okay, they can't figure this shit out. Let's let's do it ourselves. So this was discovered like a few weeks ago. The management found out about it, but it went viral, at least in the Jewish community. Everyone was like making jokes about a lot of memes, you know, tunnels sure. because of what's happening in Israel, the Gaza and all that. Yesterday, around three o'clock, a cement truck arrived around the corner. I could show you where it arrived. And they were gonna fill it up with cement, which means that it would be a lot more intense than it was before, because before it was covered with dirt. Now it would be covered with cement and it would make it impossible to expand, right? This group of, of Chabad people, decided first of all they busted the pipes over there and then um they came in here from the inside and they started breaking the wall sledgehammers so the cops are claiming that it's a uh, structural danger so how did the nypd get involved so heavily right here i'm assuming the the management called them so the this building isn't actually owned by the church it is owned but it's just complicated okay. i don't even know myself the point is there's no human traffic going on sure. so it's them trying to expand the church yeah, that's all it is. I didn't hear much else beyond this perspective. I couldn't get in the building, and that's all I know. All right, so that's all I could find. Um, like I said, I went, you know, apparently that was deleted off of his channel. It's not on his channel. Hmm. I found that. So maybe they were just trying yeah. to get around zoning laws and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's I, the, it's a generous perspective. The I, <laughs> the article that I read about that actually made me laugh because it was like. Yeah, we've been fighting this in court for years. And I was like, I don't believe you guys have ever fought anything in court. You guys just win in court. <laughs> True. But maybe that's because I'm not a good person. <laughs> well, there was definitely some debate online about how long these had been here, right? So there was, first of all, the speculation by some of the conservative gatekeepers online, Ian Miles Strong, that were saying, and, and I think Tim Pool was one of the people that were saying this as well, that these were used to uh, practice their religion during the COVID lockdowns, right? So some, some people were saying that. Um, some people were pointing out that these were obviously, the tunnels were a lot more established than being four to five years old. They looked a lot older than that. Um, there was a lot of points being brought up. Um, Vice had done an article. Uh, I can turn it down. Um, there was a lot. Well, never mind. <laughs> never mind. You Go sound ahead. you sound good. I don't know. I thought you sound good. I always think things are too quiet. Yeah. No. Per personally, I think it sounds pretty good on this you end were, too. You were you were you were doing good. Um, I will say, if there's an echo, it's probably because this new fucking set of headphones I bought, and this shit sucks. Like, it's, it literally gives me problems every day. But. Well, okay, so I'm tempted to go in a whole nother direction, only because, again, so much has happened. And I can't believe we're already two hours and 45 minutes in. But um, did y'all happen to catch this zero hedge debate where Alex Jones just goes like full caveman on these soy boys? I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. I I've I've done us the pleasure of picking out just a couple of uh choice choice moments. Can uh, I can I show you Sergeant Macca real quick? Like I, I want to point out how accurately that cop looked like a fucking a, a character from a TV show. Yeah, yeah. Well, do do you have the ability to share? 
Yeah, yeah. Let me just pull yeah, up the right window here. Go ahead. Um, Crone tab. Crone tab. Yeah, there we go. Look at this fucking guy, dude. He looks exactly like him. It's fucking Sergeant Maca from uh, what we do in the sh or yeah, from what we do in the shadows. There's like a spinoff show, and this dude, he literally, he's like, he's like one of the funniest characters, dude. If you guys, right, if you guys right. have never seen that movie, you need to watch it. Fair Sorry, enough. I, I know it's so random, but like I saw him, I was like, dude, that's Sergeant Maca. <laughs> the show he's in is called Wellington Paranormal, where they investigate like ghosts and shit. And so I thought it was like super funny for that situation. Like, what's the paranormal case he's investigating here, dude? So, so the reason I brought this one, uh, again, it's like there's no, there's no coherent theme here, but um, this goes back to last week where we were talking about uh, the Mandela effect and how depending on, yeah, you, know, you can have one of two distinct perspectives on the same event. This this debate was about whether or not January sixth was a quote unquote insurrection and i just found the whole thing hilarious i watched the whole thing um but it's it's alex jones glenn greenwald and some other guy against uh ed krasenstein destiny and some other guy uh but it's basically three soy boys against three guys that actually have a pair of testicles um well you know probably they each have you know they're not sharing one pair i think they each have a pair but it's kind of fun to watch only because the soy boys just listen to how they sound relative to the uh the not so soyish testifies i orchestrated this attack did not testify and, 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 and then there was a Jan 6 committee. He, they asked about this text message. He said, I did that. Text, yeah, the text. He didn't testify that he ordered. No, he testified to the Jan 6 committee. That he sent the message you to his nephew. No, yes. he testified no, to he the Jan. Didn't. That he no, orchestrated he it to the Jan 6 committee? He's, you keep interrupting because you can't. I'm, I'm, you're I'm not telling the listen, truth. I'm Michael Jordan slamming on you. <laughs> and what's going to happen is everybody's going to get this clip. Yep. He testified to the Jan 6 committee. They said, is this your text message? Yes. He yes. said, yes. I told my nephew I orchestrated it. Now, stop. Let me finish my point. Okay. This there. Thank in, you for being honest. There, uh, you keep act honest. He said I orchestrated it. You keep just for context. They're talking about Ray Epps. Acting like he my, said he testified that he said his to his nephew that he said that. Yes. Yes. In a text message. Okay, there you go. And he did orchestrate. So he did it. testify. He did. So the point is, keep acting like my victory is a failure. <laughs> wait, 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 where's the evidence that he orchestrated it? I'd love to see he that. He said it. But but oh <laughs> to my his god. nephew. I I text, oh my god, so I nephew, text my friends matter. things all the time hey, that hey, are embellishments. Because you guys, let me finish my point. They're all over every major corporate channel saying this poor little baby. They're saying he was a Fed or an operative or a provocateur for some NGO. He didn't do anything wrong. And when it got so obvious, they finally indicted him with a slap on the wrist. And then you're sitting here saying he didn't testify. He just testified. Whoa. No, he said he didn't testify that he orchestrated. He te testified that he sent that text to his nephew. Then he orchestrated but, but no, then they asked him. <laughs> no, Alex, then they asked him if he actually orchestrated it. What was his answer? Uh, in the transcript, he said. Uh, it wasn't that he orchestrated it. So if I send somebody a message saying a bank is robbed, have, I robbed the have, bank. Have you ever embellished a text message to anybody that you know? <laughs> that, like you, like I, I, maybe not, maybe not you. I can't see you doing that, but may, maybe 
Actually, I'm, I'm kind of an understanding. Yeah, kind of Alex, you, you started bringing up a good point. If I sent a text message saying I robbed the bank, do it. Can I get charged with robbing a bank if I didn't do it? If they got evidence, he's yeah, there. Exactly, exactly. They need the evidence. And it's not like he's there saying go into the building. They need it's the evidence. It's not like he's there so. saying go into the and ramming signs. You're right. He's not there saying go in for three days. What, what he's not there ramming signs. With? You're right. Ray Epps is innocent. He's not can, there can, ramming can we, signs. Can we get back to my question? Not yeah, Ed, you asked the question. So, so my question you guys is, are indefensible. My question is, what should Ray Epps have been charged with? What what law did he break that instead of what he was charged with, I think, was obstructing the proceeding. Let me respond. Well, no, he was not charged with. with that. That's the interesting thing. He was charged with. What he was, was not it? charged with obstruction of oh an official God. proceeding, which would have been a very easy charge and a fairly typical felony charge conduct. given to there exactly. So wait, wait. Let me answer this comprehensively. So first of all, it's extremely strange given how conspicuous and egregious and concentrated his behavior was that he somehow was able to avoid the obstruction of official proceeding charge, number one. Number two, there are even more serious charges they could have given him. In fact, in the series of videos that we put out, there's one specific exchange he had with another guy. He said, when we go in, leave this here. We don't want to get shot. So when we go in, leave this here, he's referring to that individual's bear spray. That individual ends up going into the Capitol, committing violence and doing a whole bunch of other things. And this is a bizarre case because this guy who is super egregious has to this day not fully been charged. His case hasn't even gone to a district judge so, yet. So, the obstruction so, case, so what, let me let me give you that. a sense. Let me give you a sense. Because when we're evaluating these things, we have to compare them to standards applied to others. Oh, now, oh let me stop you. You'll go next. Owen Schroyer, I've known him eight years. He's a badass guy that helps helps disabled children and is literally like a, a, a super good person. No, no criminal issues in his life other than protesting. He is with me saying, don't go in. They charge him. And in the charging documents say, Owen's lying. He doesn't work for InfoWars. That's in the charging documents, the sentencing documents. The judge says, I'm putting you in these months in federal prison because you just questioned the election again and gave three examples of no, where he no, did it. No, so so why, Owen, why, Owen spends months in a federal prison. Why don't you talk about the deferred deferred agreement that he had in 2019? No, I agree. I will. Code Pink runs around in protesting. He put tape over his mouth when they were letting leftists run around and throw red paint in Congress. And they said, sir, you can't do that. And, and they, he agreed that he wouldn't do it. When, and he did and then he didn't protest. He went there he to cover it as a journalist. Area. He was in a restricted area, though. No, he was on. Listen, Ray Epps is not spent, it. Listen, listen. Owen is there with me saying, don't go in. He agreed he would not protest. He was there saying, don't go in the Capitol. And you're not going to defend him going to prison. But, but, but he pled guilty to everything that he got charged with. Be, because he, it's a rigged D.C. court. Or he. Oh, you laughed. Or you could explain. It's funny because, like, the problem is on our side. We've got testimony under oath. oath. We've got judicial rulings. We've got jury trials. We've got full videos. Not Everybody's got clips. the video. We have all Owen of these. We have all of these pieces of evidence. And you say I can't finish a single statement. Okay, wait, let, let's yeah. Yeah, the yeah, problem is. Let me is, tell you something. Yeah, my reporter yeah, deserves to go to jail for being there and trying to keep people in the building. He had a deferment. He, he pled guilty. Yeah, he what did do you, it. What do you do in a rigged DC court? 
fight your case. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Innocent fight. If you have evidence that you're innocent, fight. But there was no evidence because he he broke the agreement that he signed. And then he pled guilty and said, I broke the agreement that I signed and agreed to the sentence that the the sentencing guy. And Trump should be able to run for office. Also, this entire (laughs) argument has been you again arguing for an insurrection, for rebellion. All we have, everything we have over here is actual testimony under oath, actual Owen judicial Schreier, rulings, actual rulings by judges, Capitol, okay, actual rulings by Supreme Court. Nothing, we, I, 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 I have to be able to finish. I, I, I got to be able to finish. Well, I got to be able to finish. Yeah, finish. Yeah. Okay. Finish, yeah. We, 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 are, we can provide these arguments. We can provide the evidence. We can provide the testimony. And all you do is go, oh, well, I don't trust the courts. Oh, well, I don't trust statements made under oath. Oh, well, oh, hasn't the FBI done this in the past? You can skirt by providing hard evidence. I got to be able to finish. One thing. You can skirt by. You can skirt by. You can skirt by on providing any hard evidence for literally a single claim that you've made today. There hasn't been any evidence provided to support any of the claims made today. And and you are hand brushing away every single other claim that's made. Literally testified under oath by people that were loyal to Trump, by people that Trump trusted over and over and over again and and at the end of the day like what could you possibly be advocating for besides an insurrection i can't even finish a thing you just i think it's because when i talk you get really afraid i I actually i appreciate that you just all right all right i know i know i know i hope i hope this isn't like totally out of context for folks but i'm like this is what people are talking about right now like people are talking about january 6th people are talking about a lot of things um truth Truth is trying to come to the surface, and I, I, I hate to be like, uh, "Fuck these little soy boys, go Alex Jones," because I've never been a big Alex Jones guy, but I am. I'm like, "Go Alex Jones, fuck these little soy boys," you know. Like, it it it, uh, it amazes me that three years later we're still debating whether or not J six was a fucking insurrection, you know, quote unquote. Because it's such a joke to even have to debate it. It's embarrassing to me that they consider that an insurrection. It means we aren't trying hard enough. It's a weak-ass insurrection, isn't it? For legal reasons, that was a joke. Yeah, these guys are (laughs) unbelievably cringe. And they are very effeminate. It's very Uh, off-putting. They they sound like they're talking like this. Ah. And... Yeah. They sound yeah. like females. It's very oh, it's it's dreadful. You want to you want to hear my my impression? You want to hear yeah. my impression? <laughs> oh, Alex Jones, you're mean. We don't like you. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm Alex Jones. Fuck you. I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> oh, we don't want you to kick our ass. Please don't kick our ass. You're wrong about everything. Fuck you. I don't like you. I'm right about everything. <laughs> I mean, that's basically the whole thing. You know. I, I wish know. he would kick their ass. I can't. Me too. Me like, too. These people are so detestable that. <laughs> You just can't help but pull against them. I I, I had no out. idea. Crass, I had no idea. Krasenstein's voice was so high pitched. I know. I didn't Me either because I only yeah. see him on Twitter. Yeah. I, I will. Point also, out the this irony. Whole... Go ahead. Go the ahead, irony sorry. of him saying, "Why are you like you? Why are you interrupting me?" And then all he did while that other guy talked was interrupt him. Which I mean, I think it's hilarious, but it is it is technically hypocritical. I'm just gonna point that out. <laughs> well. Both of both sides of the argument were they were both interrupting each other. Oh, but honestly, Alex, it, what it Alex, sounds like to me, what it sounds like to me is they're just arguing semantics, and it's such yeah. a tedious, tired argument. It's like they, they have are. to literally split hairs just to make their point, and it's like if that's what you have to do to make your point, what are we point. even arguing about? Yeah. Well, and Alex actually gets really petty multiple times and just repeats himself because they're talking over him, so he's going to talk over them. Um, and I'm grateful, you know, think what you will about 
Glenn Greenwald. Um, he actually cuts through the nonsense at times and tries to summarize and he does a decent job. So I'll play this and then we can kind of carry on. I'm not trying to stick with this. Uh, yeah. Can I also just for long, but go ahead. Point out the irony that they're like, uh, whatever Ray Epps or whatever is saying that he did it is not proof that he did it. But Alex Jones literally got charged like $3 billion for saying that Sandy Hook wasn't real, which is right. not a crime, by the way, you can just right. say things. It's, it's not, it's in fact, it's, it's one of the things we're allowed to do. Like right now I could say like, uh, yeah, Mars is full of aliens. You can't charge me like billions of dollars for that. Cause it doesn't actually hurt anybody, but like, yeah, he just was don't... the victim of something in which like you could just say something. And that's, that's now taken as literally and true, you know, regardless of what actually happened. Just don't say Sandy Hook was was a hoax. Don't say that. Don't don't. You say just that. did. In fact, I didn't say it. I said, <laughs> I said don't say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> incredibly, I, incredibly. The illegal. algorithm heard you say it's, that. It's last. Like I didn't fucking, say it. It's like the fucking the Trevor the Trevor Moore bit where he's like, you cannot say I'm going to kill the president of the United States. Incredibly illegal. Totally illegal. It was okay uh -huh. when I said it because I was just telling. You. Oh. Personally, I think the. Uh, I think the whole Alex Jones thing was just another part of the play. I don't think he really got charged $3 billion. That was all just setting up another move in the chess game. Yeah, oh, it maybe does so. make me laugh, dude. Because can you imagine being so bad at like, like fabricating? And I'm not saying necessarily that it didn't happen. I'm saying like everything that we see is fabricated and like cultivated mm -hmm. for our belief system. If you're so bad at cultivating and fabricating shit to make people believe you, that you have to like make a guy take the fall in a court case for that much money, then you're probably a shitty news outlet. Yeah, it's just to make an example of people, yeah, free speech and all that sort of things. Multifaceted, yet again, for sure, for always sure. is. All right, let me let me play a couple minutes of this, and then we'll be done with it. We can move on. We'll share, we'll share thoughts. Uh, but this is the Glenn Greenwald trying to summarize the actual fucking point instead of just petty bickering. Um, so here we go. Owen. Yes. Okay. Now I want to get back to Darren because there was a, a question that was, uh, we took a tangent and also Glenn, I think you look like you're about to say something. So if you wanted to speak first, yeah, go ahead, Darren, go ahead first on, on just to close the reaps thing. But I do want to say something as well about what I've been hearing. I, I'm fine. What charges do you think he should have got? Oh, I think he could and should have gotten far more serious charges. The first example is the easiest and most readily available obstruction of official proceeding, which is basically the standard charge for people who have done far less egregious things. No, than no, no, but it really isn't, though, because the only people charged with that, I believe, are the people who went into the House chamber. No. The, the, the people that walked through the Capitol did not get charged with that. First of all, that's... First of all, that's not the case. And second I of all, that's not an ironclad law. That that's not an ironclad law pertaining to the application of that charge. Secondly, there is a far more serious conspiracy charge that the government had available to them. If we use the standards that they've applied in similar January 6th cases. Yeah, he was way worse, way worse than Joe Biggs or Stuart Rhodes. I mean, he's literally, we're, we're really? Stuart Rhodes saying invade the Capitol. We're Stuart Rhodes attacking people or ramming signs. Ray Epps did that. You know, it's what it sounds like, like seventh graders who learn civics class and have this understanding of how the U.S. government works. Like, oh, the 
FBI investigate and they discover crimes and then they go to the courts and the courts are very honest and the courts are apolitical and the courts make rulings and everything that has happened in January 6th. And you can even look at the people they picked and choose who to expand the law. The people who ended up getting prosecuted on felony counts, even though they were nonviolent, had these incredibly novel interpretations of law that were used against them to turn nonviolent demonstration and nonviolent political protest into felony by taking this post Enron law and giving it a stretch meeting that it never had before. And the reason so many of them plead guilty is because they know that if they go into court, they're gonna have rulings against them because a lot of these judges, especially in Washington, are not only Democratic Party judges, but the entire system is furious to watch people go and put their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. So the entire system decided that this has to be punished regardless of what the law provides. You had the FBI with their hooks inside all of these groups. But I do understand that if you believe in this like story of American propaganda, that the FBI is these upstanding law enforcement people and they don't do that, and then the courts go and make rulings, then you're gonna end up with this image of what the three of them have, which is this idea that this was one of the worst attacks in American history, the courts have ruled. Everything the government did in this case is consistent with their longstanding view before January 6th, that these groups are criminal groups. They need to be criminalized. Trump's movement is a threat to the United States. And the entire part of January 6th was designed to define them as an insurrectionary movement so that they could criminalize them, which is exactly what they're doing. I want to respond to Glenn real quick. Owen didn't have the money for a criminal trial. 890 convictions or guilty pleas. Two acquittals, two, 890 to how two. Many, so how is that, 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 is Entire law enforcement mechanism if you were want, distorted. If you want to actually make these, let me just back up Glenn briefly, and I'll shut up. Let me finish. I'll take a five-minute break. One second. Let me finish. Uh, it's right. not the same to compare Black Lives Matter protesters and protesters who entered the Capitol building during the certification of the election. Those are not. That's like comparing Democrats apples. Democrats have bombed it. Democrats have bombed it. Courthouses and burned down police stations, and they had within them people who were insurrectionary. And they got charged, and they, as they should have. They got charged. Barely any of them they, got charged. There are Barely plenty of them that were. Okay. Okay. I'm, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this to you guys. Actually, finally, I think I have a point with worth making tonight. Like. They've put us in this catch-22 situation. They've put us in a lose-lose scenario where we can argue about this shit with the people that disagree with us until our fucking faces turn blue. It's never going to work. Everybody is still super, super fucking entrenched. I just I think know. it's so it's funny. Sad, man. He it's... he said you can't compare our BLM protests with the January 6th insurrection. And my only point was, yeah, 
because nobody was yeah. armed during the January 6th, January 6th insurrection. There was plenty of people getting shot during BLM riots, bro. <laughs> plenty, True. bro. In fact, True. a famous case happened in the United States in Kenosha, fucking uh, Wisconsin or whatever, where somebody got shot for having a gun and then the guy got off because it was self-defense. So <laughs> was there any self-defense charges during the fucking January 6th riot? No, because nobody was fucking armed. Because there was, it's not an insurrection. You don't. You, there was no weapons used. That's that's my favorite. That's my favorite thing. Sorry, I get I get fired up about this shit. Mm. Fucking the only people that were harmed were I, literally shot by the police, and one I think had a heart attack, and that's it. And that's so fucking par for the course for Trump supporters too. Having a heart attack at a fucking rally, dude. I believe there was God a couple damn. of. I believe there was a couple of pensioners with umbrellas. I'm kidding. Okay, let's move so, on. <laughs> Sorry, I got what you were saying. I was just choking so, still. <laughs> supposedly, Ashley Babbitt was shot there, I but I don't believe anything about the narrative. So uh, just to go over that particular debate, it was awful to listen to. I don't know why anybody would have kept that on because it it is stressful and anxiety-inducing to hear that. But then I think the overall arching theme is that they're all gatekeepers in their own way. Kind of like what you were saying, Mike, is that they're arguing with each other, but they're not, but arguing with each other gives it, um, some credence, like that it was a real thing. Like people actually really wanted mm -hmm. to overtake the Capitol and all of this kind of stuff. So I, I I think it it keeps the story in a certain place, right? And one thing yeah. that didn't get brought up was the fact that if anybody is going to be tried in that particular area, the conviction rate is through the roof because you're getting tried by spooks. <laughs> like you're getting tried. Mm -hmm. It's not a jury of your peers. It's a jury of the government. So you almost don't even have a chance if you go to trial, which was what was being suggested. Not gonna lie, I really forgot that spook was like a word for like a government agent, and I was like, damn, we just got hit with some hella old racial terms, dude. That's that's yeah. like some fucking old school shit right there. <laughs> that's just because again, I'm fucking not a good person, probably. <laughs> Hung no, out yeah, I was the talking about uh, government. government no, I, got, I got you. I remembered, but I was like, damn, she really just said spooks. Like it's not 1920 anymore. <laughs> <sighs> So, you know, something that something that actually kind of white pilled me this week was Cat Williams. Am I the only one here who watched his uh interview? I've remained almost uh intentionally in this it. issue and I was hoping that somebody would explain this to me because I didn't <laughs> see what happened. I watched it. Fido, what what was your uh takeaway? Um he 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 talked a lot about some things that I had no idea about. Um, he was pretty uh, detailed with, <clears throat> excuse me, the inner workings of black comedy and uh, the basically like the quote unquote cartels or the groups that basically control the industry. And it makes sense to me that uh, they would because given the given that it is basically an offshoot of Hollywood and, and the entertainment industry, there's going to be some kind of hierarchy involved in all of that. Um, so as far as the things that he, hold on just a second. 
sorry, my dog was making some noise. <laughs> um, as I found it quite uh, informative, actually. Um, he 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 boasts a uh, Christian background, and he uh, he says the right things in a certain context, but then he talks about how he lives with multiple women and um, he, he doesn't exactly have what I would consider um, mainstream Christian views. Um, he does claim to follow the teachings of Jesus, which I mean, I do that. Um, but I, I think that he had a point in that he hasn't had as much um, exposure, I guess you could say, as some of the other black comedians because he doesn't he doesn't do the things that they ask him to do. He does his own thing. And he's got his he's had enough success to where he could build up his own um, organization to help people um, succeed in the industry. And I thought that was interesting. I have no idea who these characters are, so I'll just so watch. Cat Williams is like a famous comedian, and I know him because he's like he's actually super funny. He's he's like this short guy. He's got kind of a Lord Farquaad haircut if you've seen Shrek, and that's like his famous like look. Uh, I didn't know what happened. I still don't have a ton of context, but I'm interested in what's happening. He went on an interview. I he went on an interview with this guy who's got a podcast, uh, Shannon Sharp, who is apparently a football player. I don't watch football, so I wasn't familiar with who Shannon Sharp was. Um, but he's got a, a podcast that he does. He's had several um, comedians on in the past. And Cat uh, actually came on to basically kind of clear his name because he felt like he had been wronged by uh, Ricky Smiley. And so he wanted to set the record straight um, as to a few uh, misconceptions that um, more, more than kind of thrown out there, but then he kind of went into more yeah. detail about other things. He kind of led that. A, he led with that. More than yeah. a few misconceptions. I don't right. talk. And, but Cat uh, Williams, um, he's done multiple stand-up specials. I've seen probably four of them, and they're all funny as hell. And yeah. um, I've always, I always liked him. I always thought he was funny. Um, but I had he talks a lot about his upbringing and his past and everything that I never knew about him. So I thought it was pretty interesting. But uh, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to try to give you a little a little uh, sample here without going too deep in. But who who is this guy that you are you saying uh, you said something smiley? He's a, he's Ricky Smiley's another Ricky comedian. Smiley. He apparently okay. uh, Ricky had told apparently had told some lies about Cat mm -hmm. Williams. And so Cat was wanting to get out there and uh, set the record straight. I've never heard of Ricky Smiley. Yeah, and I would probably him, I watched, you would probably know him shit. if you if you saw his face. You would probably know. Okay, him. okay. I was saying I watch the shit out of stand-up comedians, and so it's Cat, impressive yeah. that I don't know that guy. Cat, no, yeah. Cat Williams would would tell you there's a really good re reason why you don't know him. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Cause, cool. Because he ain't. Thank he you guys. Ain't no, he ain't no good. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm your host, Shannon Sharp. I'm also the proprietor of Club Shake Shake. The guy that's stopping by for conversation and the drink today, ladies and gentlemen, you're gonna love him. Some call him the greatest, the greatest, one of the greatest comedians, dead or alive. 
one of America's greatest entertainers, one of the funniest men on the planet, world-renowned, multi-talented, a comedy legend. He's touring. To, he's the top touring comedian selling out arenas. He's a hilarious storyteller, Emmy award-winning actor, voice actor, rapper, writer, producer, director, icon, genius, a national tre treasure, philanthropist, humanitarian, social activist, a father, one of the great funny men of our generation and any generation, Mr. Cat Williams. Thank you, sir. How, how that was, was that magnificent. intro? I you are you are you are magnificent at intros and you did not skimp on mine. I appreciate it. Appreciate that. You know, anytime you come to Club Shay Shay, we have to toast. Yes. Bro, you've been doing it. I mean, you told you one of the top two, you're the one of the top touring comedians of all time. You already got started before we started taping. Mm. I did. Appreciate that. Tell the people at home. I thought they was lying. And um <laughs> yeah. This particular alcohol is straight up light, up light. And the reason I had to come is because you've made a safe place for the truth to be told. You know what I mean? Thank you. I appreciate And that. I have watched all of these lowbrow comedians come here and disrespect you in your face <laughs> and tell you straight up lies. I'm talking about things that have never been heard in all of black Hollywood. They feel comfortable sitting here lying to you about it. You gonna set the record straight? Are you kidding me? You let Ricky Smiley sit here and you said out that mouth, you stole Friday after next. The one I was in, <laughs> I wish all, all of America fumbled a bit when that happened. And, and then he said some stuff that we haven't heard in 100 years in Hollywood. You ain't say nothing. This man told you he had Cat Williams' role. He was gonna be Money Mike, Wait. and Cat Williams was gonna be was gonna be the Santa Claus. Now let's three quick points. Three quick. You mean in Hollywood they cast a five foot five black Santa Claus that weigh 145 pounds? That's your story. Your story is the Ricky Smiley that couldn't even do curse words because he had a Christian fan base. He was going to play the pimp. Why you didn't ask him, why has he played a woman in more movies than he's played a man? Well, I didn't know. He, he shouldn't be able. You wouldn't let a, 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 a athlete that been on steroids talk about one of the greats. <laughs> Ricky Smiley can't act because Ricky Smiley can't act. He told you. in this business saying I was going to expose. When I talked about Michael Jackson, when I talked about R. Kelly, they canceled me for these things because why would you talk about another black dude? Race is not where the line is drawn. It's God's side and the other side. And we don't care nothing about the other side. Period. Period. All of these uh, big dick deviants is all catching hell in 2024. It's up for all of them. It don't matter if you Diddy or whoever you is. TGJ, any of them. The, every, all lies will be exposed. That's all. And, and, and anyone who takes that the wrong way, know why they take it the wrong way. The truth is the light. And the heaven. <laughs> that nigga got so much money, he did something we, we never heard of. We ain't even say shit. Jamie Foxx said he got a mystery 
illness. A what? A mystery illness. I thought we knew all the illnesses. Didn't you think we knew all the illnesses? We know all the cancers. Fuck cancer. We know 36 fucking cancers. We know AIDS, gonorrhea, syphilis. What the fuck? Don't be looking at me like, mind your business. It is my business. Maybe I want to catch it too. All he did was do movies and TV right after I want to do it. <laughs> Not only did he get a mystery illness, no. they cured it. We watched this nigga get murdered right in front of our own motherfucking face. And the nigga knew it was gonna happen. He told us, and we didn't know. Nigga named his last tour. This is it. This is it. <laughs> White people, let me just tell you a little nigga secret if I could. Mm -hmm. Niggas have never said this is it in a celebratory fashion. Let me just say, white people do it all the time. This is it. Not niggas. Every time we say it, we say it like this. My goal was to get this far in Hollywood and still have a virgin asshole. <laughs> and I never had sucked a penis. That was my only goal. I didn't want to get with a white woman because I was scared. She might have me running down the street like Jonathan Majors. Not because I didn't like white women. I think white women are as great as any other women. But I'm not going to act like I'm not scared of them. I have a reason to be scared. You could be Kang the Conqueror and they could take your rabbit ass down in two weekends. And that's the truth of the matter. So I stayed away from that. Now, I've had to turn down $50 million four times. Four times. Just to protect my integrity and that virgin hole I was telling you about. <laughs> right. Because uh, P. Diddy be wanting the body. And you got to tell him no. You got to tell him no. Okay. I, uh, I'm, I'm throwing it at you with very little context. But Cat Williams called out a whole bunch of motherfuckers in the last week. And it's interesting, man. I think Cat ain't playing. Can, can you imagine surprise anal sex with fucking P. Diddy, dude? I'll pass. I don't think there's any other kind of anal sex with P. Diddy, bro. He's not asking consent. That's all I'm saying. It's Jeez. always surprise. Jesus. That's not a small guy either. From what <laughs> I understand. I'm sorry. Am I am I going from one thing to the next too much this weekend? I'm sorry. I, nah. I have no other way to go about it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just I'm trying. 
No, he um he he pretty much laid it out there with the with the interview, and um, I do recommend people go watch it for themselves and watch all of those clips in 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 context. Not that the points aren't made in in just the clips, but um, there's a lot that goes along with that too. And because um, he 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 called out, it wasn't just P Diddy and and uh, he called out Harvey Weinstein. He called out. Um, uh, who was a was a couple of other names I I can't remember. It was quite a few. He talked for a while about the whole uh, black men putting on dresses. He did. He deal. really did. And he he mentioned that uh, I think he said uh, he mentioned Chris Tucker, not Chris Tucker, Chappelle going on Oprah, talking about men and women's dresses in uh, to be in movies. Uh, oh, he called out Ludacris too. Um, but it's just one of those things where you. You listen to what he's saying, and then it kind of all starts to make sense. And after listening to him go on about everything he said, I really see drag in movies in a different light now. It's previously it was. I mean, I always thought it was just like a funny trope, you know, just a uh, just something to get a, a good laugh out of the audience. And now it's like that is a moral compromise that those men had to make in order to be in that movie and how many times have you seen it done and you lose a little bit of yourself when you do that and so i just i i can't i can't even laugh at men and drag anymore because it's it to me it's not funny anymore so is tyler perry like one percent like just one percent person uh probably (laughs) and martin lawrence martin lawrence too I also I googled it and uh, P Diddy's five ten, which to me he's a manlet. But the Cat Williams, that's a fucking giant. That's a that's a guy that could fucking surprise you. You know what I'm saying, dude? Dude, but Cat Cat can Cat run a forty yard yeah. dash in four point four five. Yeah, but you get hit with that fucking you get you get put in a headlock by P Diddy. It's over. That's all. So okay, I did. I found the clip where he's talking about Ludacris, supposedly. Because him and Ludacris look so similar, they both got invited to a, an Illuminati party, but they only wanted one of them. Okay? <laughs> this shit's too crazy. Are you related to uh, Ludacris? No. Um, so there was a crossroads where we were both invited to an Illuminati thing. And it had to be one or the other of us and decisions had to be made. So it was both of us. We were equal. One of us had to cut off all their hair and couldn't do the sideburn thing no more with the points. And the next person they said was going to get $200 million because they were going to pay him 10 million a movie to do 20 movies. And that's how the conversation happened. One of those persons turned out to be ludicrous and the other person turned out to be Cat Williams. Now, one person ended up with a light-skinned, ugly-faced wife that's never done it. Remember I told you that if I say that, it applied to seven people? It's part of what they give you. Okay? I didn't get it. I'm not mad about it. How much money they give? 200. Sir, Fast and Furious is on what number right now? 200 million. I might be getting me one of the more women to look look the same. That's what they all end up saying at the end of the day. Kevin told you he wasn't going to wear no dress until they offered him the dress, and then he put it on. And what did he say after he wore it? I made my own decision. Duh. But you didn't make it before they brought it up, did you? It's okay. It's all right. 
I'm saying, I'm saying this whole, that interview, we cannot break it down here tonight. I, part of me, part of me wanted that to be the one and only topic tonight. And maybe, maybe I should have done it because, uh, I've been going from this to that, to this, to that, but that two and a half hour club Shay Shay interview with Cat Williams was fucking fascinating. And he's talking about why black men put on dresses before going on TV. And he talks about why, you know, Bernie Mac died. And he talks about why fucking, I mean, he he goes all over. He's spilling the beans. He's spilling the motherfucking beans, man. Yeah, he is. And I'm all Um, about it. I'm all about it. Well, as anyone who listens to Jordan Maxwell will know, um, (laughs) that's CEO. Hollywood is uh, the wood that was made for, you know, wands or casting spells, which is basically what movies are. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it's always been set up for a particular reason, propaganda. It, I mean, even in the old days, you know, even we sort of think about the days of the silver screen and everything. It wasn't that innocent back then either. It's probably hella confusing to you, Stella, because, like, you have, what, like, two black people in Australia? We're out <laughs> here. We, he's like, Ludacris did that. You, do you even know? Like, I'm not judging. Do you know who Ludacris is? I've only heard his name. No, I have no idea. Yeah, no, exactly. exactly. You, you have no idea. Like, no basis. I've for never heard of Kit Williams until about. yesterday either. <laughs> yeah, no. So Ludacris is like a rapper. And like, he's a super successful. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say super successful, but he's made some music and he's made some movies and he's got this like kind of good career. A- anyways. Uh, hmm. I think it's fucking, I think that's super funny because uh, there's a Boondocks episode about this, if I'm not mistaken, where uh, where fucking granddad tries to work with Tyler Perry and they make a Medea movie. And the whole time, uh, Riley's just calling him gay. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? He's like, it's gay to put on a dress, granddad. He's like, no, no, it's for a movie. He's like, that's still gay. <laughs> it's just like this whole funny fucking. It's the Boondocks. It's a typical like episode or whatever. But I'm sure now, now that you bring this up, there is always a deeper meaning to these episodes, and that's probably part of it. Uh, something that we didn't see at the time. You know what I mean? Because it, it just seemed like he was taking a shot at Tyler Perry. But now it's like, hey, what if it's this whole industry? And that's what this episode's about. I have to rewatch it in this in this new context and see see what it how it holds up. It's all a um, it's a humiliation ritual thing, you know, just showing you where your yep, alliance exactly. lies. Yep. If you're willing to endure the humiliation, what else are you willing to endure? Yep. Bingo. Sure. Bingo. Show us your now, alliance. Put a dress on. Now, I am at one of these crossroads where I'm thinking, fuck it. This, this episode's going to go a little long. Anybody that wants to or needs to bail is, is totally allowed to at any point. Um, there is no obligation to stick around, but this, you know, again, yeah, I guess I kind of do wish I had just made this the main focus of the episode because I do find it fascinating. And it, to me, it seems like a, um, a mirror image, the black version of Aaron Rodgers talking to Pat McAfee about fucking Jimmy fucking uh kimmel i'm like i'm like the only difference is that this dude um what's his name sean what's his last name shannon shannon Shannon. sharp shannon sharp shannon sharp he actually allows the man to talk instead of shutting him down 
Yeah, we did that Aaron Rodgers episode too, didn't we? I I, I feel like I remember that. Well, last last week, we, this there's been some some news about Aaron Rodgers lately. Uh, we we went into it last week, but this is like oh black, okay, it's different. this is like the black man version of right. what's been going on with Aaron Rodgers. So well, I'm here to stay. Me, I'm sticking around. I do just I have to go throw a piss, so I'm not going to be here for the first like minute of this or something. But I'll be right cool. back. All right, all right, cool. All right, here we go. Then you ask it, why you not a movie star? I didn't want to be a movie star. This the same Negro that hated on Bernie with this same thing. I didn't want to be a movie star. No, you couldn't be a movie star. There are 30,000 new scripts in Hollywood every year. Not one of them asks for a country bumpkin black dude that can't talk good over KB and look like Mr. Potato Head. There ain't none. You would have to have a range. He's talking about Steve Harvey, by the way. <laughs> and he does kind of look like Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> I played a lot of characters, 60 movie roles. I'm not playing Cat Williams in there. I don't know. I don't know, Cat. We might not let you drink anymore the way you, you, I mean, we ain't even got. I'm not fueled by alcohol. I've had a sip less than you. The truth don't need motivation. I'm just saying I can't let these dudes lie. Cedric's sitting here telling you why he ain't a movie star. He over here look like a walrus. You didn't say nothing. All right, I'm pausing just because what he said there. The truth don't need no motivation. I'm I'm like about ready to say Cat Williams is my favorite dude right now. Okay. Any comments before I go on? But that he keeps dropping truth. And he talks about how the truth needs to come out. Yeah, he does. That's why I say you got to watch the whole. People need to watch the whole interview because he has it's, these little, these little mm-hmm. quips, and it's like they're all tucked in and around all of the things that he's saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna play the whole thing, but it's it's worth okay. playing some yeah. of it. Some of it. Go ahead. Yeah. He can't even get his arms off his stomach sitting over here. Why well, I'm can't, not a movie star. What? It's a situation. He never wrote anything. Remember, when Cedric the Entertainer starts, he's supposed to be singing, dancing, and telling jokes. That's why he's called the Entertainer. Right. We found out he can't sing, can't dance, and doesn't he's write doing jokes. He did four comedy specials. They're so bad, Shannon. They're not available on Netflix or Tubi. Can I say that again for the audience? They're so bad that they're not available on Netflix or Tubi. You don't think Sam's a good, a good comedian? The world doesn't think that, sir. I have 12 comedy specials. He has four specials that are not available on Netflix or Tubi. It seems to me, Kat, that you had a lot to get off your chest. No, no. You wanted to set the record straight. Winners are not allowed to allow losers to rewrite history. I don't say any of these things if my name is not breached by these people on your platform. If you give a liar a platform to lie, then I'm not being messy by saying, hold on. That never happened. It's untrue. And there are hundreds of witnesses for each thing I'm saying. So let me ask you this. What is your relationship with Steve Harvey, Ricky Smiley, and Cedric the Entertainer as you sit here currently? They, for 30 years, they're a group. These aren't three random guys. The way that 
Ricky Smiley kept appearing at all of my auditions is because of Steven said he would tell anybody that, listen, they got a gang on that side. They know what it is. They know who the gang is. Why Earthquake not in movies? Because he's illiterate. He can't read. And they found that out when they gave him a show and put the cards in front of him. Like all of these dudes are co-entwined and they share secrets. And this is the age of truth. And, and, and the truth doesn't need to be scared of the fact that people tell lies. Uh, cats on drugs. Where are the stories? Why is there no story of anybody who ever sold a drug to me, did a drug with me, was around me when I was inebriated? I got five daughters. I got five sons. Why would we tell these ridiculous stories? Because it's com competition. You you feel like, well, why comedies, comedy guys can't just get along? Yes. Why, why, why didn't you get along with the other teams you were competing against? If you're a Denver Bronco, why you don't get along with the Cowboys? Something wrong with you? But I don't disagree. I don't no, dislike no, all the no. Cowboys. Cat, damn, you like this? No, that's okay, not. Okay, what comedian do you did like? Did you play against the team? Yes. I've taken 46 comedians with me on the road. 46. Okay. I'm not the comedian you can give that to. I only put on comedians that are funnier than me. Anybody that ever told you differently was a fat Faison liar. There's nobody yeah, like you, me in the business. Faison just called it straight. Faison said that getting a Netflix special is easy. I have 12 specials. Guess how many Faison got? Zero. So Why is he allowed to have conversations about real stand-up people? We do not let people who are on the juice discuss real athletes. That's all. As a journalist. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I don't have harbor any resentment to any of these entities because I can't be jealous. I've never seen them have anything that I ever wanted. <laughs> if you sign up for their program, you get a light skin, weird face wife that never do an interview. Oh, in man, listen, in 20 years, won't do an interview. Nobody's ever talked to her and that she's never been interviewed anywhere. And now understand, I'm not talking about one person. What I just told you applies to seven people. How they all end up with that. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, they got I'm nothing like, I'm, I'm jealous like, of. That's awesome, <laughs> oh, dude. I'm saying, I'm saying, y'all gotta check out Cat Williams on Club Shay Shay. It's a two and a half hour interview, and he drops so much truth. He comes Especially back. He drop. He 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 says this thing about about these these basically posers in the black comedy scene who end up with weird faced, light skinned wives and, and who do whatever they're told by the establishment. And he calls them all out. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, so and he I, part, he I talks heard about, a, a name drop earlier. Is, is Dave Chappelle on the hit list or is he on the, your chill? No, list? I'm not no sure. actually, actually Dave Chappelle is one of the few people he talks positively. Well, of. Okay, yeah, yeah I was well gonna say. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say just because that that's sort of conflicting with what I know about you know the Dave Chappelle incident, which was that like he also said some similar shit. Where like basically the only reason I'm here is because I'm me, and everybody that I brought with me is real. But like a lot of people in this industry are fucking plants, basically. 
But mm-hmm. yeah, I was just curious how that played out. It's interesting, and it's sort of in in my book, and maybe it's just like uh, 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 forget it's a bias of uh, of sorts. Where okay, they like this guy who I've also already believed to be sort of outside the sphere of influence, and that that in, in his book lends credibility to what he's saying in this interview. For for three hours, it seems like he's spitting the truth. So I did want to say about Dave Chappelle um, over in in the Rumble chat. Sir Tim said that Dave Chappelle, yes, he did make the comment about wearing the dress, right? Um, but he said that he does not have a leg to stand on here because of Robin Hood men in tights. So I just went and pulled up Dave Chappelle and Robin Hood men in tights. There literally is a picture on IMDb of him and the two other guys wearing a dress. So yeah, yeah. I'm not saying what whatever. I have no idea. But I am saying that Dave Chappelle did wear the dress. He wore the dress. He did. Uh, The other thing uh, about the whole thing, I love, I feel like Cat Williams is very captivating in this interview. It's a really good interview. And he's not holding back. Like he's calling Shannon out as well for not holding these people to a higher standard, which I think is really cool and interesting. However, I, I just... You know, I'm always so skeptical of when something like this is allowed to go viral and to get big. I, I I get very, you know, I just wonder why. And then I also think that if Kat is really legitimate in calling these people out and calling out the establishment and calling out the Illuminati, then I would say he's at risk. You know, that's my take on it. I hope he's legitimate here and being real. And I believe mm. what he's saying. It's not that. But I I think that you definitely, uh, I, he's at risk if he's being real, you know? You might can be I, right. Yeah. Can I ask this uh, Shannon Sharp guy? Is he? Yeah. Okay. So what I'm trying to ask here is how widespread would the viewing of this be? Is it just in the waked waked is it just in the awake ish like i don't know what we called truther community whatever the label is um or or would it be like a mainstream thing it's more mainstream shannon sharp is a relatively mainstream kind of down the middle of the road sports guy black black you know he he's interviewing cat williams because cat williams is like a black entertainer um so he yeah it, he he keeps one foot on either side of the line between sports and black culture. I right. think that's a fair way of uh, describing who he is. So would this be a little bit of a step aside from what his usual format is? Or Not is this... necessarily, except right. that it's more controversial than he would normally do. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. So... Let's go on a little more. I, I jumped ahead a couple minutes, but here we go. Oh, I'm taking him at face value. These are like, this is like Steve Harvey telling people he used to be homeless. That's my story. That's not his story. Steve Harvey was never homeless. When he, Mark Curry was touring with him 25 years ago, he was making $3,000 a show in cash and doing five shows a week. They, they just tell the stories. This, my, thanks to my wife, I'm where I am. You said that about the first wife. You forget that? You told us it was her. Then you went and married somebody else that think like a man. 
Like, what are you talking about? They just, they think they can rewrite history. That uh, uh, Guy Tory did a beautiful special about the comedy store and Fat Tuesday, where he said that Steve and Cedric and Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish came through there and made all lies. Steve and Cedric never performed at the comedy store at all. Tiffany was only seen at the Laugh Factory. In 15 years in Hollywood, no one in Hollywood has a memory of going to a sold-out Kevin Hart show. There being a line for him ever getting a standing ovation at any comedy club. He already had his deals when he got here. Have we heard of a comedian that came to L.A. and in his first year in L.A. he had his own sitcom on network television and had his own movie called Soul Plane that he was leading. No, we've never heard of that before that person or since that person. What do you think a plant is? Maybe people don't understand the definitions of these words. He just did his documentary with Chris Rock where he shows you that his whole upbringing in comedy was on the East Coast. Yeah, it was. So how simultaneously was he here in Los Angeles doing the same thing? It didn't happen. It didn't happen. And I, I, I hate to seem like a petty individual for picking apart lies, but Jussie Smollett gonna keep lying until you say we don't believe you. Like it's important in the checks and balances of the universe that liars not get to make complete narratives for themselves. Are you not afraid about being blackballed again? These are some power people. What do you mean again? These people are not powerful. Satan can't create anything. That includes blessings for his people. That's why, you know what the number one job of somebody that sold their soul in Hollywood is? What? Is to act like it didn't happen. They all do the same job. Why do you think Gary Owen can't cross over and he already white and been in comedy for 25 years? If what I say ain't the case. It's a cabal. It's a it's a consortium. They they rock with who they rock with and they don't with who they don't. But I'm not scared of being the competition any more than you were when you lined up uh, uh, across from a superior team. Yeah, on paper, they're a better team. Right. They have all the assets and resources and we don't. But let us get on the line, boy, boy, and see if that factors in. I, I guarantee you it won't. Wow. What do y'all think, man? Is this guy legit? I, Dude, you know? This seems base. This doesn't seem bogus. I'm, I will say. I'm saying. I'm saying. I agree. It, it's entirely plausible that he has this weird, like, delusion, but nonetheless, he actually believes it. And no, it's easy. Bro, 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 bro. He's got the receipts, bro. He does. Exactly. He, he, he has the, the fucking he has receipts. Proof, you and know, by his own metric, it's this, true. This, this morning, um, I got on Twitter. You know, I hate to say it. It's probably you not fucking, the healthiest. You got on Twitter, bro. That's. Oof. <laughs> I've been I've been on Twitter, bro. I've been on Twitter. No, it, I'm saying it ain't the healthiest habit, but like Saturday and Sunday mornings, I've gotten to where I really enjoy just staying in bed, right? Like I get up, I take a leak, and then I get back in bed and I just like peruse Instagram for a bit and then I switch over to Twitter and I see what's happening. And this morning, as I'm looking through Twitter, I see Ice Cube and Cat Williams talks a whole lot about his co-stars in Ice Cube's movie Friday 
and Friday after next and the Friday after last or whatever. There's three of them that he talks about them all. Anywho, I can't summarize what, what all was said, but long story short, Ice Cube puts out a little, you know, video saying, Hey, this, uh, this interview with cat went viral. I'm going to, I'm going to acknowledge it. And I'm going to say, you know, long story short, it's like an eight minute video, but the video more or less says, you know, cat ain't lying. He's got the receipts, man. And yeah, that, that, that seems fucking that seems awesome, dude. Like it seems like he's he's out here trying to trying to let people know some shit's going on. What's what's real interesting is I had no idea, but this dude is he's smarter than he lets on, man. He he emancipated himself at the age of 13. He claims that he had read 10,000 books before he left home. You know, between like six and 13 years old, he claims he read like 10,000 books. Nonfiction books at that. Yep. Yep. I might even be underestimating. He might have claims more. Um, but I'm, I'm tempted to play on a bit. You know, partly I just want to get y'all the, the, the background on his, on his childhood because it's so interesting. But again, yeah, we cannot, a, we really cannot play the story. We can't play the whole thing, right, Fido? We can't play the whole thing. I know, I know. <laughs> but it's it's a real fucking, I don't know, it's worth, again, you know, all the bullshit that bubbled to the surface, right? I've, I've had my ear to the ground all fucking week, and this was the thing, as I listened to it, that rang true, right? It was, you know, I, I enjoyed for the entertainment's value of that Alex Jones zero hedge, you know, Alex Jones takes on the soy boys. I enjoyed it for entertainment, but this is what I actually got some value from. I guess I'll play on. Because Shannon Sharp got to be a different person than that other person. Absolutely. And he always was. That doesn't change when I change teams. That remains the same. That's how a legacy is built. So all of these shortcut takers, I, I was, they canceled me for talking about Harvey Weinstein before the thing came out, but he offered to suck my penis in front of all my people at my agency. What am I supposed to do? He did all of that. I'm thinking I'm the only black person on the script. I get there. It's three other black guys on there. Woo. Huh. So you wonder what they did to get <laughs> I told him no. What y'all do? <laughs> <laughs> and this is why when I walk in a room, heads go down. Behind my back, I'm nothing. I'm just a regular old comedian that's bitter and jealous. But in my face, no, no, no. The king has walked in and they have to respect it only because I've not taken the shortcuts. I've not been funded. They pay you to not talk about things they don't want you to talk about. 
They tell you that themselves. I can't do that because I. Steve told you that he stopped doing stand up because he has seven TV shows. The only problem is when he stopped stand up, he didn't have those seven TV shows. He stopped stand up because he got in a comedy battle called the Championship of Stand Up Comedy with one Cat Williams in Detroit in front of 10,000 people and lost because Cat Williams said he was actually bald and that was a wig. And I went in and that's why he couldn't do stand up anymore. Imagine him coming to tell you another story where he got so big and it was Bernie and them's fault because they wanted to be movie stars. What? You called Ocean Eleven to get that nigga's uh, every game day. Bet on your favorite teams. This you were this you this you were a, a prodigy. You were brilliant. You talked to me that you got accepted to college at seven years of age. You could read fluently at three years of age. So having that kind of knowledge, having that kind of of uh, a uh, 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 prodigy, or so what was so I mean with it. What was your upbringing? How how was it? How was life as Cat Williams crunk coming up? Um, I I. I was often confused because I knew things and I wasn't sure how I knew them. Um, I knew things that I f felt like I don't have a reason that I, I know this, but I, I love to read. Um, I'm going to pause real quick. Um, I, 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 I watched an interview that Cat Williams did with uh, what's the motherfucker's name? Uh, not Wolf Blitzer, but the motherfucker from like 60 Minutes or some bullshit. The old guy. I can't remember. I know but, who you're talking about. I don't remember his name. What the fuck's his name? But he asked he asked Cat Williams one one question that was particularly interesting. He said, what is your superpower? And Cat Williams responds clairvoyance without hesitation. I found that kind of interesting. Cat Williams, very puts interesting. A, he puts on sort of this um, character of the black man, the, the pimp, the fucking, you know, comedian, the fuck, you know, he's, he, he plays this character, this character of Cat Williams. He talks with a certain, uh, how do, how do you say, uh, I don't know, dialect. Inflection. Inflection. But he's wicked fucking smart. Way fucking smarter than you would think just listening to him for 30 seconds. That's why it's kind of worth playing him for some time. So, I, you know, I pause there. I think he's about to get into his childhood. If anybody wants to say anything, though, by all means. I think it would be definitely worth not that I'm saying like, oh, this guy's lying. It would be really worth investigating. Like if his mom can verify this dude, that's mm -hmm. really hard to come back from. That's like really hard to say like he's wrong about something. If he's if he's telling the truth about all this shit and like his parents are like, oh, yeah, this is totally true. Dude, that's a fucking killer weapon right there. That's a guy who's been reading for longer than most people have been alive mm -hmm. who are the same age or younger than him. You know what I mean? Or older than him. You know, like that's that's pretty crazy. Well, it sounds, according to his story, it sounds like he has almost no relationship 
with his parents. They they were hardcore. Um, what was it? Jehovah's Witness. Hmm, interesting. And he he kind of cut and run. That didn't work for him, you know. Hey, Mike. Quick question: Was it Larry yeah. King? Sir Larry Tim's? King. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So credit to to Sir Tim who uh, was asking about that, which that no. would have been a CNN, not sixty Minutes. Gotcha. No, it was Larry King, and actually that would maybe be interesting to play if someone wants to uh, grab a link. But I'll play another couple minutes of this uh, unless there's any other thoughts. Okie doke. Um, I was voracious because they told me when I was young that knowledge was powerful. Uh, that knowledge was power, and I, and I had studied powerful people, and I... I um, I really believe that I, I, I immediately my next project was to read the whole encyclopedia set. So when you're like six, seven years old, you read the whole encyclopedia set. You think you're one of the smartest people in the world right. only to get out in the world and find out you don't know anything. You know, so it um, it was a it was a confusing time. But, yeah, I had a childhood. I was I was grown. But I, I at five years old, I was in front of five, 10,000 people giving a performance with a full suit and tie on, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it hasn't, it had, it, it, it came full circle um, for my life. I knew that the applause and um, the giving of information and laughs and truth to people somehow benefited them and also benefited you and, um, yeah, so when they would ask me what I wanted to be, everything that I would say that I wanted to be was something that didn't exist. And they would never give me credit for it because I needed to say uh, a doctor or a lawyer, but that's not what I wanted to be. So your parents weren't as supportive as you would have hoped because you were wanting to be things when you got older that they had no knowledge of or it didn't exist at the time. No, it, it wasn't that. It, it was... Um, I'm saying I'm I'm almost a hundred years old right now, but if we go outside right now, I can run a four three forty or or sub. I can do a four one six if I'm Oh, there's short. Jimmy John's across the street. We can order a sub. <laughs> but um Oh, you've been on the submarine. That what you sub? So um so back then it was even greater. So you got this guy that all the coaches want to play. Hey, Cass, I don't do that. Hold on, because I'm I'm five foot five in the fifth grade. I've been this size my whole <laughs> life. Like there was a portion of school where I was one of the big dudes. Like it, just, as soon as everybody caught a growth spurt, I was out of there. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm saying I was a competitive individual. Mm -hmm. My father was an athlete. I can see like, that. Like, 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 no, I've been 145 pounds my whole career. That's why I never bothered when they said, you cats on drugs. I knew, how are you going to prove that? I'm, <laughs> my body is a temple. I've been the same size since I was 10. <laughs> like, what do you, yeah, like, I, I, ha I, haven't, I haven't changed off this pivot foot. This has always been who I was before stand-up or anything. But it was, a, um, it was an interesting childhood. I, I, I appreciate my parents, even though um, I couldn't live within the religious frameworks of right. what they had set up. Um, Okay, so we've we've got this Larry King interview, and I almost think it might be more concise. 
I again, I recommend anybody that finds this whole thing interesting, listen to the entirety of that Club Shay Shay interview. That's what it's called, Club Shay Shay. Uh, Sean, what's his name? Um, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Shannon, not Sean. Shannon Sharp. Um, but I, I find this character of Cat Williams, who I only knew uh, a very cursory kind of image of who Cat Williams was until I dove into this. This is why I like actually this whole baster bogus diving into celebrity personalities thing, because I think one out of a hundred of them are genuinely interesting. Any thoughts? I think the. I think... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say the Steven Seagal episode is widely regarded as the worst episode of the WTF forum. Um, says that who? Says the fucking five people I convinced to watch it while we were live streaming. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, I don't care about it. I don't even know who this is right now. <laughs> but that's okay. It was a funny fucking time to be there. Uh, but uh, I think it's the best. <laughs> yeah, that's because you were fucking, you were having a good time, dude. You were yeah. fucking not sober, and I was. I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> but, but no, this up. is really interesting. I and and I think the uh, we've done, or I, at least I've been here with you, and we've done another baster bogus on uh, who who was it? Um, I'm trying to remember uh, somebody else that we did. That was like a really good episode. Like that one was well received, at least in my friend group, and and everybody thought that was at least something that was like pretty interesting to bring up and, and honestly i think this is really good too i'll have to watch this full interview when we're done or whatever because like i'm pretty interested in what he's saying honestly um it, it's pretty it's pretty cool he seems like you know you would never think curse like cursory knowledge of cat williams he's the guy from like memes from like 2015 vine videos and fucking the occasional if you pop on netflix and you see a special or whatever and you're really bored you put it on with your buddies but he seems fucking he seems pretty smart. You know what I mean? Now it's like, he's this intelligent guy. So yeah, I think you're right. He has this character, but he's really underneath the surface. He's just this deep, deep guy. Supposedly, uh, like I said, he emancipated himself at 13 years old. He was homeless for a time by choice. Um, he was, he claims that he was in, in some ways kind of raised, by hookers on the streets while he was out there living homeless. I mean, fascinating shit. Let's let's see what this Larry King interview has to offer. For a singer, Cat's comedy specials have sold out arenas across the globe, and he's been featured on networks like BET and HBO. On the big screen, we've seen him in films like Friday, After Next, Norbit, and First Sunday, just to name a few. Cat is currently in the middle of his new stand-up comedy tour called The Great American Tour, a version of which will be coming to Netflix on January 16th, 2018. He is also set to star alongside Ed Helms and Owen Wilson in Father Figures. That much-awaited film is due out December 22nd of this year. Cat, thanks for... Now, I'll point out real quick, um, he actually mentions this interview in particular when he's on the Club Shay Shay 
Uh, he says, I don't do this kind of shit much unless I find the person genuinely interesting to where I would want to talk to them kind of in real life is how he phrases it. And he gives uh, Shannon Sharp that like honor of saying, yo, you have done a good job of creating a safe space for truth on your podcast. And he correlates it to Larry King, which is maybe worth noting. Um, what Whatever we think of Larry King, uh, apparently Cat Williams thought highly of him, at least before he uh, did this interview. Any thoughts before I play? Anybody have strong opinions about Larry King? Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw him uh, in an episode of a television show at, where I did not like his uh, character, but that's okay. I'll uh, forgive him for it. I'm not. A, I've never really watched any of Larry King's interviews, so I don't really have anything to base this on. <laughs> well, you know, part of me wants to hope that maybe Larry King was like one of the last of a a dying breed of actual fucking journalists, but I I can't say that for certain. You know, well, he's where he is. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> yeah, and that's fair. That's fair. All right, let's play on. For coming, you, you're on the Great American Tour. What topics are you covering in this Great American Tour? First, Larry, I'd be remiss if I didn't say what a great pleasure this is to be with you. I, I, I think you need to know that um, for a lifetime, you've been an exposer of substance. And um, my life was not going to be complete until I got to your table because I've spent so long trusting your opinion of people and things and situations. So well, thank you. Uh, I'm honored. I have to start with that. Um, as far as the Great America Tour goes, this had to be written last year. And the tour prior to that was conspiracy theory. So we put out some things in that tour that we thought might happen. And this tour is just a reminder that uh, no, no matter what America goes through, that's part of what makes us great. It's not... Um, so it's very topical. I try to be, if possible. You write the whole thing out? Mm -hmm. It's no ad-libbing? That's not true. I, I write it out, and then it's a constant race on the 100 city tour to get it as sharp as it can possibly be before we put it out to the masses is the trump administration easy fodder for comedians not easier fodder more but not easier as comedians we like things to be on the fringes and this is not a fringe conversation this is a very mainstream conversation and so it. In other uh, words, it's a parody of itself. Indeed, indeed. So and what do you parody when he's a parody? There you go. And because he understands the rules of engagement, that's why he involved himself, and that's why he was sure he would win. If you build yourself on a philosophy that most people are stupid, and then you win, <laughs> it's not a lot of win in that. In your act, do you run into many Trump supporters? I don't feel a different way about a Trump supporter than I do a Clinton supporter. Those 
we're all Americans. There are justifiable reasons why people voted for the guy they voted for. And there are justifiable reasons for why they didn't vote the other way. And when we continue to not address what people's genuine concerns are because of how they look or what we have already preconceived about them, then we lose as a nation. Do you sing? Damn. Honestly, I'm like, I'm I'm at the point here. I'm like, fucking run for office, cat. Run for office. You're you're well spoken, bro. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the psyop here. Maybe he will. You know, I don't know. All right, I'll carry on. In your act? Never. No. But you are a singer and a rapper too, right? Well, you are the things you try. It's just what modicum of success you're having. Uh, but stand-up is the lifeblood, and so I don't, I don't I mix it. anything with it. Would you say it, it was unbelievable history the other night when a white man elected in Alabama on the Democratic ticket in his victory speech quoted Martin Luther King Jr.? No. Nope. In order to be involved in the things these people are allegedly or actually involved in, it means you have to have a lot of cojones. You have to be willing to do things that most of us would go, you don't do that. And so because they lack that filter, it's not a big deal to ride in on a horse named Sassy as a pedophile. But he lost. Yes. Yes. And the winner quoted Martin Luther King. Yes, but understand, there's this is not a right side, wrong side situation. This guy being ridiculously wrong does not make the other guy more right. So how did you look at the election? Um, like a great American. We are America no matter who the president has been. Were there good things about the guy? Yeah, Reagan, Clinton, Bush, these... These were not bums. These guys tried as hard as they could, and, and each of them had a different plan and a way they were going to attack things. But we are not our country. Our country is us. So whoever the president is, that directly affects us, and yet it does not. We're a great country because of the people involved. So we rise above it no matter who is president? Naturally. Except we're affected by who is president. Absolutely. But we have to address why. And until we address why and keep trying to act like a portion of our rural population has a different thought process than the urban one, no, these are not the case. But they don't know that because they're never there in real life. Has your comedy changed over the years? Uh, yes, sir. The um, worse my personal life is, the better my stand-up career is. Because you've had some trouble in your personal life. Well, you know, uh, it, it's not all been pleasant, but the effect on my product has not been adverse. So I, so in I've other words, much if from you've had a run-in with and were arrested or something, right? And you're on stage the next night. Yeah. That makes the next night better. Um. No, it's it's that 
I'm an experimental person, and so a lot of times, in order for me to present the case, I had to do a real-life experiment. My experiment found that wherever I was, I was always the guilty party, no matter what. And nothing happens to anybody as soon as we remove me from the situation, the situation is better. And so that was something I was trying to present on behalf of black people and I got lost in my own experiment and, <laughs> and fell victim to it. But these are the hassles. Next, we're going to take a look at Cat Williams' incredible career, including how he got started in the comedy business. Okay. Any any thoughts? Dude, he, you're right. He seems very well-spoken. Uh, I would almost... Dude, it was the fucking Afro Man episode. I just remembered that was the yeah. other base through Vegas, and that was like, <laughs> dude, maybe Afro Man should run for president. No, I think Cat Williams he, honestly should, but it would also be incredibly yeah. funny if Afro Man was with him. Well, Afro Man is running for president. Yeah, yeah, in a sense, but like apparently, by the way, I don't know if you guys have seen this in the news. If you're the state of Colorado, at least you're allowed to just legislate who can and can't be on the ballot. Right. Okay. Just saying, it's a little weird. I'm gonna write in uh, Afro Band though for sure, hundred percent. I'll write in Cat Williams, dude. On like, I think you have to be like technically running, but wouldn't it be very funny if Cat Williams got enough of a minority vote to show up like on news polls or something? Like, Cat Williams is polling just below Joe Biden. Like, that's pretty good. Well, you know, I. It's a it's a pretty great idea if he could run for president, but I I still have that hang up where running for president, having someone it's it's just another it goes right back to that whole thing of if we just had the right person in office, um, we could actually affect some change. And it's like that's never gonna happen. They're never gonna allow a person to be elected as president that's going to be able to affect the change that the people want. They want to be able to dictate to us what we think we want. They want to convince us of what we want instead of us deciding for ourselves what we want. And making laws and electing people in an office that don't know how half the country lives is never going to make that change. And it's always only ever going to be on the individual level. And and I think that's like, it's the basis of what Jesus taught. It's like it starts with each and every single one of us. And in order for us to affect that change, we have to be able to reach other people and have them see it the same way. But I don't, I don't think that having someone in office that we feel speaks for us is going to make a difference. Well, I only I only halfway joke about like, oh, I know, oh what you, mean. you know, yeah. can't run for office. <laughs> I know you meant. I I have zero faith in the in the process as it as it is, but like I said, like honestly, this this conversation between him and Shannon Sharp was a white pill kind of moment for me because I'm like, I don't know, like Cat Cat Williams, man, like he's he's about the truth. That's that was the gist of what I gathered. He's about the truth. It's why he left home in the first place. 
you know? Um, yeah, I, I, I line this up to where he's talking about when he left home. I think it's worth showing. I mean, again, you know, if y'all are getting tired, feel free to bail. You can always. I'm good, dude. I'm having a good time. Yeah, me too. Me too. Honestly, I'm actually currently also trying to figure out if there's like a fucking fed in my DMs, which is equally as intriguing because like <laughs> I'm reading these messages, by the way. I don't know if you guys have seen me. I'm reading. I'm like, that sounds like something that somebody who doesn't understand what I'm about would want me to think, which is <laughs> well, fucking when in, funny. When in doubt, assume it's a fed. Honestly, dude, I'm pretty sure, by the way, that Mike, I'm like 50% sure Mike's a fed. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, I'm, Ooh, me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing, bro. But no, the concept hey. is pretty funny. Just be mistrustful of every single person you meet. All day. All day. Guess what I did yesterday, though? What's that? I bought a, I bought a new toy. Oh, shit. What do you got? What is that? Is that like fucking a flashlight on a, on a glizzy? Nice. That's a, that's, a, that's a lit up glizzy. That's a Glock 43. Nice. Yeah. Okay. 43. Yeah. That's sweet, man. Hell yeah. I'm rolling. I, uh, I was going to tell you, I don't know if I did actually, I might have, <laughs> uh, like in September way back, I did a, I did a fishing trip. That's what we were doing, right? Yeah. Sorry. My memory's just toasted recently. We were, uh, September fishing trip. I was making my way over the mountain pass, um, uh, on the way back from where I was. And, mm -hmm. uh, I was listening to your fucking early episodes of your show and it was like foggy and like the the world was just mysterious. It looked like I was in Skyrim and I was listening to the fucking easy peasy podcast early, like early episodes, like the bar interview episodes and stuff that you used uh -huh. to do. Yeah. And it was, it was very surreal. And I, I don't know if I texted you about that and I know it's completely out of context, but it was like, it was a fucking good time, dude. It was like, oh. it was this weird experience I had. I don't, I don't think you texted me about it, but I'm it glad to hear it. It yeah, awesome. I need to. I need to do some more uh, man on the street type of shit. It's I been a, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, dude. Whoop, wrong button. Goddamn. All right, let's carry on. Uh, before you know, Liam sucks my cock much more. Hey, I'm not sucking. I'm just lightly licking the tip. It's a, just a hair. All right, here we go. No, no, no. I'm not being challenged. I'm being beat to death. Oh, he was abusive. I didn't say that. I said we were in an altercation. Oh, uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. I saw what you did there. I saw what you did there, cat. Yeah. I saw what you did. You was in an altercation. You didn't say you lost. You said you was in an altercation. I in no way gave you the impression that I won anything. I'm the one leaving. I'm out of bounds. This is his house. Right. Yeah, yeah. You so as long as I'm going to be under his roof, there are certain things that I'm going to have to do. Right. And the only way that's going to change is either this or that. Right. And I, I, I'm saying I had two younger brothers. Like, I'm not I'm not an unreasonable person. Like, I don't have any mental issues whatsoever, despite what they lead people to believe. You know, I make good, pretty good decisions. Were you not... Uh so how was their relationship with your father? Were you not afraid to leave them? Well, I asked because it it went all the way to the actual department. So it was actually going to be something. Um, and when I asked them if they could just make sure that my brothers didn't get separated and what have you, um, 
they said they couldn't make those type of guarantees that they weren't really sure what would happen if this went down. And so part of leaving was the hope that it would be okay for them because not, none of them experienced what I experienced. I'm saying I'm the oldest. It's a lot riding on right. me. I'm supposed to at least religiously hold down the family's name Correct. at this household. Right. You know what I mean? How much older are you than the baby and the knee baby? Like a lot older. Like I, if I'm I 12, think, I 13. Think, yeah, they're five. And in Pampers. Wow. You go to Florida, you tell the story of her, you, t you were homeless. And right. somebody else told the story, said they were homeless, and you said they they hijacked your story. Now I don't hey, I don't at 13, I shouldn't have to tell you I'm homeless. I'm in a I'm I'm in Miami, Florida. I have no family members in Florida. I couldn't buy a house if I wanted to. I couldn't get an apartment if I wanted Correct. to. I don't have a credit history. Like this is not a stretch for me to say that I'm homeless. I'm, I'm living in a park in Coconut Grove. The park still exists to this day. Mm -hmm. For eight hours a day, I would get up and go to the library and study for eight hours a day to increase my education. And then I would leave out of there and go to the marina and steal car radios and make $2,000 almost daily. Like I had a routine. This so you really could have played that San old thief in Santa Claus. You could have played it. No, the Santa Claus wasn't a thief. The Santa, yeah, he was. the Santa Claus, you can't tell me. I read the script. Ricky Smiley told you he didn't read the script. The, the Santa Claus was a crackhead. He just had that outfit on. That's what I couldn't have played. Okay. Like I couldn't have played a black guy that got raped in the bathroom. Right. So at any point in time, you're like, man, I made a mistake, man. I should have stayed my butt in Ohio, man, because this is, man, this ain't what I signed up for. I didn't experience anything once I left home that I hadn't signed up for. If anything, it saved my life. Me being homeless for that small period of time allowed me to see all of the people that were in that situation and to see that these were lawyers and doctors and, and, and teachers and that these people were white and black and Asian and Indian. And the only thing that all of these homeless people had in in, in common was um they made a bad decision and aligned themselves with drugs. And I interviewed them all. What drug? What? And guess what, Shannon? What? Nobody had a great story. Nobody had a great story of what meth had done for them, what crack had done for them, what cocaine had done for them, what heroin had done for them, what speed had done for them. Nobody had them stories. Everybody's story was I had my life together. And then I decided to do this dumb thing. And I lost my wife. I lost my house. I lost my cars. I lost my reputation. And now I'm now out here sucking penis in the woods. What? Talk about scared straight. You ain't got to worry about me. <laughs> if it ain't weed or nicotine, you won't see me touching it. I don't want no parts. I done seen what these things can do to people. <laughs> Sorry, I just I love that. If it ain't weed or nicotine, I don't want no part of it. <laughs> Be smart. Dude. I done I done seen what it can do to people. Again, I'm like I'm like 
when I when I when I think about what it means to be Christ-like, if if Cat Williams is telling the truth about his story at 13 years old, leaving home, living with prostitutes, living on the slums, living in the park. You know, aside from stealing radios to to pay the bills or whatever, you know, like it's kind of a Christian, it's a Christian story. It's a Christ like story. I, you know, I think, I think he's done a good job of being able to relate with people of all, yeah. of all types, I mean, yeah, white, black, kind of yellow, cool. purple, you know, don't matter. Also, he plays a hell of a pin mm. because of the time he spent with all the whores. Yeah. That's yeah. why that's he says that's why he got the part of Money Mike, the pimp, in Friday After Last. Hold on, I'm pretty sure. Hold on, let me let me. I you know I hope I'm not going off the deep end here. Uh, yeah, Stella, no, I wasn't wrong about that. Yeah, he Stella, also plays a pimp named Slickback in the Boondocks, so there's a very good chance that that episode was at least influenced by him. Guaranteed. Stella Fido like. Any thoughts here? Um, no, not really. <laughs> to be <Yeah>. honest, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah. is this? I mean, is... look, I, my thoughts are generally too black pilled, so I'm just gonna, you know. So you you think he's controlled? I don't know. I I I can't say for sure about anything, but um, I'm at first I'm thinking, yeah, he seems really legit. I don't know. I just find it incredible that he's still alive if he's if he's been doing this for a long time and oh the, the other thing you got to consider is that all these people seem to have all these you know hard luck stories and they've all overcome they've all got these interesting stories you know and these so you know could be legit but i don't know um I, i'm just sus of anybody basically in in the spotlight <laughs> or in hollywood anywhere um i I, could, I hear what you're saying that there might be you know one occasionally that seems to slip through and <laughs> become successful I'm not, I'm not really sure about that but um hollywood it's hollywood it's a structure made for a purpose which is to keep the people entertained and distracted and of course there's the brainwashing that goes along with it it's a propaganda tool so i don't know i'm just i'm very skeptical but <clears throat> well you know. maybe we uh we should compare to another uh, prominent figure who who seemingly came out of nowhere. You know, the thing about Cat Williams that I find compelling, he's been around and he's been basically saying the same thing for I don't know, 30 years. His story has not changed. Uh he didn't come out of nowhere to prominence. He you know, he worked his way up. Uh but comparing him to someone else uh might be worth doing here. How about Vivek Ramaswamy, somebody who came out of the thin blue air, and and seems to uh, be saying a lot of a lot of things people want to hear. Vivek Ramaswamy, should you trust him? Some of you won't like this, but hear me out. He seems to be everywhere. Clips of him giving it to the man and calling out the establishment all over social media skyrockets from unknown to top of the Republican polls. And I understand why. He says what we all want to hear. End the war, secure the border, drain the swamp, unity, freedom, 
truth. Which outlets are considered untrustworthy propaganda media? MSNBC, Business Insider, AP, Forbes, The New York Times, The New Yorker, Huffington Post, Axios, Political, just to name a few. The mouthpiece of the establishment. Then why are they all so supportive of Vivek? Doesn't make sense. How is he considered anti-establishment when he's supported by the establishment? If you or I were to say some of the anti-woke things he says, we would be shadow banned. But somehow, he's trending on every single major social media platform. Hmm. Prior to politics, he was a hedge fund manager. His claim to fame was a pharmaceutical startup company called Royvent. In the nine years it's been in business, it has never been profitable or delivered a working product. Although Royvent continues to fail their clinical trials, they were able to find investors and raise money making Vivek an extremely wealthy entrepreneur. Good at convincing people to invest. Poor at delivering product and execution. Not a good sign. So what about the money? The media highlights that Vivek has invested over $10 million of his own money to fund his campaign, an honorable feat. Vivek announced his run for presidency in February 2023. How long do you think it takes to make that decision and execute a plan? Six, eight months? July 2022, the value of Royvent stock is just over $3 per share. On February 21st, 2023, Vivek announces his run for presidency, and on February 22, he sells 4 million shares for approximately $32 million at nearly $8 per share. Well over $15 million in profit in six months prior to him announcing presidency. Good for him, right? Make that money. Company is losing over $1 billion per year, but he got paid. Smart guy. But anytime things are just so coincidental, I'm forced to keep digging. Why did the stock price of an unprofitable, failing company rise over 100%? How does it go from an all-time low to nearly its all-time high? Institutional money. You remember when Vivek said the financial investment giants like BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard represent arguably the most powerful cartel in human history? Well, guess who's on the list of institutional investment giants that started giving his company money one year ago? You want to guess? BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. All three have added to their positions in the last quarter, and Roviant, which Vivek still owns 7% share in, is now up over 300% in the last year, making it worth close to $1 billion. During the Republican primary debate, Vivek vowed to end the teachers' union. Guess who is also on this list of investors? California State Teachers Retirement System. Look, his intentions may be pure, and this is all a coincidence. Maybe there's a great explanation. However, I am not a financial analyst nor investigative reporter, but I was able to find all this out in a couple hours of sifting through publicly available data. Why is his connection to George Soros via scholarship and his involvement in the Ohio COVID-19 response team scrubbed from Wikipedia. In 2021, he was named a young global leader by the World Economic Forum. Two years later, after using that title to raise investments for his company, he sued the WEF to remove his name from the list. Three months after that, he was able to settle with Klaus Schwab's WEF and receive a formal letter of apology. How do you sue what many may consider evil the World Economic Forum 
and win and get an apology letter in three months. He's either that good or, I don't know, any real journalist or news outlet could have easily found out all this info, but they didn't. Real question is, why? Yep. <laughs> I, don't, I don't buy that letter of apology from Klaus. <laughs> it's a nice well, one. Frankly, <laughs> frankly, I don't even buy the whole video. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I, you know, I've, this this Asian guy, I don't know his name, but he he's put out videos about we we've used his videos a few times, but I don't take him at his word. I don't, you know, like, I don't know, man. Like, but at the same time, I'm, you know, I'm I'm trying to be a bit of a dev, devil's advocate here. I'm like, I I would like to think we could trust Cat Williams. And at the same time, I'm like, even this Vivek Ramaswamy character, I'm like, I don't want to write him off entirely. But the fact that he's yeah. saying everything I want to hear and the fact that he came out of thin blue air does make me wonder, you know, Cat Williams, he's been saying the same shit for 10 years, 20 years. I don't know about Vivek. Like he is genuinely, you know, fresh off the boat, if you will. Yeah, well, they throw us a hero every so often because mm -hmm. it keeps us engaged and gives us that little bit of hope that we need to stop the riots and stop any civil action, even though they probably would like that now, but um prior to. So um yeah I just these people are just little heroes that are thrown out they they're all characters I, I I just can't get I haven't really got much else to say about it they're all characters as far as I'm concerned they might be there sounding like they're saying the right stuff and giving hope but that's what they're there for <laughs> so anyone else I was going to say I don't have much else so final thoughts no. Um, I was, I was immediately suspicious when I saw the, uh, all the videos on, or the, the clips of Ramaswamy and just the way he talks, he just talks like a, a salesman and I'm always suspicious of him when they start talking like a salesman and, and he's quick on his fact, facts recall and, you know, and all that, but, um, he says everything I mean, that that was one of the things too is he says everything that everybody wants to hear and he doesn't actually i don't think he's actually got a plan to fix anything and even if he did once he got into office he's going to end up being just like all the rest of them so uh there's always a change that occurs when uh they're running for office and they ne we've never seen a, a politician really fulfill any of the promises that they run on so i mean he's and he's promising quite a bit and i don't think he's going to be able to deliver i have uh zero faith in him and he's done nothing to show me that he um has any has the means to 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 pull off what he's wanting to do um just simply for the fact that you know it's not when he get he's acting like when he gets in the office he'll just be able to do all this stuff and there is an entire process that is involved and getting all these things done that he wants to get done. And granted, I will say, you know, 
Biden does a lot of stuff by executive order. You can't run a government on executive orders. There has to be cooperation between the um, the government, the, the the branches of government. And so I don't. It's just another one of those, like you said, um, they give us our heroes, they give us our villains, and I think they're going to end up going with Ramaswamy on the on the Republican nomination. I think he's going to end up so ended up. I don't think Trump's going to run. I think Ramaswamy's going to get it. And but, you know, I don't vote for presidents anymore. So I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, everyone me, else, yeah, they're me. they're they're being led down the path, the garden path to this this hope and change future that Ramaswamy is promising. And it's just it's going to be more of the same shit, just a different face. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I don't put any faith in the in the process, you know, but it's worth kind of paying attention to. Absolutely. I agree. Sorry. Go ahead, Stella. I was just going to remind people of the definition of insanity. I mean, I just I don't understand how people, particularly in our community, can be at this point in the game and still think right. that there's going to be any difference made by exactly. who's in the office or who's running or who's saying what. It doesn't matter. It's it's a, there's a bunch of shadow people running the world. These people are just in our faces, actors on stages. That's all they're there for. Well, I'll I'll only disagree with you on one point there, Stella. I think who's saying what does matter that's why like i was so intrigued and um even encouraged by this interview with cat williams because i'm like it it really does matter the conversation i mean to me that's what matters and like i meant more than like the politician promises no no no, i get you i get you i get you um i'm just making my point in that like who's saying what is a big deal that's why I'm like this, you know, I started with that debate with uh, Alex Jones and all, all the soy boys, you know, the, the Aaron Rodgers thing, like these, these are the point of the spear of the general conversation. Right. And I'm, I'm kind of encouraged, you know, the whole thing, you know, Cat Williams said he, he had a clip where he's like, you know, 2024 is the year that like truth comes out. And I, I hope he's right. Like to me, that was a really encouraging idea. And I, I kind of agree just cause it seems like that's what's happening. Not everybody's going to accept it, but the truth is coming out. You know, it's kind of like, you know, like it or not get out the way. Here comes the truth. Hmm. I wonder how much it's just going to get skipped, though, a lot of the truth that's coming out because everyone is so distracted and everyone's looking at their phones and everyone's just, oh, blah, 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 scroll, blah, 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 scroll, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's insane. Well, and and we have people like Tim Pool, the industry, or not in, industry, but um, like the alt-media gatekeepers who would prefer to sweep the real meat of the issue under the rug. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's, yeah, it kind that's, of, yeah. it really kind of irritated me that um, Tim pool is so aggravated that people are still talking about COVID and yeah. it's yeah, because, you. you know, they, they've done it, you know, they, they managed to 
fool the vast majority of the country into doing something that they didn't necessarily want to do. And it is worth talking about. It is worth dissecting. It is worth breaking down every bitter detail. Yeah, I think to we should understanding talk about it to understanding the process of how like we are always like they're they're still talking about World War II and like mm-hmm. war tactics and what happened in Germany and what led up and all of that is important to mm-hmm. talk about and and make sure that everybody is expressly and explicitly clear on how something like that could have happened. Just same with COVID. <laughs> we all need to understand and break it down to its bare components as to how this could have happened. Because they're going to do it again. They're going to. They're just waiting long enough for people's attention to to be switched to something else and be distracted, distracted enough that they can pull the trigger on it. And as we all know, every, people's attention spans are getting ever and ever shortener, shorter. And mm-hmm. um, it won't be much longer. They're going to they're gonna do it again. Yeah, and another reason that we are talking about, like, you know, World War Two and all that, there has been a resurgence in all that because of what's happened. And also because we're starting to figure out that it's not only – a few things here and there that they've lied to us about. It's just about freaking everything. So we have everything. to yeah. we have to revise history and, you know, even down to things like Pearl Harbor, for instance. That's complete crap. Even like the way every war gets started, it's all crap. It's all orchestrated by a f- bunch of rich people who are trying to make money and they're funding both sides and it has been like that for fucking a long time. And guess it's- what? It's the same thing. Over and over and over yep. again. The definition of insanity is expected. The definition to be of different. insanity. Our 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 species, our human, the the human species has been insane for the last probably <laughs> three four hundred years, doing the exact same thing over and mm-hmm. over and over. I would say since probably uh, since the United States was started, I would say that's really when the um, what you call it the um, the pattern really kicked in into high gear because they did this it's the and it was just in a different context but it was the exact same thing they did the exact same thing to the first americans that they did to us with covid it's just it's unreal it's absolutely unreal and to try to explain it to people they think you're crazy and maybe i am but you know we're all crazy for having let this go on for as long as it has yeah, I know well, you can I'm, say that, but then what do you do about it? I mean, all you can do well, is try and, to talk, tell people well, and warn people and well, try to so shake them and say, stop expecting the same I thing think, all the time. I think, I think you're asking the right question, Stella. What do we do about it? It's what I like about Cat Williams. I think the only thing we can do is disrupt the pattern. You know, pattern disruption, change, mm-hmm. change the frequency, change the thought cycle the spiral you know disrupt it throw a wrench into the works and also implementing changes in your own life Mm -hmm. that have repercussions to your children to your family members to your friends to where Mm -hmm. they can also change the frequency in their own lives and but it takes each and every single one of us doing it i think mass non-compliance is what this country needs right now not violence not protests Not violence, not protest. Just, just say no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. But Why? Because I don't need a reason. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> people say they're going to say no and everything, and then they go, "Look, sorry to harp yeah, on about Netflix, but it is, it is the absolute, is. you know, epitome example that I, you know, keep coming back to. 
because people go, oh, yeah, we've got to stop this. And then they go home and turn Netflix on and pay another subscription month, you know. I just right. – we have to get serious about this and, you know. Right. And it's like with – Over and um, over again, it's keeps saying the same But it's like, with, it's like with sugar addicts, you know. They're like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut back on my sugar. And then they do good and then they go right back to it. And they fall off the bandwagon. And it's like, you know, it's, it, it, is, it is hard, but it is keeping each other accountable. And that was, that's another uh, teaching of Jesus, keeping each other accountable. And not like in a punitive way, not like punishing people, but like, hey, look, man, we say we were going to do this. We got to stay on focus. We got to stay. Oh. <laughs> this is all going to work out for us. And just being there for each other and understanding that none of us are perfect. All of us are going to mess up and just being able to forgive each other and move on when it comes to sticking to the plan. Yeah. It's, 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 it's about attaining a certain mindset though. Right. We have to break the old programming. Exactly. Like we don't, I don't think people realize even myself sometimes now I sort of realize, wow, that was total programming that I just said then or did. And, you know, we, it's hard to break. It's been a whole lifetime or generations of programming. Right. And this, this is how they keep getting away with it as well, because a generation is considered between 15 and 30 years. 15 years is not very long. So if they don't get it right with this generation, they'll, they'll get it even more right with the next one. And then there's a point where it's like, um, there is going to be a point where unless everybody stops and wakes up and changes their mind, changes their mind, um, it's going to be too late because we're already pretty much, you know, we're already in these, you know, digital prisons to a point. We've already got a social credit system. We're already, you know, how far do you go to get your groceries? More than 15 minutes? More than 20 minutes? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's it, perhaps the resistance should have happened 50 years ago. I don't know. But by the time people wake I, up and, and realise that they've got to do something, it's going to be too damn late unless it happens really soon. I got to say, you, you sound awfully black-pilled there, Stella. I Well, clear-pilled. I, you know, yeah, clear-pilled, sure. I still have a lot of, a lot of hope. And that, that probably shines through in my um, perhaps false optimism. But, like, I think there's a whole lot of folks out there that are fighting for the truth even if they don't know it all and they don't have all the answers, um, you know, ourselves included, like I get, I get a lot out of at the very least, uh, exploring these topics with folks like you and, um, the power of that should not be understated. I don't want us to get disempowered, even though it, can feel like we're talking about the same shit. I mean, you catch my drift? Like there's hope. There's hope, man. Like let's not let's not give up the fight, you know? Mike's always well, the guy you know, that thinks there's a there's a way better chance that people wake up than the than that they stay asleep. Which I appreciate about you, by the way. I try to stay I go positive. back and forth. I go back and forth on it where I'm like, yeah. oh man, this guy's totally wearing a mask in his in his car by himself. But that, you know what? I'm gonna ignore <laughs> it. I'm gonna pretend <laughs> that people can be better. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I that's it's sort of the part part of what makes this show great is like we have different we have different like ideas and week to week that sometimes 
we'll agree on something. Sometimes we'll disagree on something. And, and at the end of the day, it's fucking it's what makes us interesting here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it is kind of like while wild people like Tim Pool say it's like beating a dead horse. In reality, it's it's coming back to what is important. It's reiterating what is important and helping helping us to maintain our 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 force of will you know when we do want to revert back to our previous programming we've got to regroup and and deprogram again and that's what this discussion this keeping this discussion going is is helping to reset the mind frame the the mindset that we are trying to do something better. We are trying to do something bigger than what we than than ourselves, and we're trying to escape that programming of falling back into those old patterns of when we were, you know, still sub. We're we're still doing the same things with getting no results. You know what I mean? It's, I say it's, I it's, say fuck fuck Tim Pool trying to sweep COVID under the rug. He showed his true guy. he tr- he showed his true colors. He's not interested in in truth because the the covid conversation is not even remotely finished but he's done with it he you know fuck him he i i i'm predicting that this time next year his show is half as big because 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 of what he said just with that that he's done with the conversation all right well your audience isn't most folks aren't and yeah. not to mention yeah. the fact that there are some people that are just now starting to wake up to it and you're like you're right. done with the conversation right. but there's still yeah. people that need more context to it and you're just going to bail on them the like, conversation's no. only just begun man exactly yeah um yeah just to correct something there i was not offering hopelessness it depends where you hmm. find your hope Okay, so it, we need what I'm talk, talking about is we can't keep trying to expect to live the same as we've been living because everything's changed now and everything they they who seem to have a lot of power because all the corporations, you know, this is fascism, all the corporations are wrapped up with them. So even if they aren't making the decisions, all the corporations that are involved with them are and that's that affects our lives, doesn't it? So what I'm saying is that we need, we need to sort of shift our thinking. It's not going to, we're never going to go back to normal. You know, there is no normal. We need to learn how to live differently and think differently and break away from this slavery mm-hmm. that we've been exactly. caught in. We need to go, you know, all the simple things like growing some food, going to the farmer's markets, all those things that everyone's talked about a lot. And I think just, you know, constantly talking about these the characters and these stories and things is not, really i don't know i just don't think it's really helping to change people's minds that much unless we're you know i don't know i just i I feel that that's that's the key is changing the mind changing the mindset deprogramming and um yes you know really being get the shift the focus (laughs) stop sitting there like a zombie being entertained make the entertainment turn the bloody telly off or Go and spit, you know, have a game of cards with your kids or something. I don't know, whatever. Just let's do something different. Right. Let's get out of this old cast that we're in. We have to do something different. We have to create new thoughts and create different ways of looking at the world, create a different world. 
I mean, I know that all sounds really cliched and all, you know, unicorn farts, but the only way we can change it is to think differently to what we've been thinking. So, you know, independence, I guess, yeah. look after each other, you know, our families and our backyards, um, get our attention off these pathetic clowns that just want our attention. <laughs> yeah. So I don't Time think it's our Time is our most valuable resource, and we it's all up to us how we spend yep. it. Yep. So I, sure. I don't know if you guys have this problem in like Australia, but like honestly, I've I've never heard a good word about Tim Pool from either side of the spectrum, which is just so funny. It's like almost like it's once as you get to a certain amount of like fame or whatever, there's like it's almost like there's like a fucking there's a crossroads where you just become a piece of shit or you become like not a piece of shit, but then you're not that famous. And that's like, that's like an ironic thing about our movement is like, we, we are immediately suspicious about anybody that is remotely famous or like has any amount of influence whatsoever. Hence the Cat William trep trepidation. Cause like, I was like, Hmm, he's really rich. I don't know if we could trust him guys, but it's overall seems good. It, 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 our country is just weirdly divided where like our, our media obviously is just owned. Like every, there's no way to get like yeah. actually good news and shit and so that's where a lot of people around the world like think that we're crazy but it's literally like we spend fucking 24 hours a day getting gaslighted by the media and fucking government and shit and like that's why it's like we seem kind of crazy sometimes in america we're like no fuck you like all i know is that this gun's gonna shoot you if you try to kill me that's it that's all i know i don't know nothing else about what's going on in the world accurately that's why so, it's it's yeah. why i bought a glock because i know it's gonna work Man, but, I wish we could have one. <laughs> I like the light on it. That's cool. And it's, can, um, and it's, it's why you can download one off the internet. <laughs> yeah. Some guy, in my, some guy in my little tiny suburb here actually got done for that a couple of about 18 months ago. A couple of years. Really? Ago. He was, yep. he was 3d printing or. Yep. Wow. He had some guns as well, but yeah, he also got done for downloading plans. Hmm. Y'all. Uh, shit. Well, I can't say because we're no better, but it's like, at what point do we just hang these motherfuckers? Sorry. Did I say that? Whoops. Oopsie daisy. Well, you know, they're all gathered in one place right now in Davos um, mm. with 5,000 mm -hmm. security guards around them. Mm. Um, you know, Mr. Putin, if you're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mind just sending one, one little thing over that way? Spare? It was a misfire. Whoops. Oopsie daisy. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's pride time. We, uh, we wrap her up, you know, again, like I, I guess I halfway apologize. Cause like I do, I try to come with some coherent line of thinking. Um, but in some ways I feel like this was like a catch up kind of week where, um, a whole lot happened and we had to kind of, I don't know, get it behind us. So yeah. with that, I guess I'll just say, I'll, you know, I'll say that's all I got. You know, I, I honestly, I had some things that I want to talk about too. And then I forgot what they even were. So hell, hell yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm good. Good. Good to be back. I uh, fucking, yeah, but we could talk and meet yeah, some man. new people, Stella and Fido and Ashley. It was nice to meet you guys. Obviously OG was yeah, on for me. a while. Yeah. Yeah. Ashley, hopefully we can talk some more. Ashley and OG had to bail. Um, we did go pretty long, so 
Yeah, it's five hours now. So that'll happen. That'll happen. But um, yeah, I'll try and stay on top of for like the next week or whatever, and maybe come back next time with some better topics for you. Well, you know, I I am always, I am always open to letting go of the reins. Uh, I tend to come with all the topics, but if people bring shit, I will will step step aside. I feel like we got to do an episode at least at one point. I don't know if it's everyone or just like maybe just like a one on one about like fucking like outlaw culture. That's something I'm real interested in. Like, hmm. like moonshiners, fucking the guys modifying their cars, driving fast, fucking maybe the guys printing guns. Like that outlaw culture, that that yeah. thing, that one thing that is always they're always trying to fucking stamp it out. And it seems like the more that they try to do it here, the more it like flourishes. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I want to talk to I'll, I'll find somebody that has also some like good information or like some experience in that I guess if that makes sense and we'll see if we can find like do a do a good episode about it because I'm like I, mm-hmm. I love reading about that shit and hearing about that like that's that's the shit that gets me excited. Yeah, man. Yeah, Stella, you got something you want to say? Yeah, um, maybe next week we can go over that video that I brought. Um, the Dyson farming thing, because uh, hmm. that was actually full of some really interesting solutions, which I think is probably a good thing to focus on. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I was also started to look into what's his first name? I can't remember. Mr. Dyson, <laughs> whatever his first name is. Uh, is the, it the, the James, James James Dyson? Yeah, the vacuum guy. The vacuum guy. Yeah, he's, but, into, yeah. he's into he's into like farming and yeah, what? big time, really big really? time, and like I his whole no setup idea. is amazing, and it's just like there's no waste or anything. And so then I started looking huh. into him and realized because I'm thinking, oh yeah, he's probably bloody wef, but I don't think he is. He's I think he might be a, a autonomous kind of billionaire because he's oh. got this amazing setup on his farm. Like nothing gets wasted, everything gets used for energy, etc. Um, and you know, he's sort of, this video is like a year old, but, um, and he was calling out Rishi Sunak. Is that his name? Rishi Sunak, the English prime minister. Um, just basic, yeah, yeah. 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 The Indian guy. Um, yeah. Calling him out as, you know, this is the, it's just junk politics, what he's doing and he's just creating a mess in the UK. And so I sort of think. He might be legit, but I've only just started looking at him. But this was fascinating, so be worth looking at what he's doing. Well, he you know, thirty six thousand acres in England. On that, on that kind of note, you know, I'm like, I think we lose, we lose if we get so skeptical that we don't give anybody a chance, right? So, like, let's give the Dyson vacuum cleaner guy a chance. <laughs> Let's give let's give the my pillow guy a chance. Let's give the fucking Cat Williams guy a chance. You know, like I don't know. They're not I'm willing all, to give they're not I'm willing all to give people <laughs> I'm willing to give people a few minutes to speak and you yeah. got probably ten minutes. The first ten minutes I'll give you. And if I start feeling kind of weird about it, I'm gonna turn it off. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I actually didn't get any weird vibes from Cat Williams. I really didn't. I that's my thing. maybe that's it's that's maybe it's because I, I maybe it's because I was already familiar with some of his work, but um I really did not sense any deception in him. I did not well, sense any kind as, of ulterior motive in him. So, as he said, as he said, the truth doesn't need motivation. Right. I agree with you. He did feel very authentic 
It's just mm-hmm. sort of later on I'm sort of putting two and two together in right, my head just saying, right. well, you know, hmm, there's this well, and, 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 and oh, there's I don't know. Should, I mean, I have a clue. There is such a thing as healthy skepticism. It's okay to question and wonder and 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 think about things and, and look for uh, issues that might be uh, problematic. But um, when I when I listened to him, I just I none of that. I felt none of that with him. Mm. And I actually yeah. I was like, I'm going to because I wasn't familiar with Shannon Sharp. And he was probably the one I had the most suspicions about yeah. actually <laughs> the two of going yeah, into yeah, it. I was like, I, who is this guy? I've never heard of him. <laughs> and um, so I was like, I'm going to listen and, and, and see what I can see. And then I was like, I'm just going to listen to the first few minutes of it. And then it's like the first few minutes turned into the first 30 minutes. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, he's still going. So I'm listening to the next. And then before I knew it, I had listened to the whole thing. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, none of that felt inauthentic. Yeah, I agree. But the thing is, like, the difference between someone like Cat Williams, like, let's give him a chance and let's give the Dyson guy a chance. There's absolutely no comparison there because – what Cat Williams is offering is exposing some people about things that we already pretty much, well, nobody knows anything 100% for sure. Not but surprising anyway. <laughs> we all pretty much suspect right. that what he's saying, you know. Anyway, and how is that going to change our life? How is that going to change our life personally? Is it going to make oh. us turn off the telly? Is it going to make Probably. us not do something? Yeah. Well, it, it definitely, well, it is it definitely because gave me that. It, it definitely in uh, has in, uh, influenced me in that I'm probably not going to be watching as many movies now as I did before. I've been paying as much attention now. It kind of put kind of it kind of soured it for me. Still, so, still, yeah. I think you'd be in the I think you'd be in the minority. But what I'm my point that I'm trying to make here is that the right. Dyson guy is offering some solutions and some really I understand amazing steps forward. So that's in that's useful information. So that's right. the difference. It's like well, who cares what what Cat Williams has to say? Who cares if he's legitimate? It's not going to well, change anything. Stella, Stella, mm-hmm. I I care because because what he has done is provide a a pattern disruption. He has shown that you do not have to say graduate from high school. To be a success. You do not have to. Stick within. Whatever structure they put you in. That's the gist of his story. Mm, provided it's all legitimate. Yes. Which again. I, I will take him. I'll take him at, at his word. Because he has been telling the same story. For a long time. Well then it hasn't made and much it, difference. Has it? Okay. Well if you want to think of it that way. Sure. But. He's not exactly making friends in Hollywood saying what he's saying. I want to give credit where credit's due. You might say that no good is being done. I I found his story quite inspirational because he's an outside-the-box guy. Because he did not stick to the script. You know, he, he wrote his he wrote he wrote his own fucking story. And I would, Stella, I'd encourage you to listen to the whole interview, you know? Mm, I listened to a bit of it a couple of days ago. Yeah, um, I just wonder how he's survived. I mean, most people who are blowing the whistle on things like that either don't get anywhere very much or they don't survive. Um, So if he's been doing it for, what, 30 years, he said? Well, why has 
you know, what difference has it made? I'm not saying that it hasn't made any difference because I don't know every single person that's heard him speak or what it's done to those people, but what difference has it made in Hollywood is my point. Like if he's speaking out and saying all these heavy, heavy truths, what's it done? Well, maybe maybe the ripples are still spreading, mm. you know? I what what difference has the WTF forum made? It's uh, made a difference. It's made it. Hold on, the WTF forum has given me something to look forward to on Sundays. All right, that's that's, that's, yeah. a, that's <laughs> the difference right there. No, and no, we have and, a place to go and discuss some bullshit, and I've recommended it to people who have really enjoyed. This it. is why I. This is I why agree. I posed the question. It, it's <laughs> made. It's made a difference for me. I think it's made a difference for some other folks. Oh, yeah. So it's not for us to judge what difference anything makes. It's it's simply worth noting whether or not something feels real. And mm -hmm. and for a change, something feels real in that also, in that conversation. That's good. Also, I'm just asking it, questions. Right. <laughs> also and, and it's a really good question, Stella. It really is. I and I do appreciate you asking it because you know, we what we should never do is underestimate the power of planting seeds. And I believe that's what this interview has done. It mm -hmm. plants, it's going to plant some seeds of, of doubt in the minds of people who listen to it. Um, and some of them may grow into something more. Some of them may not, you know, and that's just how seeds work. Some of them are viable. Some of them are not. And we don't know what the full ramifications are of this interview and we may never see the full ramifications of what this interview has 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 wrought but mm. i can Frankly, promise you there will there will be some especially and i think especially i think it's going the, to be mostly good ramifications especially in the black community we're almost looking at this shit from outsiders that's true that's true. And especially like black comedians, you, you got the subgenre of comedians, which none of us have uh, an in with. And like, you know, Hollywood as a minor circle in that Venn diagram also where he's been there. He's been in, you know, minor roles and stuff. And you have to wonder what kind of experience as he was going through that. But I, I think the guy's on our side, man. Yeah, seems I'm like he's real. Yeah. I'm I'm taking it as a white pill. You know, I sometimes it can be hard not to be black pilled because it seems like you know everybody's a fucking pedophile or whatever, but fucking I you know I I'm trying to find the white pills out there. Well, let's look at that. Let's look at the definition of Wally's pills. Like your black pill and my black pill might be two different things because or somebody else's black pill because the black pill is basically saying, I don't like what you're saying. You're challenging my comfort zone far too much. Go away. That's basically what people are saying when they say, you're so black pilled. It's like, well, um, do we need to get ready for some heavy truths here? Because I believe we do. There's some things that are going to be changing, and I think it's going to take a few people by surprise. But uh, what worries me even more is that people are just going to go along with everything and fall into whatever it is that they're pushing us into. I mean, that's sort of what happens. It's so gradual. We don't even notice that it's happening. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I suppose having foresight and looking down the line a little bit and seeing where it could go unless something happens now, 
So, I mean, I could go along and saying, oh, no, it's all going to be good. Look, just throw your rose petals around. It's all going to be fine. Um, I mean, I could do that, but I think that's it's being a little bit um, unrealistic. I, I we need I to change our thinking. That, in that 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 perspective, and honestly, I do. I feel bad. I know I've been I've been distracted today this last couple, but usually this is where I fucking come in more. Uh, I don't think it's a I don't think it's 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 as helpful to be uh, super negative about everything as we tend to be. Which I mean, I'm the same way. I'm super fucking. I tend to go like, oh man, like where's the hope for this and whatnot. And I don't think you should be running around throwing rose petals, as you said. But it's important to remember that there are more people. That are like you than you might think you know what i mean like if you're a million and one there's going to be fucking 700 million people like you which is awesome because it means that there's a fighting chance that like somebody out there is also thinking the same way you are and th then they have their friends and family they're going to influence in the same way that you're influencing your friends and family and, and it kind of goes on in this domino effect because i certainly all my friend all my family knows better than to bring up some partisan politics at like the uh, holidays because i will fucking debate them until they are done being <laughs> able to talk about it like it's 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 just this thing where like i feel like the difference that we make is the uh the ability to like impress upon people that that, that your authority like the, the 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 place you derive your opinions and views from is generally speaking the bad guy and like if you if you're holding these beliefs due to some like nationalistic pride or like some sense of duty you're probably not in the right like you should really re-examine what you think and what you feel for like what's real and what's actually happening in the world and look at things that have happened like look at the pandemic and see how much everybody dropped the ball and the only people mm -hmm. telling the truth were people like us who are sitting here on a shitty like fucking third rate podcast having the bro. time of our lives dude having the time bro. of our lives telling <laughs> bro the this truth. is dude I, okay okay see why why i give a fuck exactly I, why i give a fuck I think we are the we're we are the fucking best at what we're doing. Even though even though it takes us fucking a long time to get there. Oops. I you know, I appreciate Cat Williams' attitude because he's like he's like fuck Steve Harvey, fuck yeah, you know, blah 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 blah. All these people. I'm funnier than them and I got the receipts to prove it. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like the WTF form. Hey, we might not have many listeners, but we've been covering this shit better than most, man. Fuck you. We're the kings. We're the queens. We're doing it. We're out here hustling. And and I think we need we need to cop an attitude in a way that that I you know I'm taking I'm taking leadership from a guy like Cat Williams. We need to cop an attitude and say, look, we got the receipts, bro. We've been doing it. We've been covering it. Y'all been wrong. We've been right. I ain't going to apologize. And that's the attitude that I, I see in this guy. You know, he's been wrong or he's been right. They've been wrong. And he ain't afraid to, you know, point that out. Maybe, maybe I'm putting my faith in the wrong guy. You know, I'm not, I'm, it's not like I'm going to bow down and pray to him, but I think, uh, I think he's on our side and I think it's empowering. You know, you gotta you gotta cop that pimp ass attitude every now and again and say, fuck you. Hell you, yeah. You're wrong. I'm right. Let's go. I, yeah. I got the receipts, motherfucker. Yeah. We can talk about it. We can talk about it all fucking day long. I got the fucking receipts. 
if what you believe is a fucking headline on a news article, we're we're definitely not going to be friends anytime soon. And that's <laughs> not because I'm excluding you. It's because you're going to exclude me. That's that's just the way it is. Like I, I, you know, we're all open arms here. The problem is that everyone else seems to be fucking very close-minded about what they mm. believe and how, who they accept into their groups. Like, yeah, it's insane. Actually, it's insane how morally you can be on the right side and and almost in the same way, like just in accepting the truth, you can be on the right side of things and people will still demonize you for it. And that makes you feel like that that black pill. Like, well, we and like, we nobody and, agrees with us, but like. Fucking, there's five of us or four of us that were in here today. We all agree with each other for the most part. That's all I think, that matters, dude. I think it, at times we do ourselves a disservice by demonizing our own our own people. And maybe, again, maybe I'm overly optimistic, but um, yeah, I think I think we got to at least give people a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. And I don't know, man. Not everybody is controlled up, you know. Yeah, but I don't know about you, means- but I, I was just going to say, I don't know about you, but I don't consider Tim Pool to be one of us. No, I, I don't either. I <laughs> fuck Tim Pool. I'm I'm with you there. You know, fuck Tim yeah, Pool. No, he's he's a right wing fucking controlled opposition kind of thing. Like control up, sell out. Yeah, yeah, he's not. I'm it, sorry, it, Stella. I didn't mean to interrupt, baby. That's all right. That's all right. I was just going to um, say that it's because, you know, the mainstream media have lost. Well, I mean, a lot of people are waking up to the fact that the mainstream media is owned at least, so maybe that they should be at least asking a few questions. And I think the fact that they've lost a lot of credence um, has shifted the um, controlled oppositions into our community, and we just have to be careful. Does everybody tell Ryan Christian that he's really black-pilled when at the end of every show he says question everything? Does everyone tell him that? Because it's true. You have to question everything now. We have been so lied to about major, major things, not just little things, our whole fucking life, our whole education, the the poison they're crapping, they're, they're putting, the crap that they're putting into our bodies with food, the poisons they're putting in with medicines. The Not only that, but the fact that they are cutting off the things that are good for us, ivermectin, quercetin, NAC, don't go outside. What the hell was that about? What the hell? How? There is no excuse to do that. That That is so obvious that it was because they are evil and they were trying to do us harm. And how anybody can't see that is beyond me. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I still have friends who think that ivermectin is horse paste. I don't talk to them anymore. But, you know, so there are still people who are still completely brainwashed. Even yeah. after everything we've been through, mm-hmm. to to, ver- to 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 clear it up, I, I wasn't saying you're like black pilled because of that, because you're questioning everything. Because obviously, that's what we all do at all times. Honestly, that's like, right. It doesn't offend me. I'm used to it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying like the the black pill comes from like, oh man, maybe nobody else or like maybe maybe this is all going to end badly. It's like there's still you know there's still a good hope that at some point, the more you push the more uh, somebody's going to push back. They're going to find the fucking common ground eventually that they try to out-legislate or out-regulate, and everybody's going to be like, hmm, that's not very good. And, I mean, who knows what it's going to be? Obviously, we don't. But, you know, in in historical revolutions, it was always like, ah, well, these people don't need freedom of speech. All right, that's fine. And then it's like, ah, well, we're going to start taxing you more. And actually, 
I guess historically speaking, the taxing you more is usually the breaking point, and they would all fucking, you know, take up arms and cut your head off and shit. And like, I just think that it's not it's not necessarily the end, but as you've been mentioning all night, like everyone's way more brainwashed and distracted, and and you got junk food and you're not your fucking systems poisoned and shit. And like that's it makes it hard to like to like think radically. But eventually, we're gonna get to a point where they do something. And everybody's going to be like, oh, wait a minute. This isn't right. Like, you know what I mean? Um, mm. I, in Australia, I, I know you guys had, there was a, f- a few, a fair amount of riots uh, during the COVID epidemic because they were saying something about the uh, the tradies, like uh, calling them like, like lazy or because he, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was covered by that one journalist who I think was also in the community, uh, Jack jack something and anyways he he was saying like at a certain point they insulted the trades workers and the trades workers were like you know what fuck you man like that's the end of the road for you like we're 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 not gonna work for a couple of days i think they ended up doing like a little strike or something i don't i don't know if i'm completely off base here but i feel like that's i remember hearing about that and i was like oh that's really good like they found a point where they're not gonna get pushed around from here anymore right and like i feel like most um... people have that point I think you might be talking about a time when a whole bunch of tradies were having a go at their union bosses and yeah. they were like smashing yeah. the door. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Because yeah. didn't their, the union bosses call them like lazy or something for not wanting to work under certain conditions? Or or I don't remember exactly the story. I'm so, uh, yeah, neither do I really. I don't, don't know if I ever knew the details. That might have been over mandates and things perhaps. I'm pretty um, sure it was. Sure, yeah. Th- they told him like you have to come to work in yeah. a certain way, and if you don't, like, don't bother yeah. showing up. And these, and they, they, they then slandered them all for not showing up, uh, for not complying, basically, and said like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just because they don't want to do their jobs and shit. And these guys are obviously all smoking their cigarettes, like, on the bridge, not letting anybody drive through in, into town or, or into the city. I, I think I don't remember exactly where it was because like my geography of Australia is obviously limited and my memory is fucking cooked. But, <laughs> but like I, saying that. Yeah, no, I wonder why. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of people is talking about the memory. Mm-hmm. Heaps. And it's a fi- I, I feel it as well. Dude, yeah, no, I used to be like. Rosemary. Like, fucking top of my class in high school. And now I can't remember like what I did last <laughs> week. It's crazy. <laughs> I wonder sometimes if it's because of what's, what they're spraying. Um, Rosemary is good for. That's you can have some Rosemary tea or something. Maybe I was That's I was reading doing. the other day actually that uh, another state, uh, New Hampshire, I believe, has outlawed chemtrails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Hampshire and Texas. Yeah, because to that. be to Saw be that. fair, I I I never really even bought into that. Right, like I was always just like, oh, it's an airplane, bro. What are you talking about? But now that there's two states that are like, you're not allowed to do that over our state anymore. Like, hey, what do they know? You know, what do they know? No, no harm in saying you're not allowed. Yeah, exactly. If you're not, if, if you're not doing it what difference does it make but now Te- you're definitely not allowed technically uh, speaking any 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 authority or permission not granted you know any anything not granted ex- exclusively by like the constitution should is technically within the rights of the state to, to mm-hmm. protest and protect and so it's interesting that there's now two of them that are like you can't do that I'm like hmm. yeah yeah and yet people still deny that they exist, that they're doing anything. Maybe I mean, they're I, I, way more based than we I know. I bought myself an old newspaper recently. Which, uh, I can't remember what year it was. I can't put my hands on it right now. Okay. Uh, it was about 1966, I think it was. 
and um, the front page was, you know, the the cloud seeding that they're doing and how it's going to come in and, you know, <laughs> in Australia. So, like, front page, um, it's just beyond me how anyone can deny that it's even happening. They've been doing it since the 30s, 40s. I mean, this is a whole different topic, but it's available to just – it's so available to go and look up. Um, there's plenty of companies out there who are making money from controlling the weather, you know, making sure that you're – your kid's wedding day is going to be free of rain and all that kind of thing. The Chinese did it for the Olympics. So, you know, it's common practice. I think we need to we need to expand CIA operations and everybody who writes these articles needs to be kidnapped and MK Ultra so that they don't accidentally, you know, tell everyone the truth in other countries before we have a chance to spread freedom to them. That's the real problem right now, right? The fucking the freedom movement wouldn't exist right now if we had control everywhere. That's the real problem. We, do, we should just pay our taxes harder. Actually, I'm going to go up to 40% this year. I'm thinking about it and uh, see if that makes a difference. Just uh, start a cult, neo taxpayers, ultra, ultra fucking F, F35 uh, supporters, dude. And we're going to, we're going to see if we can't dominate the world like risk. I, of course, by dominate, I mean be dominated and of course uh, not have any actual hand or implementation in doing so. But it would be interesting to see if you could win. You know, you you black pilled motherfuckers. Man. <laughs> well, let me, finish, let me finish on this then. My hope is I have hope, but it depends on people waking up a bit for sure. More, more people because the only hope we really have is to make changes on mass. That's yeah. what's gonna, that's what's gonna nail these creatures. Um, and yeah. Until that happens, and that's that's why I, you can probably hear a little bit of desperation in my voice because I just want people to <laughs> come on. Let's look at this logically. Let's put two and two together. It's right in front of us. Um, we need to think differently. So yeah, it's just I'm just about changing the mind, changing, cracking the brainwashing, cracking the programming. Because which, boy, which it's is strong. Why, that's exactly why I'm advocating for people who who have some some sway who seem to be uh, in the business of disrupting the thought patterns. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be so quick to say that they're, um, they're evil. I'm like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> like until, until I'm proven wrong, let's fucking go. Yeah. Let's, let's well, I hope disrupt. He is authentic. I hope that guy is authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I never said that he wasn't. I'm just ask I just think it's healthy to ask questions and not just mm. fall into that trap over and over and over again. Oh, here's a good guy. He's saying all the things that sound right. I like his look. He feels good. And then you find out later, nah, that's another controlled. So yeah. yeah. It's well, um, hence 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 he the, the distinction between a guy who you know has decades of um receipts versus a guy who showed up out of the blue you know like I, that's why i brought up vague i'm like yo one guy's running for president and uh the other guy's just a comedian who you know happens it's like to know stuff happens to know some <laughs> shit yeah 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 um you know i i i wanted to trust vivek you know i i wanted to fall into that trap but like there there's a whole lot of reasons to be suspect this you know anytime it just falls out of the thin blue air uh anywho i don't know i don't want to beat a dead horse um i kind of want to wrap this son of a bitch up what do y'all say i agree to me 
I'm trying to <laughs> I'm the name of that fucking the journalist I was talking about. But well, uh, well if you find it, we'll we can uh, put it in the show notes. <laughs> that's true. Honestly, um, Jack Curley, that's his name. Jack Curley. Oh, okay. heard of him. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, he was a journalist. I, I don't know if he still has a following or not because he kind of got exposed a while back, which is why I was like, I don't, I couldn't remember his name. Uh, all the Stella, are you on uh, are you on like Instagram at all? Or are you just kind of on the uh, like, yeah, I am. I oh, am. Okay, cool. I don't well, really use it that much. Though. Well, you feel free to, to find me and follow me or whatever. There's a guy, the guy that made my logo actually, he's also from Australia and he's actually working in this like sort of off grid community. And from what I understand, I'm hope I'm not blowing up a spot, but like from what I understand, it's actually really it's like this cool, like they're not like outside of the law or anything, but they're just operating sort of in their own sphere of influence. And it, it might be something you'd be interested in, you know, maybe talking to somebody about it. at least it's closer than seven thousand miles of airtime away. Uh, in yeah, terms of the liberty sure. community, maybe maybe give you a little bit of hope for the future. But uh, <laughs> he's a really cool guy. God damn, and, I need it. <laughs> yeah, me too, dude. <laughs> I feel you. Oh, you know, I mean, I, I have I have my hopes. They they I know where my hopes lie. I know where my treasures lie, and um, yeah, they're fairly simple. Yeah, fair enough. My hope is that my fucking governor is less retarded in the next year. Yeah. I, by the way, I don't know if you guys know. <laughs> Good this. luck with that. Because yeah. I know you're out. You're not in the states, but like the Colorado governor is literally just like a fucking absolute idiot. Like he's he's <laughs> a guy who's trying the the whole like pool here, the whole like uh, Senate, I guess you could say that the the Colorado Congress is uh, is trying to remove the ability to vote for Donald Trump off of our ballot. Among oh, other, yeah, yeah. and it's like that's. Can you imagine if they said that's the same the thing about Joe Biden? Thing? Yeah, that's well, the most and, important thing. <laughs> and it's fucking it's controlled opposition. Like, what do you mean? Like, you're you're gonna just be able to decide who's on the ballot? That's that's so illegal. Like in so many ways. Like, there's no way. There's no fucking way that's gonna hold up. Anyways, uh, crazy, our governor, isn't it? Yeah. Because then, meanwhile, they're putting these. I don't know how to describe well creatures um, into positions of you know these. I don't know how to describe them. Um, you know these men that think they're women and all this sort of thing into you know the positions of education and health and all that. And it's like, but your most your most important concern is getting Trump off the ballot. Okay, I mean yeah. that's just another distraction to me. Well, I don't we think... have to we have to defend democracy by. Uh... Taking away your choices. Democracy. Democracy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good one. All right. All right. Let's I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna put a stamp on it and say um yo I, it's I am Mike I am Mike the Polymath, Easy Peasy Podcast. You can find my shit at easy peasy.ittybitty.tips and I'll pass it to Stella Q. Yeah, Stella Q Union of the Unknowns. Um, I will be doing something with Binkley apparently this week. Uh, right something on. to do with we're going to be doing uh, that's for the propaganda report. I believe we're going to be um, looking at some of the WEF um, things that are happening this week because there's lots and lots of different talks and things being given. So I believe we're doing a little bit of a commentary. That's so, interesting. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. Don't don't lose hope though, people. Like there is hope. We just got to change our minds. <laughs> Hell yeah. Liam. Hi. Uh, Liam, Call of Liberty. You guys have seen me a couple times before. Uh, 
it's been lovely to meet you guys. You all, by the way, you you four, yeah, you or you three, I guess you. Yeah, and uh, I just <laughs> I'm glad to be back, and I'll try to come back more often. Hopefully, we'll be acquainted better. We can talk about things that I know better, and I'll be less distracted by what's going on on my fucking phone because, like, it's kind of crazy. But anyways, uh, uh, you can find me at, on Spotify and uh, Instagram. And, I encourage anybody to have a chat with me. Last time I was on, actually, I think we talked to this kid, right? It was uh, Ian, Ian Kern. I remember him. He texted mm. me on, on my fucking phone because we were talking to him for a while. I'm pretty sure it was you, me, and, and Free and Poor, I think, or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, that was a while ago, and uh, I, I'd love to have a conversation like that again. Everybody that I've ever met on here has been fucking awesome. Hell, yeah. Liam, is your Instagram call to liberty? Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yep. You can find him through uh, through my uh, yeah. I follow him. He follows me. Yeah. He'll pop up. Yeah, I was on his story today, actually. Yep, yep, that's true. And Phytophiliac, what's happening? Oh, you can find my music at uh, SoundCloud.com uh, and all the major streaming platforms. I am currently working on an album, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Might be a little while before I finish it, though. Um, but you can find me on uh, X or Twitter at That Powers Lady. And that's pretty much it. Fido, what kind of music do you make? Uh, electronic, uh, kind of like techno, maybe house music. Okay. It's, uh, this, uh, this outro was part of it. <laughs> this is this and you? Yeah, yeah, bro. It's Stella and Bear Snare. Got a new theme song here. Well, folks, thanks for coming to the WTF Forum. Uh, we will come at you again next Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and yeah, I don't know what the fuck we'll talk about, but I'm sure we'll have plenty. We will have plenty, I'm sure. Why they call us the What the Fuck Forum? What the fuck are we going to talk about? Plenty of what the fuck's out there to talk about. Uh, that's for damn sure. Right on. Well, uh, thanks for being here, y'all. Uh, you know, Thank you for having me. It's a great conversation. Right Take on, care, everyone. Well. Love you, Guts. Love you, Guts. We'll talk to you soon. Love y'all. Bye.